all sorry, Cassie. We're all sorry, Cassie. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. Trust me, Carrie. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 193 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Tommy, the boss of the salad toss, Ross. And my motto is, just plug it up. Forever, the toxic offender, Moods. Yeah. And of course, I have my two Patreon pushers in the studio with me tonight. First up, we have the man who takes no chances with the 31 days of horror reviews, nothing but safe bet titles. Double unoriginal J, also known as Justin never scoring a hat trick, Patrick. And last up, we have the boy who's going to lose his mind paying higher prices for IFC titles to complete his collection now that the family video is extinct. He is crying Freeman these days. The Jew himself, NES loser, negative 22. What's going on? Dude, what the fuck are you doing over there? When I clicked on YouTube... And I saw that JP put Texas Chainsaw Massacre as one of his reviews for the 31 Days of Horror. I just about rolled my eyes because it's like, how many times is JP going to have to review Texas Chainsaw Massacre in his life? Like, I've another... never reviewed it on that. Channel, Dude, are you seriously just 31 days moving furniture over there again? Like, I'm, I'm literally sitting still. Did you not hear that, JP? Yeah. Yeah, what, like, I'm still, I'm trying to fucking talk, and all of a sudden I hear, like, moving furniture, and it sounds maybe like you've got plastic a, on your furniture, man, like, like maybe ghetto Maybe i have style. to get a new chair or something. I, man, that thing is crazy loud, dude. Missed all the, right. the NES loser, negative 22. Oh, it came, it came it. in per- perfect timing, but yeah, no, honestly, Jeremy, that's exactly what I was talking about. I actually bursted out laughing, that's what gave me the idea for the intro, was I saw JP upload the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I was waiting, I was looking, I was like, is it the remake? And I was like, no, that's 1974. <laughs> I'm like, this motherfucker, he's like, this is why he might actually complete the 31 days this year is because he's doing safe bet titles, and he knows these well, films so well, he can just do, he doesn't even have to watch these movies, he can just go and record a review. The only reason I did it was because, but mostly what I'm doing is taking titles in my collection that are still sealed, and just reviewing those. Because How the hell do you have a copy of Chainsaw still sealed? Well, I didn't, but I was going to say this was the exception because I saw it at the drive-in. So oh, that's why. So I was my experience of seeing it on the big screen. Okay. Oh, that's a fucking bullshit excuse. You probably said the same things that you always say. So you didn't even actually re- review the movie. You reviewed the experience. I did, I did a little bit. Yeah. You know, I was just like, this is this. And I, it was honestly, I don't know what to say about it. It's, you know, um, so I didn't really talk about that too is much. That, but uh, is that not something that I think a lot of us actually sometimes deal with man like you know some of your all-time favorite movies are actually a little bit harder to talk about (laughs) isn't that weird right yeah i just feel like i've said everything or i've heard other people say everything that's the thing i mean there's just so much i could say about child's play three you know i just you know i just can't say anything more about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can't can't do it it's too hard (laughs) right right yeah man so what's going on guys 
Episode 193, uh, man. Bears are 4-1 and one, somehow. That was like... <laughs> yeah. Did you guys watch amazing. that game last night? I watched the first couple yeah. quarters, and then I, I had to go watch movies. So, But I was keeping tabs on it, and I was like, holy shit, oh. I, I think the Bears might actually pull this off with a field goal. There was crazy. some hilarious moments in there. Like, yeah, Tom I was like, first so mad at one point. <laughs> and then at the end, he uh, throws an incompletion, and he... He thinks it's Third fourth down. down now, so he's like he's point he's holding his fingers up four to the refs, but he, that was fourth down. Yeah, he thought he it was literally third down. lost the down in his head. Oh fuck, crazy! What he thought it was th- he thought it was third down, but it was really fourth down. So he threw a pass down down the field, not it realizing was it was that he probably wouldn't have threw if he knew it was fourth down. Oh my god, what a, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, that's that's what happens when you're like old as fuck, I guess. 43 and you get hit in the head a million <laughs> Start times. losing your mind a little bit. Yeah, that's crazy. What a mistake that is. Wow. And Mac was just fucking raping him the entire night, just knocking him on his ass, so he was just annoyed <laughs> by the end of it. Oh, I'm sad I missed that. I don't don't understand. I'm sad I missed that because I like watching Brady make mental mistakes and get beat around and shit. He deserves it. He's an asshole. Because they're not good. I don't understand how they keep winning because they're not good. Their offense sucks, but they keep winning. I don't understand how this keeps happening, but it just keeps on happening. So, Yep. Yep. I don't get it. And then the Bills are playing on Tuesday, which doesn't make any sense. Oh, they did. I, did they postpone it? When did they postpone the game? Yesterday. No, they did. I, I totally missed it. Yeah, I was actually talking about that day. I was like, I wonder if they're going to be playing this Sunday. But uh, So it's Tuesday. Wow, fucking stupid is that? Whatever, man. <laughs> well, at least you're going to play the game. We had to take our freaking bye week on week four. I know. You guys got to play like 13 weeks in a row now or some bullshit. It's crazy. Um, but whatever, man. I mean, Sunday is our Canadian Thanksgiving anyway. So, yeah, I'll watch on Tuesday. Big fucking deal. So. I actually like because now there's a double header on Monday and a game on Tuesday. Like this is perfect for me because at work, it's so boring sometimes on the weekday, like you know, in the middle of the week. <clears throat> and if there's sports on, it passes the shift really fast. You know, even if I can't watch it the whole time, I can pop in whenever actually, it's not busy. It's actually kind of a good thing for for network ratings and shit like that too, because the Bills are four and zero. Or yeah, and we'll see. And, and they're playing on a night where there's uh, usually never any football, right? So right. it's going to get watched. It's going to get that exposure where the Bills really don't get that exposure at all. But yeah, that's kind of interesting how that kind of worked out for them. And you know they're playing the Titans too, which is a good team. So going to be a good game. Yeah, um, that's who we were supposed to play last week. Yeah. Um, so pretty interesting. Uh, we're three and zero. Moods is four and zero. Uh, Jeremy's four and one. By the way, we have a bet for the listeners. Come there. We have a bet going on. Um, Jeremy, two bets, two bets. But this one's the more important one uh, to me, and that is that Jeremy bet. The other one's way more important to me. (laughs) Jeremy bet that the the Bears would go sit. What was your prediction? Six and ten. You said six and ten. That was your prediction, six and ten. You and I said, said, I think they'll win at least eight games. And then I was like, I, I honestly, I, maybe seven, but I think they would win, you know, eight or more. Um, but then you took the bet for seven, so I get seven and above, and you get seven and under. Now, the dumb part of this, in terms of Jeremy's decision, no is way. he took this bet when they were three and zero. Oh. 
which automatically gives me talk a, about a not having any faith in your hit. team who takes that bet when you've already played three games and you won them all because they suck they shouldn't have won any of those games they won My, on lock maybe he looked at the schedule and saw something in the schedule that you didn't see jp because some teams have they some pretty rough schedules. he did he should have lost to the buccaneers they were gonna lose to green bay twice i mean they're gonna okay, lose but how should they have lost in the buccaneers game though because their offense is trash and it's fucking okay trash. but but they their offense was good enough to take them down at the end of the game and score though. Uh, no, it was a fumble on the twenty five yard line. Mm-hmm. What? They fumbled the ball on the twenty five yard line. But the Bears like the, have decent the defense. Line. Which yeah, can help you win. Is- but that, I yeah. mean, a lot of teams can win like that, man. You don't you don't have to necessarily score a lot of points if you're going to keep the other team off too. So their de- their their offense isn't like atrocious. It's just not great. It's not mm. even good, but it, it's, you know, Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And, and I did look at this game coming into it and I was like, well, he beat Tom Brady before. So, you know, he has that going for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they squeaked out the win. Um, and now they're four and one with 11 games left. And I only have to win three out of 11. I think I'm sitting pretty. Yeah. honestly yeah they, they might make the playoffs win. dude they might make the playoffs they're not gonna win the position that's for sure there's a set well yeah because green bay's freaking good <laughs> five right now aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind um but again because th- he's old a as shit team in the playoffs now or, or a seventh seed for each conference yeah, so that yeah. you know there could arguably you could come in third place and make actually you could come in fourth place i think and and make the playoffs in your division now under the right circumstances it's kind of crazy actually yeah considering there's only four teams in each uh, division right because i've had a couple times baltimore pittsburgh and cincinnati have made it through Mm -hmm. i mean it's probably unlikely because that would require well there's always one division almost in every sport where it's so strong where you know, or weak, maybe your whole conference is weak or two. I, I mean, in the Cubs' sake this year, their division wasn't overly really the greatest, and like half, what, four teams from four, that division made four it? Four out of the five. It's, it's kind of crazy how that works out, but then you get really tight divisions where, you know, you get three fucking insanely good teams, you know, that are making the playoffs no matter what. So, yeah, you're going to see that what? in football. None of them are still in it, so it doesn't matter. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. This football season's interesting. I think the COVID thing is like a huge deal. They're going to need to buckle down. I know they fi- they're they saying they're going to find the Tennessee Titans players for kind of uh, not following protocols. Well, they should. Uh, that's the way it should be. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what I said to Mike. I was like, it, they just need to threaten draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like if if you guys aren't going to follow the, the guidelines we put in place to, to keep the season alive – then, you know, you're going to forfeit your draft picks. I don't understand and why these guys just won't follow, follow the protocol. I mean, they do realize, like, if everything goes to shit, that's their job. That's their income, right? Right. Well, like, no, not a lot of them because they're ridiculously <sighs> egotistical and, and think they can do what they want. In, yeah. In the well, they should be careful because the history of football players, most most NFL players that retire go completely broke within, what, three, four years? <laughs> yeah. It's like well, the weird Especially thing. if they retire early. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, they should be careful. I mean, falling protocol right now is a good thing. Keep the league going and shit like that. I mean, right. you know, I mean, the worst thing 
they end up canceling the season. I mean, so much they're lost revenue. The season. You know, no, so, no. It's not I mean, they're happening. saying if the shit's going next year in the CFL, they're going to actually fold the whole fucking league. Because they, they canceled the whole season, right? And they said if, right. if the shit's going next year, they're going to have to fold the entire league. Like, that's crazy. And, like, that's for yeah. real, man. Like, that's fucked up, dude. An entire league. The XFL on. had to fold. Yeah, but that's because yeah, Trump was a... Or not, <laughs> not Trump. Not, I'm thinking US, USFL. He fucked that one up, too. But, yeah. XFL, that makes sense. They had just started. They had no major revenue going in, coming in, right? So... Right, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I like that shit. I was sad. It was actually kind it of fun. Wasn't. I it thought actually, it was good. It actually was kind of fun to watch. I, there were some yeah. good fucking players in there too, man. So I liked it. Yeah, it I enjoyed kind of the show. other one. Just the bad one timing. Just bad fucking timing, man. You know? Yeah. Talk about the, that. Is, you're just doomed to lose whenever. Oh, big time. Well, as soon as that COVID, I was like, oh my, I even I even called it too. I was like, man, XFL is folding hardcore. Whenever, right? They'll well, never be able to the rock touches turns into gold. So maybe, you know. Yeah. Now that he owns it, he'll be able to do something. Yeah, I mean, as honestly, man, I just don't think the talents that deep to to have a whole nother league. Um, I would love to see an expansion. Honestly, I know that the thirty-two teams work so well, but what I mean, can the NFL really grow anymore in this audience? Like, I we need international fans. We'll put it this way: once the CFL folds next year, they can just expand to the cities that want their teams back, and uh, they'll play in the NFL. Well, I think yeah, the um, I think there definitely needs to be a Canadian team at this point. But yeah, but even, do you want do you want eight teams going to London every year? Like yeah, it's too far, man. Canada's right there. I don't know. There, there's probably a way to make it work. I mean, from Toronto, like if if there was a team in Toronto and say Montreal and stuff. I mean, from Toronto to New York, it's like it's a couple hours. It's big fucking mm-hmm. like to, you know, it's fucking close, man. Super close. So you start out with having that geographical setup and then roll from there. It, it can work. I mean, it works in other sports, hockey, obviously basketball. So right. Why not the NFL? Right. I think it's going to be something that would be considered because at this rate, I feel like the CFL is definitely going to fold and which is absolutely insane. It's just losing a whole entire professional league. It just seems so out of this world. But then again, this has not been normal shit lately. So, Right. Who knows, man? I mean, everything is kind of up in the air. But uh, I don't know. I mean, teams are still making all their moves. There's all these drafts. Like I was watching hockey today, and a bunch of big moves were made and shit. It's going to be an interesting year, year coming up. Yeah, is that more not like a super boring uh, final um, couple rounds of the NHL playoffs? Like, I just completely tuned out after um, well, the Knights dude, were eliminated. <laughs> dude, I, I'm telling you, man, there's nothing worse for me than watching the Tampa Bay Lightning win a fucking Stanley Cup because they're just a direct nemesis for the Leafs, right? Same division. You know, I'm like, are you and, and against Dallas of all fucking teams, man? That has got to be one of the worst. Anybody but Vancouver could win, and I could care less. Just if Vancouver doesn't win. Well, Vancouver, because Van- the Canucks are a bunch of assholes. Well, um, Vancouver's never going to win a Stanley Cup. Just put it that way. <laughs> and hopefully they don't because I hate the Canucks too. So, but uh, no, they're they're just like one of those doom franchises, man. They come close a couple times and now nah, they'll never win. Their fans are just the worst in sports. They suck. No, nah, don't say worst. They're almost as bad as Yankees fans. They're fucking awful. Eagles fans are pretty atrocious. Yeah. yeah. Pretty bad. Pats fans honestly are garbage honestly man there's been more riots in places than you know just vancouver but yeah that whole shit was just fucking lame and embarrassing and shit that was just horrible you lose and go wreck your fucking city 
bunch of fucking retards. It was so bad. They, they win and go wreck their city in Philly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole shit in Vancouver when they lost to Boston was, it was so embarrassing because all these people were, I mean, there's fucking cameras everywhere, right? So all these people were caught on video. And then to make things worse, a lot of these idiots that were looting and wrecking shit were posting it on social media and they went and arrested like fucking 250 people. I'm like, you guys are morons, Good man. Just stupid, man. Just blatant shit. Oh, yeah. Vancouver Canuck fans are babies. And that's going out to you, Keel. Yeah, they right. suck. I always bug him about being a Canucks fan because the irony is that, you know, I'm over here in Canuck land, you know, and I'm a Leafs fan and he lives in Toronto and he's a fucking Canucks fan. Like how twisted ass backwards is that shit? Yeah. So I agree. Fuck the Canucks. Go Leafs. Picked up TJ Brody today. Woohoo. Anyways, we should probably probably move on. Yeah. I think that's about as much sports as like some of the listeners can take. This is why we do show notes. This is why we do show notes. (laughs) Click forward if you want to hear it. Um, so what else is going on, guys? What's uh, what's new this week? Mm, I've just been watching a ton of movies, bro. Like I, mm. I come home and I watch usually two to three movies. Um, I, funny enough, this show right here, Carrie, I watched three of the four last night. I six straight hours almost. Of how Carrie. how in the fuck in hell did you watch three? It's like it's like literally starting the same movie over and watching it three times over. Like, dude, well, that's, that's menacing on your brain because those movies are not long, especially the O2 remake. Like, wow, dude, you got a lot of patience or just you're dumb as fuck. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but. Um, well, we already know he's dumb a as l- fuck. A little bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, true. So I didn't think it was going to be that hard. Um, Jeremy. I told Bond, you, Harry O2 fucking drags it, like a motherfucker. It was much it it was probably not the best decision. Um, I watched him over three nights. I, I even made the mistake of leaving two. But I had a plan yesterday because I'd watched, you know, the original. Then I watched part two or the, the you know, the sequel the next night. And then I had a plan. I was like, okay, I'll watch one of my 31 days reviews. Then I'll watch Carrie film, watch another 31 days and then watch Carrie film. I did accomplish that. I watched four movies in a row. Um, and, uh, but I think that was honest. But even watching um, the O2 re remake and then the 13 remake almost back to back was painful enough uh for me it all came down to the o2 one that's the only one that really kind of made the adventure unfun because it is just very long it's two hours and 15 minutes it's just too much yeah yeah um but it wasn't the worst thing I ever did. Uh, on the summer series, one time I saved six movies for like basically one full day. Dude, you gotta have better time management skills than that. Six uh, movies that in one, one was day. Really dumb. That like, one was really dumb. That's even a lot for me. Like I can polish off a lot of movies in a day, but if you're watching six that you have to watch, it's different though. If you watch six movies when you're just like marathoning and having fun or whatever, but if you have to watch six movies, it takes the fun out of it, dude. Right, and it's also some of them were like foreign and like two hours long, so it was like even more of a pain. Let me guess, but, half of them were Asian films with uh, yeah. really, really fast, <laughs> r- really fast subtitles and shit. You're like, oh my right. god, seriously, why do I have to watch Meatball Machine I, again? I want to ask a question to JP off what? topic because you live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. So I, I was really on a job. Know, okay. okay, I was on a job. Why the hell do people on country roads drive like assholes? Like, I'm already going, like, 75 down these country roads, and people are fucking, like... You're going 75? Are you exaggerating? That's kind no, of fast. No, I, I swear to God. Was it a straight road? Yeah, it's country okay, roads. so that's why they're driving fast, then. 
I mean, it's because there's I less traffic usually. I'd be going fucking hundred. Yeah, but like I'll go. I, I dude, I drive like I drive like really fast on on my hometown road, and it's just because there's usually nobody there, and I just know the road so well. Um, it's yeah, just kind of like, normal. I don't know. A lot of people do that. Yeah, it's, I don't slam on my brakes like four times because fucking deers are running in the middle of the road. It's like how do more people not yes. like? Yeah, that'll get you. The deers. Well, that's that's little... such a common thing around here, man. You know, we have obviously a lot of roads like that too, and fucking wildlife gets hit left and right because people drive their trucks fucking 150 everywhere. You know, it's just <laughs> it's because there's less traffic, so people are like, "Whoa, I can just fucking pedal to the metal," but then, you know, you're not really thinking about all the fucking moose, you know, up here in Canada. And, you know, fucking wildlife and shit. And, yeah, it's dangerous, man. But that's why there's so many accidents on fucking open roads, man. Driving too but fast. Sometimes it's more dangerous to hit a deer going less fast. It depends what type of vehicle you're in. You know, with moose, yeah. if, you want, if you're going to hit a moose, you <laughs> yeah, either you hit it. you don't want to hit a fucking moose, period. Well, if you want, well, what it, you it, want it, to do is you want to actually hit the moose and not, like, swear off and hit a tree. Because if you hit a tree, then your rates are going to go up. If you hit the moose, your rates won't go off because it's just... An well, act of God at that just, point. Just put it this way, man. If you're going to hit a moose, you need. There's different ways to hit one. Um, if you're in a, if 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 you hit a moose, you want to be in like a really really low car and just hit because moose stand the really legs, fucking basically. tall, right? So what yeah. what'll happen a lot of times? You'll go, you'll hit the legs, and the your momentum will go right through it, and the moose will actually fucking go right over the top of your vehicle, right? But if if you're right. in like a medium sized vehicle and you hit that. The moose is coming through your windshield and most likely you're dying every single time. Right. But if you're in a really big fucking truck, like a semi shit, you're just, you know, you're going to plow rocking right through it. But the best scenario is to actually go right through the legs. And I've literally seen this firsthand of people. I had a friend who hit a moose, no shit, back in the day, driving his fucking 1989 prelude, fucking awesome red, this thing ripped. And he fucking literally hit a moose, came around a corner, took the legs out and the shit, it fucking destroyed his trunk on his vehicle. <laughs> Cause that he came around and it hit and it just went right over and fucking hit the bat ass end and shit. And he was like, what the fuck has happened? Kind of thing. Right. It was crazy, dude. It's crazy. But dude, I literally have a complete fear of hitting deer. Like I've I, hit, I a, hit couple. a couple. Months oh ago. my God. It's so horrible. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, hate damaging vehicles. And, uh, I've oh, been seeing them everywhere man. nonstop like right now. Cause it's like, I don't know, rut season or one of the seasons where there's a lot of deer. It's like right before hunting season. Oh, it's hunting season yeah, right now. Everyone's out right now. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it's, it's just, they're everywhere, man. I can't stand it. Like, that's why people who are like against hunting are insane. You literally are crazy. You are crazy because the deer population would be out of control if these people did not hunt and more yep. people would be dying. And honestly, the, I hear that the deers would starve to death a lot more too mm -hmm. exactly yeah too many yeah it has to be controlled especially around mm -hmm. here man yeah big time so yeah um yeah man it's definitely fucking feeling like fall the holy shit is it ever getting cold out there i'm like i feel like winter's coming here it was hot today here but in the mornings Oof. it's like 40 degrees well i woke up today and i was like oh fuck it feels cold in my house i'm like what the fuck is going on look at my look at my weather and i was like wow dude it is really fucking cold and miserable and i'm like yep I feel like snow is coming way too soon. I'm not ready for that shit, man. I, I, I'm not a winter person. I love the fall. I'm a hoodie person. I like fall, but today felt like pre-winter, like already past fall kind of thing. And I'm like, no, it's too well, quick, man. That was like Denver that one, like a couple weeks ago, where it was like 90 degrees on Monday. And then Tuesday, it was like 30 degrees and snowing. And then on Wednesday, it was back up to like 80 degrees. It's, it's fucked up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Crazy, crazy shit, man. Yeah, I've been besides doing... that, sad family videos closing. You know, so walked in, there, walked in there, and they were doing twenty for five bucks. I was like, I couldn't even fucking come up with twenty movies if I mm. wanted to. You know, you have a lot of space in your basement, man. You should actually, you know, buy a bunch of those fucking uh, shelves and shit, and just hold on to them until you need them. them away for free, or just take them for free, dude. Fucking, and then hold on to them until you actually need them, man. You could like totally transfer, like once you get your own place, they could come in handy, man. I would think ahead on that one. If they're given away for free, I would take advantage as fuck on that, man. Because you could never have enough shelves as a collector. But they're, but they're not like this. they're shit that you have to like face out. They're not like. You could put them on the sides. You, they're like old school video shelves, so they would face out. Yeah, they're like best for the centers. Yeah, the aisle cell. Yeah, yeah. I would love. I, I love that look, man. It's fucking sweet. But so did you? Did you say you end up going back and buying a bunch of new films? I mean, I had like everything's pretty much gone at this point. Yeah. So, what's the what are the deals right now? Twenty for five bucks. Twenty for five bucks. <laughs> Fuck, they're just giving that shit away now. Yeah, I, I, I read, they're like, if you buy 100, we'll give them to you for a quarter apiece. I was like, I couldn't even find 100 movies in this place if I wanted to. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised the resellers just haven't went and bought everything. Well, I walked, one, I walked into one a couple weeks ago, and the guy in there, he's like, he had like every PS3 and Xbox 360 game they had, and the lady wanted to kill him because he had like, like 200 fucking games. And so... <laughs> You know, reselling. They're in there. I'm gonna miss it. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Okay, well, I think that's it for the week. I didn't really have anything exciting happen this week. Just watched a lot of movies, man. That was it. Well, I better get the question out of the way now, so people, uh, people uh, never listen to the end. Is there any Peter updates, JP? Did we get any emails from Peter this week? Mm, I don't think he's emailed me this week. Oh, since wow. Last recorded. Maybe he yeah. died. Oh, uh, something we didn't mention. Uh, <laughs> me and Jeremy got our Friday the 13th box sets. Yeah. Oh, and I guess, you know, on that note, we might as well announce the, you know, the awesome quality control that Screen Factory has with their box sets. <laughs> Uh, so, it's fucked up as always so not only did jeremy's box come in like destroyed there's like a bunch of technical errors with a few of the discs and stuff so not cool man not cool oh, i got 80 bucks for my posters though so dude that's pretty much half the cost of the fucking set that's insane i know like what like why are people paying like 80 bucks like, it's fucking crazy to me man it's crazy people uh, are suckers it is really absolutely insane. But okay, so here is a list of some of the potential issues with the Friday the 13th box set. Um, first one on the Friday 19, or the original Friday. Um, apparently, the theatrical is mono only, no 5.1 remix. I don't really find that too much of an issue because it is mixed originally in mono. So, But if you're into 5.1 mixes, it's tech, it's just not there. It's missing it. Friday the 13th part 3 3D there's a lab error with the credits I'm not sure what that means if there's a I think the credits are wrong okay so whatever I mean if it's credits I'm not a big deal Uh, final Friday unrated there's a missing scene apparently don't know that's a huge deal yeah see missing scenes that's kind of bullshit and then Jason X has missing audio I'm not sure what that means but maybe it's just a cutout maybe the sound is missing from a clip or something I don't know and then Friday uh, Freddy vs. Jason 
uh, Disc Master, but omits the Lossy 5.1 option. So I don't understand how that's the case because it's the, it's literally the same disc from yeah the old edition. So, so that makes no sense to me. So if and, the old edition was messed up to begin with. Well, it does make sense yeah. to me because Fre- uh, Freddy vs Jason was you know that's the mix on it is 5.1. So I don't really understand why like that literally would not the, be there. Freddy vs Jason in the Friday remake, if that's what you want to call it, is literally the old disc from the old edition. So I don't understand how. And um, Jeremy and JP also brought to my attention that some people are apparently getting two Friday part eight, Jason takes Manhattan discs and not receiving part two. (laughs) And then somebody else said that they didn't receive part five. Oh, okay. Two Jason takes Manhattans. Oh my God. Like what the fuck dude? Like again, you know, we've always been big supporters of Screen Factory. They do good things, but this quality control shit, man, <laughs> has got to be addressed. Like, it's not even fucking funny anymore, man. Like, every time they put out a set, there's something wrong with the Halloween set. There was sync problems with Halloween 4, which, come to think of it, I never did get my replacement disc. I was just talking about pregame, about a recent release with uh, The Lost Continent that was, apparently there's like a mix, or there's a missing kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe a scene or something like that. I don't know what it was but anyways when i was off social media in the summer i kind of missed that and so when i got back on i found out about it emailed screen fact it never got back to me so i don't really know if, if they even sent out disc for it or whatnot because i didn't really heard of too many people even mention it but then again how many people actually picked up the lost continent <laughs> so i don't know but again going back to quality control here what the fuck man screen fact you gotta Jeremy's do something about damaged. this you guys are a huge yeah, was huge company man and it actually, Jeremy sent pictures of his fucked up box, and it looks like it was shipped to him like that. It didn't get damaged in shipping. So again, going back to quality control, when you're you know when you're um, packaging up these packages for you know to send them out, you need to you know at least do a once over on the box to make sure it's not all dented and fucked up and shit you know before you send it out because now they've got to send them a new box which they could have just done in the first place. Quality control, people. You are a big company that makes a lot of money. You need to invest in uh, a couple extra pairs of eyes. and Especially like a big release like this that everybody's talking about and everybody wants. It's, it's like, it's just stupid. You're spending $150 American, you know, through Screen Factory yeah. for this set, poster, things like that. You expect there to be no issues with this. This is a lot of mistakes, man. There's five movies listed here, plus damage boxes, plus, um, you know... The extra, order, discs. extra discs and missing di- like what the f- how does this happen man it's crazy yeah. to me i mean you look at yeah, a company like arrow really surprising you look at arrow they release a lot of box sets they do a lot of big box sets all the time you never have these issues i've never had to get a replacement disc from arrow issues with their cases i just the last order i placed had broken cases again you know what man you must from be cursed arrow. because i from literally arrow have never had i order from arrow all the time every sale that they have i've never received one broken disc ever not my, one in my, my entire stuff. collection the only case that i have broken in my entire arrow collection is actually um uh what is it oh class of newcom high that i'd actually ordered from amazon.ca and it came broken that was a shipping error but from arrow i never won you must be See, cursed with that I must be. That's why I always order from Amazon because they always fix their shit no matter what happens. So, yeah, I um, I don't know why. Oh, I got the... into a huge argument with one of the Amazon employees the other day. Like worst experience I ever had, dude. Really? I, Amazon I is amazing th- experience. They're so good with so me. Do I. That's why they, I contacted them. They never questioned me. I could say anything, and they're just like, "Okay, here's another like one." Somebody so- stole like six hundred dollars worth of hard drives on this one job. 
from somebody's front porch and they're just like, oh, okay, we'll just send you new ones. It's like, that's fucking 600 bucks. Yeah. They don't ask anything, you know? Yeah, well, I basically... Was it on the phone or was it like... I did the chat. Really? I, I, always, like, I always do the chat too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, so I was like, hey... Were they Indian? <laughs> it was a chat, dude. But it's their name. You could tell by their name if they're Indian or not. It was definitely not traditional American name. <laughs> dude, I dude, I have Indian friends and I have an Indian friend named Carl. So how well, you know? a lot of Indians change their name too. Yeah, like, no, it's it's uh, Canadian. The owners name. of my it's company, his name was like Gustavara or something, yeah. and he changed his name to Gary. Um, <laughs> and they're always like the most like Amer- like basic American white name. American names too. Like I know another one whose name's Jay. Like, yeah, well, I, exactly like Gurdeep, you know, Gurdeep, and then they call him Gary for short. It's like his Canadian yeah. abbreviation. Yep. All right, so what uh, happened? But so I was like getting frustrated because I had ordered the Vestron titles, the Little Monsters and Shivers, and it was, I think, I want to say like seven days after release date, and they hadn't even shipped yet. Same with my, mine, and took I'm two like, weeks. Mine took two weeks to ship from Amazon.com also. Because they weren't even available for pre-order on .ca. It's weird, mm-hmm. man. Anyways, it took like, yeah, I'd say two and, and a half, three you weeks. Know, I have Prime. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'm getting kind of sick of this. Like, I understand that COVID and stuff, but maybe you guys should discount Prime then. Because it's like never in two days or not even close to that. It's usually like five to ten days. Not mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, that me I get my stuff. Me too. And, they were basically like, well, which items? And I'm like, all of them. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, you've gotten these once they've shipped. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? You know, they're, they're like, once they've shipped, you've gotten them in two days. And I'm like, I look back and it's like, they changed, they were like, they, they like manipulated the dates or something. So I'm like, okay, well, this doesn't make sense to me because I looked at this before and it was different. And then they're like, well, uh, basically, oh, here's what happened. I said, okay, so how do I not have these titles? And let's just talk about these titles, these two Vestron titles. I was like, the, the release date was last Tuesday. And they're like, well, we didn't have them yet. And I was like, but I pre-ordered them. And they're like, yeah, but we didn't have them. And I was like, but what's the point of pre-ordering then? If like, you shouldn't, you know how many you're going to need to order. And then they're like, uh, well, they did she wouldn't answer me about pre-ordering she was like i was like what's the point of pre-ordering and she wouldn't answer me and i'm like okay well this is this is getting nowhere and i was like uh she basically said that the point of pre-ordering was that once we have the item uh once the item's release date hits then you then we will ship them out and i'm like yeah but the release date is hitting she's like no these items haven't released yet i'm like dude i like literally follow this so much like i know when they come out like you're not going to tell me that they're not released yet i was like so now you're literally like lying you're, you're yeah yeah i've had the same issue they've said that to me before too. lies because you're telling me this t- title isn't released yet like half of my friends have them already and it's at walmart and so it's definitely released and then she what else oh and then i was like okay so what they're doing is the item is in stock when you order it and then if it's taking long to release it, see, it to, for them to ship it, they're changing it to out of stock. And because it, it was in stock when I ordered it, right? Like the um, here's an example, the vampire in Brooklyn. It was in stock when I ordered it, but then it's 
out of stock now. Mm-hmm. I have mine. I pre-ordered mine and I got it on release day. Yeah, I did it. And I was like, you know, this what you, item. What did you guys pay for that, by the way? Nine ninety nine. Yeah, I know. It's fucking cheap. It's cheap here, too. I was like, holy shit. But it was just, it was so annoying. And I was like, so, uh, you know, she wouldn't do anything for me. Like, no discount. So you should have just disconnected and went and talked to somebody else. Well, I just was like, you know, I just cancel all my pre-orders. <laughs> and I figured that would be like, they might be like let's you know like we'll give you a couple months for your prime or something yeah but no they she yeah. just canceled all my pre-orders i was like f you I'm well going to walmart <laughs> speaking of that whole fucking pre-order thing man i've 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 had like an amazingly shitty history with pre-ordering you know box sets on amazon and like i got fucked out of the severn one a couple years ago and shit same thing you know pre-orders and then it, the day comes out it's currently unavailable so this recently happened to me with the um with the gamma set. Happen with the Friday set, and people are going to be pissed off, and it's like, well, I that's told why. You so. That's why I, I didn't even hesitate. I went. I've never ordered from Screen Factory before, just because of the shipping, and it's just really not worth my time. So I, I just usually take my chance through Amazon and stuff. Um, when it comes to you know regular releases and things like that. Uh, but with this set, I was like, not a fucking chance. I'm even risking the Amazon.ca bullshit because let's face it, I've been fucked so many times. Um, I thought maybe i would take a chance on the gamma set um the pre-order price on amazon.ca was insanely cheap it, it was almost like a clerical error i swear to god it was so cheap it was way cheaper than everywhere else so i went ahead and pre-ordered it and of course when it came out it was saying currently unavailable so you know i waited a couple weeks or it was about a week later and i noticed a guy that i follow on instagram another canadian fella and did i say fella oh my god i'm so 40 jesus <laughs> um so this other guy that i follow I was showing pictures off from his set and I said, Hey man, did you order that from amazon.ca? And he's like, yep, I got my copy. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, you know, mine never ship kind of thing. And he's like, Oh, you know, probably will. And stuff. And his buddy also got one too. And I was like, what the fuck? So I, I, you know, I got on the chat with them. I started talking to him and shit. And I'm like, Hey, so I'm, I'm, t- I'm like, I pre-ordered this. I'm like, is this going to ship and ship? Because I, you know, I kind of need to know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be getting a copy. It's just delayed right now and things like that. And I'm like, so why did these people get their copies and shit? And she's like, they, they really don't have any answers for it, right? And I'm like, I pre-ordered this. Because the their warehouse got it and yours didn't. Maybe, maybe that could be the case. I don't know. But I'm just saying like, I pre-ordered, you know, the set round the first couple days it was even up for pre-order. So I was, I yeah. know I was up there very early in the pre-orders and I'm assuming they maybe do it like that. Like as the pre-orders come, I don't know how they even ship on pre-orders. I really don't know, but I just always assume it would be the earlier you get to the pre-order. Maybe you got first tips. I don't know. That's what it should be, right? Like yeah. if I pre-order early, I should be guaranteed one of the first copies, you know, yeah. that it, it's just annoying to me that you pre-order something and yeah. then you don't, it doesn't, not only do you not get it on release date, which is okay, whatever, yeah. not two days after release date, not <clears throat> a week after release date, but people who didn't pre-order start getting it. Yeah. And you're like, what yeah. the hell is the problem here? Dude, I know. I that. don't remember that that conversation was kind of loose in my memory, but I know it was like asinine and stupid. And I was so mad that I was like, I'm just canceling everything. Yeah. I'll buy it somewhere else. And yeah. uh, this is the first time that I didn't get anything out of the 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 conversation usually yeah. amazon's really cool but they hmm. didn't uh update here guys just just so you're aware uh you mentioned the screen factory issues uh screen factory said it's come to our attention that there are some potential errors that affect a few of the films in the set we're looking into the matter after we have fully investigated we will report back with the outcome and advise if any steps need to be taken thank you for your patience <laughs> okay so 
getting back to the gamma thing so anyways when it was supposed to be released what about a month ago or something like that anyways i sat on this i talked to amazon they assured me you know you're getting a copy we're just working on getting and it even said you know it'll be shipping october 6th and stuff so that mm-hmm. date rolled around which was just a couple days ago and i got an email saying that my order had been canceled and i'm like yep figured so totally got fucked on it again i'm like jesus christ yeah man. i hate that i hate when like <sighs> they just cancel your order and it's like you're just screwed well i waited uh, on it for over a month kind of thing like and, and you know i wasn't really getting my hopes up because you know this is amazon amazon.ca you know and i've dealt with this issues many many times in the past and shit and i'm like yeah go fucking figure because they're <laughs> gone everywhere like you can't find a copy anywhere like that set is fucking gone and it's going for ridiculous money and you know i'm not going to pay the out of print third party prices and shit like that. that's just I'm stupid sure they'll do like a standard edition or like uh you know release the films individually oh they like probably you know, does the, yeah i mean i have all the echo bridge ones too but it's not the same i, I really like those sets because i have the herschel gordon lewis one too that comes in a huge cereal box thing it's pretty much the same type of deal right they're releasing that herschel gordon lewis right yeah but anyways well, I'm that, just, that I'm, set was really cheap i saw it for like 99 bucks the other day they're yeah, releasing it it's a dude new one. when i they're got my releasing. i pre-ordered my um herschel gordon lewis cereal box set from amazon.uk and it was 69 pounds for that fucking thing that's crazy cheap i don't know what pounds are it was it worked out that's like 90 bucks yeah well 90 maybe about 100 for us or something like that but still it was the pre-order on it was for and and you know other places was way it was like 120 130 140 bucks so i was like wow it's actually pretty good are you guys were worried about your dawn of the dead 4k i told you amazon uk is taking pre-orders for the 4k set the zavi never canceled mine so i would assume Alex said they're still gonna get there i mean zavi i think would have probably canceled it by now if they were going to cancel orders and i haven't talked to anybody else's order that you know that they ordered from zavi that got canceled so that was such an expensive set i'm assuming that i'm getting it you know i mean it seems like it's legit so i i I guess we'll wait and see i'm just that was the most expensive single film i've ever purchased ever and i'll never probably purchase what was the i think i paid 99 pre-order for it it was 99 yeah mine came out to like 112 or 116 or something it honestly when you think about it it's pretty much it was like the friday 13th box set like it's insane that i paid that much for it I wasn't even hesitating on the, yeah, I think it was an 89 or 99 pounds or something. So 130, whatever. I'm fine with it. I think if the shipping was free or so, I don't even know, but it's Dawn of the Dead, dude. It's my favorite movie. I got to do it. Right. Plus I'm a box set whore. Everybody knows I love me some box sets. So, you know, moral of the story is stop ordering from amazon.ca when it comes to box sets. (laughs) Right. Fucking just bad luck, man. Bad, bad luck. It just seems like Amazon CA is like horrible for media. In it general, is. Like it all, any, well, and I'm glad that Dave even got a chance. So he was on Amazon.ca the other day looking at shit. And he's like, dude, you got nothing on there. I'm like, I know. This is what I fucking deal with all the time. It sucks. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, anyways, I haven't, to, haven't had a long, haven't had a bitch session about Amazon and shipping and stuff. But, I, oh my I, God. I have more bitch to. to I could keep going on too. Oh. I mean, the last <laughs> month I've lost over 12. I've had, I've been refunded from the mail uh, over 12 things in the mail in the last month that has been lost the mail system is getting so plugged up and there's so many errors i was talking to somebody i know at canada post and they were saying that they're receiving hundreds and hundreds of calls every day about lost products and shit i'm like yeah i get it that everyone's shopping online and it's that time of year people are doing their christmas shopping right now everything's getting flooded this happens every year i know it's going to be a little bit more volume this year but why in the fuck is there so many goddamn packages being lost man like this is crazy Mm -hmm. shit dude like i've literally lost 
Well, I, I, it might be up to 14. I think two of my other packages are gone too. It's been over four weeks since they were shipped, but so I'm just constantly dealing with all these orders and shit. And I'm just like, it's driving me nuts. So I'm done with third party shit for until after Christmas. This is fucking insane. And it's literally <laughs> driving me nuts, dude. I'm so tired of waiting for something and being like, oh fuck, that's been way too long. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we'll give you a refund. I'm like, I don't want the fucking refund. I want the fucking product or else I wouldn't order it. Fuck. Yeah. And that's what she was trying to say to me too. Like, well, you haven't been charged. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's not the point. I, I, I want to be charged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want the item. Um, right, right, right. I wanted to say this. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, it's not horror related, but it's bitch related. So, so you're going to talk about Jeremy? The the mo- <laughs> That's a good one. The, me and Jeremy were talking about. I think we were talking about hotels or something. But dude, some of the mm. most annoying. I've been working a lot lately and dealing with a lot of people. Some and I joined a, a Facebook group page that shares memes of like. Ho- like common hotel experiences. I'm like that. What? You don't, like you don't even There's like memes. You don't even like memes. Oh, they're funny though because <laughs> they're, they're just so true. Like, they're like, Same they're just, stuff. they're hilarious because yeah. only people in hotels would kind of get them. Mm-hmm. But if there's like a couple of questions I can't stand is when people walk in and, the, and I give them their keys and stuff like that to the room and they're like, where's the room? And I'm like, dude, come on, man. Or where's the elevator? I'm like, it's <laughs> probably on the ground floor, like in one direction or the other. You'll find it. Like it's not. And the funny thing is when they walk in the door, they walk past it. I'm, it's it's not a massive hotel. It's five stories with like 100 rooms. People like, are so find people are so lazy these days that you know they're facing you at the at the check-in counter and they're like where's the elevator and you're like motherfucker just turn right around it's right it's there turn around it's right behind you like when people I go are to so hotel, lazy they can't even turn around these days oh my god when i go to a hotel and i get my keys i'm not i don't like ask where the fucking elevator is or no. where my room is it's <laughs> it's uh, like uh it's 222 where's that it's on the second, second fucking floor, floor dude yeah. Okay, and then you're going to get out of the elevator and you're going to see a sign 220 to 230 down this way to, you know, start fucking that way. 229 that way. You're like 222 is <laughs> in the basement and then see the reaction. Yeah. And then another <laughs> stupid fucking question that I get basement. constantly, where do I park? Dude, I don't know. I'm not outside. I don't see all the spaces. Like <laughs> the closest to the fucking door to get in. What do you mean where do you park? So people and come in like after they park their vehicle and ask you where to park, you'd be like, motherfucker. They'll park out front. They'll yeah. come in, check in, and be like, where should I park? And it's like, well, where? Like, that's a hard question to answer because do you like taking steps? Do you like taking the elevator? Do you want where? Do you want to park? Like, I don't know where you like. What spaces are out there? I don't know, dude. Are you handicapped? Do you have a handicapped space? Like, where do you want? Me, where do you want me to say yeah. park wherever it seems convenient for you? I don't know where you want to park. I hate that question more than anything because it's like, where do I park? And it's like, just say in the parking lot. You know that big paved par- fucking like, rectangle out front with know, all the vehicles like, sitting well, on it. The, yeah, they're they're like, what's the easiest way to get to the room? And I'm like, dude, there's an elevator and two stairwells. It, it it's pretty self-explanatory <laughs> what the easiest way is. The elevator is the fucking easiest way every time. If you're on the second floor, or the fifth floor. The second, the elevator is the easiest way. The sta- the stairwells are harder. Stairs. It require walking upstairs elevator requires you to push a button the button is going to be easier every time <clears throat> it's never going to change it's never going to be harder to go through the elevator ever in any situation 
you got to start getting smart with these people. They're like, the easiest way to get to your room is, you know, you pick up your 50 pound bags and you lug them up, you know, the stairs. Right. And they'll kind of look at you and you'll be like, yeah, it's because I'm really in shape and I'm strong. That's the easiest way for me. But you right. ask me. And then <laughs> other dumb questions is, where, oh, this isn't a question, but this is really dumb. We have a big piece of plexiglass and it's, and it's like 80% of the front desk on the edges there are two spaces where it's like not plexiglass. It, it covers the whole desk, like 80% of it. There's like 10% on each side that is open space. Multiple times a day, people come in, stand in front of the plexiglass, and then move over to the right or left to look at, to be in direct contact with my face while not wearing a mask. And I'm just like, why is the world so dumb? The plexiglass is there to literally stop us from having face-to-face contact why do you need to and and they'll just move over every time they'll stand right in front of it they'll move over and i'm just like they're coughing and stuff i'm like this is the stupidest shit ever this is why this (laughs) this is why this virus is so bad (laughs) yep that's right i noticed that when i was down south too it's like us us people from the uh, us from the chicago area who you know, we're liberal and, and respectful and everybody's wearing masks and all that kind of shit. And the moment you get out like two hours outside of Chicago, nobody's wearing a mask. You know, it's like, it's oh, dude, it, it, bullshit. Like, I would literally say like almost half of the people around here don't wear masks. Almost half. It was worse, but it's gotten better. But yeah, it's, it's some things, dude, like I, I just know. and I'm I'm real good professionally like i'm not gonna show that it it annoys me but like after people leave i just think about it i'm like what the hell like no you just go and record all your bitching thoughts on an international podcast you know maybe one of those people are actually gonna hear this you're like i know that motherfucker he's that (laughs) fucking mexican from that from that hotel he's talking about me man he's talking about me yeah or or i hate them i hate the calls too that are like they'll call me while they're in the car and they'll be on a road and they'll be like how do i get to the hotel and i'm like i don't fucking know dude i'm not even from this area like why are you asking me i don't know what road you're on dude and then they'll tell me a road and it'll be like johnson street and i'm like i don't even know where that is just be like yo you got a gps everybody has a gps on their phone so just be like yo check your phone man you can't say that though because they'll be like i called for directions and they told me to use my phone Oh, they actually specific. Yeah, okay, that's different. Yeah, because there's like surveys and stuff, but it's yeah, it just yeah. it, like you deal with the the dumbest of humanity at hotels. Like it's no. just crazy. No, bro. no, you have. I imagine there's a lot of fucking you know re- like just ridiculous people at hotels, but you don't have anything on working in an airport, dude. Especially, I couldn't even imagine. I'm so glad I don't work at the airport anymore during this <laughs> COVID shit because it was already the, the most sketchy industry in the world, you know, for crazy people and shit. I can't even yeah. imagine, man. Like, I've, oh my God, it'd just be nuts. But I mean, hotel's kind of the same thing, right? People are usually traveling to that point. They're tired, bitchy, and then they ask ridiculous questions. So, Oh, and one more thing on the hotels. If you stay at a hotel, like, you don't realize how much you can actually affect a human's life who works a really hard job not me i'm not talking about me uh who works a really hard job and gets paid garbage for it it's like an extremely frustrating and pressure-based job and especially during covid leave a tip dude just for the housekeepers i know that it's not 
as custom is is some people think but if you if everybody left a dollar or two like these people would actually have good lives mm-hmm. i leave five exactly and and i do too but um it's just i know you're already paying for the room and it's expensive and stuff like that but the the housekeepers are the hardest working people in the hotel industry and they get paid the least. Of it's course. really yeah. jacked up. <laughs> and a it's lot like of the people job. that get the, those jobs are pretty much doing those jobs because they can't do other things. They're either, you know, not Legal. the brightest or, <laughs> well, that's another story. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it, like you think about what they, that some of these housekeepers make and you think if ever, if, the, if they're cleaning 20 rooms a day, and they got a, a, even a dollar. That's an extra twenty dollars on top of the forty dollars that they made in in on their paycheck for that day. Like it's a huge, significant difference for for these yeah, women I mean, and housekeepers. Like I, I never knew it before, but it really does affect a lot. And you would be surprised. I, I would probably say that the average housekeeper where I work might make five dollars in tips a week. Dude. Yeah. See, I, I mean, working in a, you know, owning a business that's, that's in the service industry and stuff like we understand how much tips can mean to, you know, the, the stylists and stuff like that. So we're heavy tippers when it comes to anything too. So, you know, yeah, I've what goes around comes around. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. News. Is your bitch session over? <laughs> yep. All right. So that's going to do it for the intro. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, so let's get into this news, JP. Let's do this. Yeah, nothing crazy this week. Just got a couple of things. Uh, first up, I think I mentioned this last week, this uh, documentary on uh, anthology films. But that's been picked up by Shudder. But also picked up by Shudder is a documentary called Faith, William Freakin on The Exorcist which is a, a leap of faith William freaking on the exorcist. So hmm. it's a documentary um, on the exorcist. It's coming November 19th, 2020. So That's check cool. that out. Cool. You know what I see? You know what I actually saw today? Um, just What's briefly that? was um, <clears throat> it was a trailer for in search of darkness part two. Yeah. I don't really care. I wasn't a fan of the first one. Oh really? The, the first no. the first one was like four hours long too, wasn't it? So I was kind of it's kind of sh- shitty. It's just like a bunch of people from the eighties talking about eighty movies. I really didn't learn anything. Didn't really have any structure. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I hadn't checked it out yet. I was just kind of waiting for the moment to you know not have to watch it in parts because I realized it was pretty damn long. It's on Shutter, so check it yeah. out. But but yeah, yeah I haven't I, watched it yet. So I had actually clicked the link because. I'm actually subscribed to this channel that played the the trailer. It's uh, like it's a new retro wave, like synth music and shit like that. Anyways, they had the trailer on there, so I clicked the link for the pre order just to see. You know, I wasn't going to pre order nothing, 60 but bucks. sixty nine ninety nine to pre order for the part two, and you can pay an extra fifteen dollars to get a physical of the first one. So I was like, holy fuck, this shit's going to cost you like a hundred bucks just for you know, like part one and part two of a documentary series. I'm like, that's I, I have a feeling that part 
two is probably leftover interviews from part one that's what i actually was thinking too i'm like man so they had four hours and it's kind of like you know the friday the 13th documentary that you know the eight hour one that they did and then if you had pre-ordered it you got that bonus disc right which was like another three four hours and shit you know Mm. that's kind of cool but i felt like i was like is this just leftover extended interviews from you know the original one (laughs) wouldn't surprise me to be honest yeah so uh Next up is the Adams Family 2 has got announced for an October 8th, 2021 release. Uh, I didn't really care for the first one, if I'm being honest. The animated? I liked yeah. it. I still haven't seen it. I actually saw it the other day at Walmart, and I was like, where the fuck's the Blu-ray? They only had the DVD. I'm like, Walmart's so cheap. So, yeah. I that happens a lot. I don't I don't like that. I, I mean, uh, I, I just pretty much only want stuff on Blu-ray that's new. Yeah, I mean, I was actually there. I was like, well, I, w- I was there because I had to pick up a couple of things. And I was like, well, I was also w- going to get Tales from the Hood 3. And so I saw that and I was like, I wonder if they have Halloween Town 1 and 2. And they did. So I was like, sweet. So I grabbed that. But I think, is, did, did Disney ever release those on Blu-ray, Jeremy? Nope. They didn't, nope. right? Okay. Release thought, what? Uh, Halloween, Halloween Town, Town. 1, and, 1 and 2. Because I found that double pack there. And I, I just been, it's, I love those movies, but I haven't seen them. Um, I just never picked up the, the DVD set, so. Yeah, they're oh. not they're not on Blu-ray. Okay, so that's cool. Um, Stephen Lang uh, announced that he had wrapped shooting on "Don't Breathe 2. "Don't Breathe 2. Did we not talk about how ridiculous it is making a sequel to that movie? Yes, yes, for a long time. <laughs> it was like an hour conversation. Man, I was I was being a little bit sarcastic there. <laughs> Uh, don't breathe too. The blind man has been hiding out for years in an isolated cabin and is taken in and raised a young girl orphaned from a house fire. All right. That kind of sounds like it's been years since I've seen malevolence, but I, I feel like that's kind of the narrative to that movie where the killer actually raised, he kind of abducts somebody and then raises them to be his like own type of killer. Changes and shit. like that too. Yeah. Well, sort of weird. Okay. I love Chain. That's an underrated movie. Hmm. Interesting. Jennifer Lynch. Yeah, actually, that is a good movie. I forgot. Yeah, Jennifer Lynch. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, okay. Crispin Glover plays a serial killing slasher in Brett Easton's Elias, Brett Easton Elias penned Smiley Faced Killers. Trailer's out. The Blu-ray is coming out. I saw it on Blu-ray.com. They announced it today. It's December 8th. December 8th. So the movie's called The Smiley Faced Killer? Uh, Smiley Faced Killers. Oh, it's pluralized. Okay. I really don't uh, like that title. It just right. it sounds in, so corny. Inspired by true events, in, twi- in the twisted The Smiley Faced Killers, conspiracy theory that has gripped the American imagination for decades, this pulse-pounding serial killer ter- terror te- tale, fuck, I'm stupid tonight, uh, reunites acclaimed director hunter with his river edge coast uh star or star i guess which river's edge uh he directed that and crispin glover of course was in that Mm -hmm. uh as a strange wave of mysterious drownings of male college students plague the california coast what did i mess up no i just the synopsis is funny i'm not sure if i know this it just sounds like a david decato movie (laughs) Uh, 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 a group of male college students swimming yeah Jake Graham struggles to keep his life together at school, finding himself stalked by a hooded figure, Glover, driving an unknown marked van. Jake fears he may become the next vil- victim in the killer's horrific spree. So 
I'm not overly familiar with the real life story, but when did this actually take place? Because it said decades, so it's, I'm assuming like a long time ago. I don't even know what it's based on. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know the story because it says it's based on like a real events and shit. I'm like, I saw a trailer today when I was seeing Scream about some movie that's coming out on like the 23rd. It's some like. It looks like the bye bye man. It has like people like blowing into bottles. I I'm trying to find remember what the name is, but it looks pretty shitty. But it's mm-hmm. supposed to be coming out in a couple weeks. So okay, so uh, as recently as 2008, Gannon and Durant were examining evidence going back to the 1990s that they believe connected the deaths of 45 college age male students whose bodies were found in the water in 11 states. 45 victims are linked to this one case. Holy shit. Yeah. It's uh, the smiley face murder theory is a theory. So it was never uh, solved. So it was never solved. Advanced by a retired New York detective uh, who a bunch of people, they alleged that a number of young men found dead in bodies of water across several Midwestern American states from the late nineties to the 2010s uh, did not actually drown. What? So they say um, so they're decades. saying, they're, yeah, they're saying that it was uh, the act of one person, but it's a theory because there's no actual, I guess. Uh, well, they're linking the evidence to a typical or to this killer's ammo kind of thing. So it's kind of fitting everything. But 45 so, bodies. Holy fuck, dude. That's a lot of. Yeah. A lot term, of cock. The ter- term smiley face became connected to alleged murders. When it was made public that the police had discovered graffiti depicting a smiley face near locations where they think the killer dumped the bodies in at least a dozen of those cases. 45 male victims. Like, this is very odd in serial killing. Like, are these males, are they homosexuals? Are they they gay? That's what I was wondering. I'm sure they might do something like that in the film. Because it it would be more likely to be, I I mean, just it seems more likely to be that type of victim than... It's just very right. odd. Like, you because know what I'm that saying? Would typically be a female victim. Exactly what I'm saying. Like to have, you know, hetero males just getting picked off by another hetero male just seems very strange. Maybe, maybe the killer is, is gay and he's picking off, um, straight people. Maybe it's a woman. Maybe it is a woman. That's odd. We'll find out when we watch the movie. See, well, I, I've never movie, heard of this. I've never heard of this case. And like, I'm very familiar with a lot of like, you know me, I'm a fucking, I'm a real life, you know, I love Zero true color. crime. I love true crime. Like I'm, I'm a Dateline whore. I watch every real documentary. I watch all that shit, dude. I'm, I'm sad. Yeah, I've never heard of this case. Well. This is like mind blowing to me. And I think it would be super cool if it was like a gay serial killer killing off headrolls. And he's like, fuck these guys, man had a bad, maybe he had a bad experience in college and shit. Or and if like, it was fuck a these closet guys. gay who was killing off gays. I, that's actually been done before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get original I'm, with this I'm narrative sure come has. on <laughs> although the woman angle would be very interesting man i, I mean, mean you often have that where these closet homosexuals like hate gay people to death because they're closet homosexuals of, of course of course but man 45 bodies that are linked to one case that's really a high number of especially yes, considering if it actually is true and the killer was never caught i mean that's pretty amazing See, the problem is with these type of narratives where they're based on true crime and there's there's no end, like the, it was never solved. Sometimes the movie, it's just so, it just leaves you so open, leaves more questions than answers kind of thing. It's kind of a frustrating watch. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as much as I love the story of the Zodiac Killer and the movie's really good too, it's like, but going into the Zodiac movie, you know that there's no end to it. 
Right. Right. And it's just, it's yeah, kind it's of frustrating like a to watch. It's prequel where you kind of know, like, well, I know the killer is going to live. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Crispin Glover, you know, we just watched him in Wizard, Wizard of Gore. Gore. The Amazing Wizard of Gore remake. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the guy can act whenever oh, yeah. he gets the proper channels. Like, he is a really good actor at times. So hopefully this will be one of those cases. I always said I wish Crispin Glover had to become like exclusive to doing horror films because he just kind of fits. The, I, I think there's so many roles for him. Yeah, he did so great in Willard. Oh, yeah, he's really good in Willard. Yeah, really good. Uh, he hams the shit up. You know, we got we talked about it last week in uh, Wizard of Gore. I had he hams no- the shit up in River's Edge, too, though. That's just how he acts. I think that was more how it was written, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Most. Probably. Uh, anyway, so moving on here, uh, Blink-182 musician oh Tom DeLonge Jesus. is directing a sci-fi film, Monsters of California. Hey, never know. It could be like uh, The Fanatic. The, fan- the Fanatic wasn't actually that bad. I don't know why people were I tripping on that. great. The- I love The Fanatic. I think it was obviously, um, I think the main critique on the movie was uh travolta's performance but i actually kind of liked it it was at first i was like is this for real <laughs> right and then you kind of get used to the performance but and it's that I'm a it's, big fan it's that whole shit of people hating on musicians doing other shit in life it's like rob zombie just gets hated <laughs> yeah but then for... you have somebody like who makes veronica and that movie's just a steaming pile of shit <laughs> oh, no, i'm not saying that they all work i didn't watch veronica but i heard that yeah even from people that like that type of low budget trash even said that was shitty so but you know when i heard that uh, that uh, fred durst was making this movie, i was like you know what i'll give it a shot i've done it before i mean right. bruce dickinson did a movie um you know there's been other musicians that have went and wrote and directed and done movies and shit like that so that have turned out okay right give it a shot yeah um, did D Snyder? No, he didn't direct Strange Line. He just starred in it, right? He uh, actually wrote the movie. Also, like he wrote oh, it okay. and starred in it. I don't think he directed it though. No, no he was didn't direct. No, You're right. He wrote it. Yeah, and then um, I'm trying to remember what the one that Bruce Dickinson did. It was called Starts with a C. It's totally on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember, but he was involved. Some. So uh, this film here from Tom DeLonge it says. Monsters of California is a coming-of-age adventure with a science fiction twist that follows a teenager, Dallas Edwards, and his derelict friends on a quest for the meaning behind a series of mysterious paranormal events in Southern California. The truths they uncover begin to unravel extraordinary secrets held tightly within the deepest levels of the government. This sounds totally like Tom DeLong, yeah. uh, if you know any history with him. Because he's like theories. Obsessed with aliens and stuff. Yep. All right. Um, Crowley. That's the name of the movie that Bruce Dickinson wrote. He didn't start it. He actually wrote the movie. It's called Crowley. That's right. Okay. I had to look it up. DeLong uh, is going to compose the music as well. And the script is written by by DeLong. Hmm. So that's that. Um, And then the final bit of news here. New Mutants coming to 4K in November. And Buffalo Bill's house is for sale. Yeah, it's always for sale. It, it comes up for sale like every couple years. Uh, it's so funny because I saw uh, some friends of mine posting about that, like some like non horror friends that yeah. just live like that went to high school and stuff, and they're like, they're like, yeah, but they want so much money for it, and they're like, 
they're like, yeah, that's where that movie was filmed. I never seen it, but I think my brother <laughs> seen it. And like all these people are just like saying, like, what's it about? <laughs> and so I'm just like, wow. how have how have people never seen that movie? And it's funny because like that that property is like 20 minutes from where I live. What? You've never seen Zombie Three? Oh, you fucking suck. <laughs> it's going back to that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of one of those movies that I think the majority of people have ever watched any type of movies in their life have seen it's kind of funny so yep new mutants november 17th um i actually really hmm. liked it but i didn't i don't know why i don't have like Most any ambition didn't. to watch that man it's just i don't know it was okay i'll probably check it out eventually so that's the news jeremy do you have anything no okay all right so i guess that is the news fucking thing sucks all right so moving along into a knowledge segment the words i bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme you got no time to joke and play because knowledge reigns supreme and i figured for today i would go with um something related to carrie you know carrie's been one of those kind of pop culture films that everybody knows and loves and of course what comes with you know very popular type films usually comes a lot of ripoffs right (laughs) there's always movies that come right after that have to emulate these popular shits and here's some of them uh, this it's not really a top ten list. It's it says girls with power. Eleven alternatives to carry. So is this I th- from sci-fi. This is not the one from sci-fi. This is from uh, newnownext.com. I don't know. It was literally the first thing that I looked Dude, at. Dude, so. I have some serious deja vu. Are we sure we never done this before? I don't think Pretty so. Pretty sure. I don't think so. Carry ripoff. I can't think of a reason we would have. But yeah. I swear, maybe I did like a ripoff top 10 before could have been yeah. knowledge I, mean, I know there's lots out there but i haven't really looked at the list i just kind of scrolled down to see what the first one was and i guess this kind of fits it but all right so again not a top 10 list it says 11 alternatives to carry so i'm assuming these movies are just sharing similar similarities to mm. carry and the first one on the list is summer of fear uh the west craven film definitely very carry inspired i feel yeah so that one definitely fits the uh the protocol the movie's there. pretty cool though i like that one it is you know for a tv movie it's it's actually pretty well done I mean, again you know i mean 70s tv movies seem to be there's a lot of pretty good ones good. there's a lot yeah. of good ones in the mm-hmm. 70s a lot of really good ones yeah summer fear is cool all right uh next up is oh wow i have not seen this one midnight offerings oh okay so it's the Never 19 heard of it 1981 tv movie featured the inspiring cast of two beloved American sweethearts, uh, blah, blah, blah. Listen, okay. So yeah, um, it's definitely leaning toward being a, yeah. 1981 TV, TV movie, movie. <laughs> midnight offerings. No, don't know anything about Considering it. You're the 81 expert. I'm yeah. That's, but, t- but you know what? That's the thing with the TV movies from the eighties. They become really obscure because a lot more mm-hmm. TV films that have been released and are a little bit more notable are from the seventies. But then there is some good ones between 1980 and 84. It really fucking phased yeah, out after some, like 84 into 85 there a there's a few good ones that we did on 85 yeah yeah but but didn't you notice the difference like from 82 to like 85 how much less tv movies there was mm-hmm. like it just really yeah. kind of takes a huge dip but actually oddly enough one of my favorite movies a movie that made my top 10 in 85 is a tv movie and uh you know so um all right so midnight offerings next up here oh my god another one that's so funny the initiation of sarah 
Have you guys seen this yeah. one? I have it. I have never seen it. Yeah. They, Sounds I be- familiar. Yeah, I believe that there's actually a remake that came out in the 2000s for this movie, too. They remade a TV movie. It's crazy. But it's a straight-up rip-off of Carrie. Initiation of Sarah is pretty good for a TV film. Um, late 70s, 77, 78, something like that. Oh, here's the one that's just the obvious take, man, is Jennifer. Yeah. This is like straight Carrie ripoff. Yeah, that one definitely belongs on the list for sure. Right. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. I didn't, I guess, you know, this shares those type of similarities. And I wouldn't say this is de- an exact ripoff, but it fits the mold. And that's uh, Creepers, a.k.a. Phenomena. The Argento mm. film. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's, I guess so. it, it's, got it's just the, with insects. It's just with, yeah, exactly. But she shares those type of powers and stuff. All right. Yeah. So here's another one. Uh, Enigma. The Lucio Falci film from 87. Yeah, that definitely has the psychic kind of powers and, you know, telekinetic powers and shit like that. Um, it's really kind of notable for one scene, the death by snail scene, for sure. Enigma's actually a pretty shitty film. And I can admit that, even though Falci's my favorite director. Um, oh, of course, right? The Fury. Also directed by Brian De Palma. You guys ever seen The Fury? He, no. he ripped off his own film. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, no, the Fury's a good film, but yeah, that one belongs in there. Oh, here's another one that's straight <laughs> up, straight up, fucking blatant ripoff is The Spell. Another film that was put out by Screen Factory. I have uh, that one too. It's another TV film, actually, but it's just straight carry, man. <laughs> straight carry. Yeah, it's actually The Spell is a little bit frustrating. It's a frustrating watch, to be honest. Um, yeah. Next up here is Friday the 13th, part seven. Oh, I see what they're doing here with the. The that's one of the best ones but yeah i can see what they're doing with that yeah it was definitely the weirdest one of the weirdest friday films because it just takes this angle is that the one where jason is in the killer no no that's damn you you are that's part five disgusting <laughs> mm. you disgust me you don't even deserve that friday the 13th no part our seven. main lead in friday the uh, 13th part seven has these like um powers has these Dude, telekinetic it's powers. It's just straight so. telekinetic. Right, it, it, it's very strange. It's very it, strange. The, the story behind that is they were going to do Freddy versus Jason at that time, but they wanted to hold off uh, or they had to hold off because they couldn't figure out a rights thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they eventually started to, the, the whole concept was they wanted to give Jason like a more formidable foe than just a girl that kicks his ass every time. So they came up with the idea of like, they actually did think of Carrie. So it, it really is like a kind of a, Carry ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is actually another movie that's based on a Stephen King story, and that's Firestarter. <laughs> that that one's uh pyrokinesis or yep, whatever. Pyrokinesis, yep. And then the last one here on the list is a film called Dark Willow. I have no idea what this is. Uh, don't I don't even isn't there clear. isn't there like a is isn't Abby like that? Isn't there a film called Abby that's a Carrie ripoff? Uh, yeah, Abby would also fit that. Actually, one notable one that I noticed that's not on that list is Patrick. That's kind of a Carrie Patrick. ripoff. Patrick um, is a Car- but well, isn't the title Girls with Powers? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so they, I think <laughs> and, they. And then, there's isn't also there also Kiss of the Tarantula. Is that one? Or is the mm, is no? That's literally a killer spider film, I believe. <laughs> no, not no. Kiss of the Tarantula. It's the. Uh, I swear that's like unless I'm getting fucked up, but I'm pretty sure that actually has spiders in it. But oh, you know what? Another it, it does one? have spiders in it, but I think that it's like. You know what? Another um, one would fit that mold is actually Evil Speak. 
it's literally the same story with a guy that gets bullied at school that, you know, ends up doing, I mean, it's more of like kind of a demon thing, but you know, he ends up having some special powers and shit and fuck shit up. So, Oh yeah. It's she, it's a disturbed teenage girl unleashes her pet tarantula on her enemies. Yeah. I thought so. It's been a while since I've seen it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I seen that a long time ago. I don't really remember it too well, but there was a, there was like a, a Ruby, is that the one I'm thinking of? Oh, Ruby, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, there, actually, Ruby. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot more. I mean, these ones seem to be mostly older type ripoffs that came out maybe shortly after closer. Carrie and stuff. Yeah, yeah closer to. It, it's but, I mean, weird to think about that. Like Carrie was such a big film that there would be so many ripoffs because honestly, like it's United Artists, it just doesn't yeah. feel like it. It yeah. doesn't feel like that. Like you look at Jaws and you're like, oh yeah tons of ripoffs for that alien same thing but like carrie i'm actually surprised there are as many i think it just seems like it's a little bit more of an easier thing to to rip off you know Mm -hmm. because you know i I, it just seems like it'd be so much easier to do i guess um but yeah i mean that's a list a list of (laughs) carrie ripoffs and most of those movies you know oddly enough there was a couple there i never even heard of but uh most of them i've seen all pretty decent. I mean, Jennifer is the most blatant one. It's just ridiculous. Same with the spell. You got to check those out if you've never seen them. But, but yeah. So that is gonna do it for knowledge. Jeremy, do you got some uh, dead mail for us this week? Kick the shit about the mail, man. You've got mail. Trust the mail. Man, now his ass is trash like a garbage can. Caught up in some shit with the mailman. Yeah, dead mail. Reaching into the grab bag of Bangoria's amazing publication. All right. Issue number 255. This is from August 2006. We got Snakes on the Plane, and uh, that's your featured film of this one. Uh, exclusive Master of Horrors, the band episode revealed. Um, Pulse, Download of the Dead. Feed, Year's Grossest Film, which is true. That movie's fucking, that movie will make you throw up. Mood, I know Moods agrees with me on that oh statement. Oh my god. If you don't know what the narrative is to that movie, <laughs> it is the most vile, disgusting shit ever. It's yeah, really it's fucking twisted. It's so twisted, man. It's gross. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those extreme movies that nobody really talks feed about. You, feed you. Feed me. It is literally a movie that I, I had such a hard time getting through. It's so fucking yeah. gross, man. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And on uh, plus three new zombie films and Descent's director, Horror New Hope. All right. And then we Horror's have the winners. The winners of the 15th annual Chainsaw Award. So we'll look at that in a second. So. Mm. A lot of uh, this week's Dead Mail is a continuation of the discussion last week on last editions of Dead Mail about Eli Roth and Hostel. So we just got. I some- do want to comment because whenever we read his response and there was just a moment where everybody didn't say anything, it's it's because I was processing it and I'm like that actually was not a very good response from Eli Roth, but I didn't Dude, really say. That. We were doing all the same thing. I was yeah. thinking the exact same thing. I was actually trying to react to what I would, because we're, we sit here and defend him all the time. And I know you were I thinking know. the same thing, right? So now we're, we're going to sit here and just, you know, just totally bash him. Right. So well, 
these are a lot of responses against uh, people who are who have opinions on both sides of the aisle. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to last week's uh, edition of Dunmel, and you'll understand. So I read this one comes from Darren from New Currents Magazine in Brenton, UK. And he writes, I read with interest Enno Calaria's response to Hostel and Fangoria 253. Having myself had a similar reaction to the movie's casual sexism and homophobia, and I was shocked further by Eli Roth's frankly ignorant rebuke. The director's insistence that kids use the word gay to describe something stupid or idiotic when someone is acting like a pussy, they call that a person a fag. Managed to reiterate his communicable obliviousness to how much language is potentially offensive. I have no desire to see Mr. Ross center his opinions or creativity, however. I found the undercurrent of bigotry in Hostel far more unsettling than any of its grand visual excesses. I propose to Roth that it's more radical to change stereotypes than to regulate them, regurgitate them, and then accuse others of being too PC when they question his motives. All right. I mean, I I can see where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one comes from Chris from Bakersfield, California. Uh, Rito and O'Connor's complaints about Hostel were valid, but Eli Roth's comments were valid too. For me, Hostel was a film about homophobia. Perhaps Roth intended this, or perhaps he did not, but I believe that Hostel was about friendship. We have a story about two young friends, one clearly heterosexual and one whose sexuality is perhaps questionable. Does the heterosexual friend sense this? Is that why he's clearly uncomfortable with his best friend's ambiguous sexuality? Maybe that's why he's so quick to say faggot all the time. The character is so, is uncomfortable and desperately wants to get his friend laid. The best friend wants to come out but faces rejection and ridicule. I never, un, I never thought that the killer was gay. He just enjoys hurting people. Movies could be perceived on so many different levels. That's why we enjoy them. As a fan of horror films who happen to be gay... I would like to see more gay characters on screen, but unfortunately not every portrayal is going to be a positive one. You know, I never really got into the character, uh, the lead there being gay, but I think it's pretty accurate. It honestly is. When you think back to the film, I, I, I honestly think that was intentional. Maybe it's just his way of letting the guy know that he, that he knows that he's gay by calling him faggot all the time. Huh. I think that what the dude right? was maybe that's just the way where he... it's sort of his like defense mechanism for him maybe yeah. not being okay with uh, his friend being gay and you know I don't I, know it you know to I defend think there's it, a lot there though yeah I think so I mean you know it could be a simple fact of like maybe he's cool with it but he's trying to let him know without having that you know that really kind of sappy conversation like hey dude like I know you're gay you want to admit it to me so he just kind of like makes light of it you know in a way that a lot of people don't really agree with but he calls him a faggot because he wants him to kind of admit it like hey dude like I know that you like dudes it's not a big deal who knows it could be that or maybe he's just straight up homophobic and he hates gay people too I don't know but alright this one comes from W. Beecham and he writes Eli Ross claimed that fag no longer refers to a homosexual sounds as hollow and desperate as when Eminem used that play is Ross so blind as to not see that the use of this term for something that one considers stupid or lame probably began with someone who thought that gays were stupid and lame? Roth, point, Roth paints the author of the letter as a PC-obsessed crybaby because he wasn't offended by the gore and hostile. Well, no kidding. He went to see a horror movie. Roth then placed the victim by asking the writer 
is saying that writers shouldn't write what they want. Who's the real crybaby cry baby here? Loft should focus on character development and logical storytelling instead of youth-oriented lingo that will ultimately only date his already mediocre attempts at cinema. All right. So not a lot of people on Eli Ross' side here. I'm actually surprised that uh, there were as many letters that were as progressive back then. Uh-huh. I would expect more people to to side with Roth. I think it's just because then. it's it's Eli Roth though too. You know, I think people already had the hate for him, so I I think people just came out of the woodworks and were like, "Hey, we're going to express this against." Him. I don't know if it would be much against other directors and stuff. I think Eli Roth already had that aura about him that people didn't like. They hated that college fanboy bullshit, and he was just an easy target. So people, I don't think it was that progressive. I think it was just an opportunity in these letters. I do think that like. I get where they're coming from with like it it kind of dates a movie when mm-hmm. you have accurate lingo of the time, but I don't see that as a problem because it mm. like we watch 80s movies and it's like the lingo is so different, but I never think of it as like, oh, these people don't talk like me now so that it's stupid. No, it's just it it's a time capsule. It's fun to experience that time capsule a little bit. So um, I don't. I do agree that it dates it, but I just don't think that it matters. I think that it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. because it really does capture that two thousand six ish, two thousand six. I mean, there's lots of moments in you know other type of eighties and seventies films where people are called homos and and fags and things like yeah. that. All and no one ever says a fucking thing, but you know, someone controversial like Eli Roth comes out there. It's, it got popular. You know, he seemed like he's an easy target. People are going to speak out about it. So I get it. I completely get it. All right, this one comes from CM from Long Island, New York, and he writes, Eli Roth, what? I don't know. Eli Roth missed the point of Enzo Calaro's letter. Political correctness can kill creativity. However, in the case pointed out with Hostile, I find Roth's defense invalid and uncool. The characters, clearly meant to be the heroes, use anti-gay words such as fag against a friend. Roth states that most of us American teens or kids use these terms. I could safely say they do not. In oh, addition, that guy that's see that's that, that is bull. <laughs> that guy doesn't have any friends. That's what it is. Right. Because dude, like now, no. I if that came out now, people don't really talk like that anymore. Mm. But back then, I'm telling you, like, gay was this, like, in every sentence that any teen, yeah. like, teen or it preteen is, it is true. kid on the yeah. playground said. I swear to God, it was like, it, it was just like the F word, you yeah. know? It, it was just a filler word that was in there for everything. And I'm not saying it's right or that it should have been. I'm just saying it was factual that yeah. guy's completely off base by the, the word gay goes through stages man back in the 50s it meant you were happy you know come on then it became yeah. derogatory <laughs> now people are, you can't say that shit now it's crazy it's the yep. worst of the worst in addition he believes that using these words is okay since according to him they mean idiot or stupid instead of homosexual the point is that all these negative words and actions are equated with homosexuals as something or someone bad. By having a movie hero act in this irresponsible manner, Roth and others who mimic those who do this in reality are contributing to anti-gay sentiment and saying it's okay to continue to sprout these words when someone does something stupid, sensitive, or indeed gay. Prejudice takes many forms and to defend it by saying I am trying to write characters who are real and speak the way young American people actually talk to each other smacks a tiredness. 
if they thought about what they were saying, they are homophobic or repeating what another homophobic person said. Roth goes on to try to divert the issue by focusing on his film's violence and stating he finds it interesting that the letter writer took offense to the anti-gay words, but not the bloodshed. If the bad guys or gals in this movie used the anti-gay words, it would be less offensive. But as it is, the movie's heroes, its role models, seem to be establishing that saying anti-gay things is okay. As long as they attended to mean something else. It's an awful thing Roth is doing, twisting the meaning and saying it's okay to call someone gay, fag, or queer as long as the insult is supposed to be idiot or stupid. I don't, I don't think, think that... That's not what he's saying. He's I don't... He's literally telling people that's just how people talk. I mean, a lot of people in this era, we've, we've mentioned this many, many times, JP, everyone, we've mentioned this, that people use that term as just, just a term. Like, you'd be like, you know, you walk into a group of friends, you're like, yo, what's up, fags? Like, it didn't mean what, how people perceive it to be. He is it, using the angle that he was writing how the general population was talking. And it's, he's kind of true. Like, you know, he's kind of right because a lot of people did talk like that and it, they weren't necessarily being homophobic since it was just the, it was just a lingo of the time. Right. I, it's all in how you take this shit, man. It, it's just ridiculous. It, it context. It's definitely context, it, but he does have a point. That's how people were talking in those days. Right. Well, so if you walk into a room with, uh, a, a group of your friends and you say, what up homos? Like you're not, you don't have any hate in your heart when you say that. No, you're not it's saying com- anything that is, is negative towards gay. I, the thing that I always hate is when they say it's anti gay, right? Like, because what that guy said in his letters, it's anti gay, but it's like, it's not like, maybe there are examples in that movie. I'm not saying that there aren't, but I'm saying it in, in, any in all situations where you say the gay or something like that it isn't anti-gay i just don't think there was any intent i mean you can find you can always find something when you're looking for it right so if you're intent if you're watching this movie and you think that there's intent you're going to find that intent i don't think eli ross intent was to to maliciously you know use those terms in derogatory ways I think he was and, literally trying to write. And I mean, I get it from a, a fan standpoint, though, too. Like, if you're watching movies to escape reality, you necessarily don't want the reality of the realism in your movies, too. I mean, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people look at Rob Zombie, so I'm like, nobody fucking talks like that. I'm like, they kind of do. You know, if you don't want to believe that people talk like that, that's fine. And you can hate on it for whatever reasons. But at the same time, you have to admit that there is people out there that actually talk like this poor white, white trash and shit like that. I mean, people just can't mm-hmm. accept that they can't accept that there's other people that actually literally talk like this. Hence your Eli Ross character of this time using these derogatory terms. You know, I mean, obviously if this movie was made today, this would not be good, right? Yeah, there's probably right. a little bit of intent there, but you got to look at the time that this is, these people are coming out of here and they're looking for intent. They're looking for a reason to criticize this. And it's, it's just not what I believe his intent was. He, what he said was, you know, he was, it was how people talked. And I truly believe that. I actually really believe that's what he was accomplishing there. And it's just kind of a shame that people, look it, at, but it, you're always going to have those people that are going to. The, the thing about the, the way that they're saying, well, okay. So at one point when you use gay for stupid, it was mm-hmm. because gay people were stupid to other people. And it's like, okay, that's fair. That's probably true. But in this case, it might not mean that from the person's context, right? They, yeah. they, it, when the word becomes 
warped, which happens, it does happen. Words be because retard was once used to just describe somebody who was mentally not there. Now it's offensive. Yeah, exactly. And now it's offensive because the word had warped to the perception of other people. But another thing, he keeps mentioning heroes. Like, do you watch Hostel and think any of those guys are are heroes? Like, I I think they're kind of douchey you know? like yeah. no, it, no no they are not douche. necessarily yeah the, the the lead is they're unlikable you know, characters he doesn't sure. have he doesn't want to have sex with the the prostitutes he he's the gooder guy but you know the he's not the one that's also throwing out the the slurs or whatever i don't think that these people are were written as heroic or heroes they were written as everyday college kids who are just trying to fuck stuff and smoke stuff and drink stuff so they're not they're not Written a regular those, college kid is not going to be a hero. Those preppy, he's not going to hold himself to standards of that of a hero. He's going to be a douchey college kid. That's a, that's a conception of, you know, rich, you know, white college kids and stuff that they're all douchey and shit like that. It's who knows, man. Maybe that's what Ross was. That's what his angle was. I'm going to showcase these kids this is how they act. You know, these rich preppy fucking college kids and stuff. And this is what they have coming towards them. Who knows? That's just what I mean. If you took a, a couple of uh, college kids and, and at that age and, and sent them to a place where everything's legal all of a sudden, they are going to act stupid and douchey. Like that's what happens. Yeah. They're partying. But I mean, it's no uh, different it's than any other movies that we watched throughout the 80s and, you know, all these kind of high school, you know, dorm type, you know, college movies and shit like that. I mean, most of the characters are douchey people in all these yeah. movies. This is no different. You know, it's just in the flip side of this these douchey characters got something that, uh, that maybe was coming towards them. So, you know, guys want to hear some more opinions or show. All right. This one comes from Wayne and he writes, so Mr. Roth believes there's nothing wrong with having a gay killer. And someone saying that's gay all the time. Speaking as a gay man, there is something wrong with it and it has nothing to do with political correctness. This may shock Roth, but there are many gay guys who love horror films. We had to deal with pointless female nudity, which Hostel had a lot of, but now we had to deal with homophobic slurs. We're all says teenagers talk like that. Oh, really? None of the ones I know do. Like it or not, the context it was used for in the movie was negative, and in Hostel, we're supposed to like the two guys whose mission is to have sex with as many women as possible and spout anti-gay slurs. Why also, are you supposed to like them? Again, like, I, I hate just because say- they're the main characters? Dude, this guy, this guy's gay. And he's talking about his friends and no one talks like that. Are you sure they're not talking like that when you're not around? <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> no, I meant, I don't mean that in a derogatory way either. I mean, maybe they just don't feel comfortable. Just like being polite with the, you know, with the, you know, like again, walking into a party and be like, what's up homos. Like it's not even meant in that. It's just like, what's up peeps. You know, what's up dudes. It's, it's just another fucking yeah, adjective. You got a bunch of dudes standing around. What are you guys gay? You yeah. Like, like, so you walk into <laughs> a party funny. and you're like, you know, what the fuck's up with the sausage party? Like, is that super derogatory? Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just a term. It's just, just an adjective. I mean, it's used by a lot of people in that context. I would never walk into a place and be like, what's up fags and actually mean malicious con like intent. It, it just, it doesn't seem like anybody would do that. It's ridiculous to mm-hmm. interpret it like that too. You know, I, but what 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 did he say? Also, he said uh, that. Go back through that again, real quick, Jeremy. All right, this may shock Roth, but there are many gay guys who love horror films. We had to deal with pointless female nudity, which Hostel had a lot of, but now we had to deal with homophobic slurs. 
Ross says teenagers talk that way. Oh, really? None of the ones I know do. Like it or not, the context it was used for in the movie was negative. And in Hostel, we're supposed to like the two guys whose mission is to have sex with as many women as possible and spout anti-gay slurs. Also, Ross says gays attack basic instinct for having a bisexual killer. He may be amazed to know that most gay people had no trouble with that movie at all. Yeah, she was a killer, but I didn't hear any gay slurs being thrown about. Roth also criticizes the author's writer, the authors of the letter for being upset, not by the movie's violence, but by its language. Again, Roth might be shocked to realize that the violence was so over the top and beyond the bounds of reality that two escapees would have been dead from blood loss or in shock, not running around fine. That was impossible to take. Raw, even if they would be dead. I mean, it's it's portrayed not over the top, really. Oh, come on. Doesn't this guy realize this shit's based on real events? Come on. That that it was impossible to take seriously, but the audience I saw hostile with was not amused by all the that's gay comments. How the hell do you know? I usually don't react to things like hostile, but Roth's comments made it clear that he has no idea that he's offending people or even making homophobic slurs. I don't think that they're supposed to react. They're not supposed to be like, ha ha, he said gay. You know what I mean? It's just what the, it's just dialogue. It's just what the, it's, it's what they say. But he said something there that I was trying to get back to, but I I must've missed it again, or maybe you didn't read it, but he said like the killer's gay, but there's no, what, like, I don't understand. Even if the killer was gay, are killers not allowed to be gay? Like, I don't under, is it bad? Is it a bad look if the killer's gay? Because because you because people mm. interpret that as as all gay people want to kill other people. Come on, that's some stupid shit. Nobody I know. actually see. It's exactly it's how you interpret it, right? You can you can twist anything in that angle and attack it from that angle. Most people are it's, gay. It sounds it sounds completely movies. fucking stupid. Like when you describe it like that, it's it's completely outrageous and ludicrous. But when we hear these other comments and shit, it's it's the same reaction I'm getting too, right? It's just I think that it's it's so I twisted, do, man. So I twisted. think I do agree with the majority of what, like the the core concept of Eli Roth, say, like what he said was, you know, gay just means stupid. Like I do think that that's kind of a wrong way to to defend it's, what you're saying because of the original argument the person made. I just hmm. think the other arguments that these people are making, I don't are, think he's saying being gay reach. is stupid. He's just saying it's a term that people use in certain situations to. Um, you know, to mean stupid. Like, I don't think no, it's, I it, get that. I can, but I can see where they're coming from. Well, it's, well, it's like, okay, because it's compare. if you're gay and gay means stupid, then you're saying I'm stupid or whatever. I could see why they're offended oh, of and course. why they take issue with that. Of course. I'm just, a lot of the other things they're pulling out. I don't agree with at all. See, I just think that it's, they're being, you know, they're, they're gay. It's stretched. I think I commented <laughs> back to somebody one time. Cause somebody had mentioned that we use the word retarded on here a lot. And like, I don't, when I use the word retarded, like I don't actually think about mentally handicapped or handicapped people at all. It's when I use the word retarded, a lot of times I use it in a good term. Like then that was like wicked retarded. Like, and I mean, good, you know, it's just, it's just lingo that people use, but I also mean, use it as a term and like that shit was twisted as fuck. Right. The retarded one, I just will never understand because even if like, I actually am mostly using it is like a description for somebody saying something stupid 
I don't see how that offends people who have mentally handicaps or people who are friends with people with mental yeah, handicaps. Like I literally use it as a term as like that was some twisted shit and stuff. Like the other day, like even my kid got it, man. I was like, I can't remember what we were watching. I was like, oh man, that was disgustingly dope. And he's like, yeah, man, that was sick, disgusting. Like those are adjectives that people would usually just interpret as like, that was sick. Like that was gross. And that was disgusting as in like bad. I'm like, no, I use that as like a good term, man. You know, it's just, it's just the way people talk sometimes, but you can interpret it how you want. I get it. Why people get offended and shit like that. Context is so important. It's tone though too. It's tone. If I, if I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, oh man, that was totally disgusting. I love, you know, shit like that. And like, obviously I mean that in a good thing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know, man. I just get it sometimes. You know, when people talk, I'm like, I never get offended when people say some shit. I'm just like, I don't think I ever have been ever. No, I just honestly, the stuff that I actually get more offended by, not offended, but I think is like cringy is when, when dudes like call girls they don't know like baby or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like. It, it, like a waitress or something it's like cringy to me because i'm just like ugh, it just feels derogatory but Honestly, that's like the only thing that actually ever really bothers me yeah the only girl that i ever play that game with is jill i'm always like what's up sexy and actually i had, i don't know if you guys ever read this in one of our comment in one yeah, of our you videos know her and it's like yeah. a uh thingians have Dude, with each other it was literally so funny because i comment her and she's like oh i'm glad you guys are doing pot whatever and i was like yeah what's up sexy hope you enjoyed the show blah 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 and then someone commented back and said oh look at this massage motherfucker and i was like what the fuck <laughs> and then jill commented back and said uh no he's a friend of mine we played and it was ridiculous but that's a good example of somebody just interpreting something like oh that's how yeah. i call women i just call them sexy and baby and they're just little objects and shit yeah, like that know, like am i really the dude who's at the diner calling every waitress flow right Fl- like no flow? i'm not well that's a joke because every waitress in a diner is always oh. named flow right <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fucking joke right but that's a cricket sound effect right there if i heard it um but no like you know but it's fucking true i've, you, I've seen that joke in many like that i don't like it it's lame dude it's literally even in dumb and dumber and he's like flow yeah, anyways but um but yeah all right all this bullshit. one comes from gavin and he writes as a lifelong horror fan and a lifelong gay man, Hostel didn't strike me as homophobic at all. Indeed, I, indeed, I felt Derek Richardson's character Joss was pretty op- obviously meant as a gay man struggling with his sexual identity in the face of a relentlessly girl-crazy friend. He has broken up with the latest in the series of unsuccessful girlfriends. He doesn't bend down with the prostitutes in Amsterdam, but lies about it to his friends later. Doesn't seem interesting interested in the woman trying to pick him up in the nightclub and mostly telling of all apologizes to scary dutch guy for overreacting to the man's flirtatious on the train offers to buy him a drink and then pats him on the upper thigh i didn't find hostile remotely homophobic just the opposite actually and it's a great and it's great that filmmakers like roth are helping putting gay characters out there it's nice to have one readily visible for a change instead of having to read between the lines all the time did anyone else think that Chad Michael Murray and John Abrams' House of Wax characters seemed a little gay? Question mark. All right. I mean, again, I, it comes back to this, interpretation. This man. There's people that look at those characters and are just like, whatever. He's not. And then there's are like, yeah, he's, he's gay as hell. It's interpretation, yeah. man. <laughs> whatever. All right. Last one about this. Uh, this one comes from Jay from Romania, which is where the movie takes place, if I stand corrected, I think, right? 
I think it's uh, shot in Romania, but it takes place in what in uh, in hostel. Yeah. yeah. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, there was shots or there was, yeah, there was play. Cause remember I told the story about the yeah, wife had sure. actually been, yeah. yeah. So she, in Bratislava, I know at that they shot there and then a couple other places and stuff. Yeah. We're yeah. going to show like, so first for the record, I loved hostile. It provides a very modern spin on a familiar premise. And it's a huge kick to see Eli Ross take on Slovakia, where my brother lives with a wife as beautiful as, but sweeter than Natalia and Sophia. Atlanta. but i'm appalled by Ro- fuck you but i'm applauded by rob's reply to endo colo's letter coloro feels that the use of fag and gay as put downs in the film is so consistent and gratuitous as to be homophobic after the 5678th time it granted on my ears too it graded on my ears too but i took it as establishing the guy's characters over sex not overly bright jerks heading for a seriously karmatic payback rob's defensive rejection of the criticism shows me that i was wrong it's not characterization it's how raw things guys actually talk then it's amazingly roth declares it's interesting to note that this reader found no offense at burning a girl's face off with a blowtorch and then cutting her eye out but was seriously disturbed by the words gay and fag it's politically correct to do that though that's why does roth have so little understanding of his own films no horror fan would argue that the violence or the sexual content in the hostel is granted gratuitous it boggles the mind of someone sound it out buddy (laughs) (laughs) it boggles the mind that someone can make a bold movie like hostile that imply that its viewers are going to be offended by anything we should be offended not by unimaginative dialogue but by violence that is integral to the plot then again given the limited vocabulary of his characters i guess there's a chance that roth just doesn't know what the words great gratuitous yeah and integral mean so so here's another thing that they're harping on they're harping on the fact that eli roth said you were offended by this but you weren't offended by this he's not actually saying people should be offended by any of it he's just saying this is much more of a serious thing Thing to be a couple of words yeah so leave like you know what i mean well he's also implying that there's no intent by the the by the character saying gay and fag and stuff like that too right yeah yeah it's just he everybody's harping on like the fact that he said you know nobody's offended by the he's not saying that they should be he's just saying like you would think that a movie like this most of the hate would come from this stuff and not words. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is, this is, uh, that's it with the Eli Ross stuff. This comes from another letter that we wrote that we read. Uh, and I think it was, it may have been last issue or two, uh, dead miles ago about the guy who doesn't like torture movies. Um, Nicholas from Quebec, Canada. Oh, well, th- this is your problem right here. <laughs> I cannot help but to reply to readers Pete, who writes in Fangoria 251 that movies like Wolf Creek are torture movies where he's a fan of urban legend and child's play type movies. I hope Mr. Krug sees the irony of his last name given his pet peep. And while I don't want to rag on anybody's personal taste, saying you're a horror fan because you love slasher flicks is saying you're a rom- is like saying you're a romantic guy because you watch porn. Movies like <laughs> Wolf- <laughs> Oh, that was the greatest one ever. (laughs) I love it. Movies like Wolf Creek, Audition, and Hostel are too rare. 
Krug is right. There's a whole cross-section of horror fans who are in it for the gore, the cheap thrill, and the entertainment. And unfortunately, most studio horror flicks are made for them. Then there is the aficionado who likes to be disturbed, made uncomfortable, heck, horrified. You should not walk away from a horror film feeling happy, having had fun, and then not thinking about it. It has been over 10 years, and I still vividly remember my first viewing of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And it was not because I left it feeling upbeat. I was partly elated, yes, but because of the movie's unbelievable rawness and power. Cheap thrills are fine, but calling Wolf Creek a torture movie is missing the point. It's a horror flick in the purest sense of the word, and while it is, on the surface, just a slasher variation, its effect is a lot more potent than a hundred I-know-what-you-dids. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that, that the whole torture conversation was so big back then, but I think now people just don't give a fuck, and, and they like... A lot of people like those movies that make you feel like shit. Uh, I do as well. I like the ones that make me feel fun and happy when I leave too. But um, it's just, uh, I think people's tastes have sort of changed changed, and it's more accepted now yeah. than back then. Everybody was like tripping balls over it because it was like, but I do see the argument. It's like, well, how do you like a slasher film? Because it, the only reason you like it is because it disconnects from the reality because it's stupid, but people are still getting killed in, in gruesome ways. But in a, in a film like hostile, where he's like getting his Achilles tendon slashed before he's killed, it's too much for you because it's too real essentially is, is what, what the problem is. But I don't really see why you want everything to not be real. I'm, I'm a romantic, so I'm just going to stick with the porno. (laughs) I hear you. All right. This comes from John Barnes from Kansas City, Missouri. Regarding Pete's letter about Wolf Creek, what's more slasher than a torture film? How can you determine which film goes in the torture category? Okay, we have Wolf Creek, House of a Thousand Corpses, Last House on the Left. How about Reservoir Dogs, the air scene, Lethal Weapon, the electroshock scene, or Passion of the Christ? Just like the whole movie. (laughs) Just about all of Mel Gibson movies could be labeled as torture films. Krug states that he's a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though he doesn't see the appeal of watching some poor girl locked up in a basement crying and begging to be let out when some sadistic freak giggles madly as he makes small cuts on her with a knife. Sounds like Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me. Also, it only cost him six twenty-five for a movie ticket. I thought I was paying cheap prices for tickets that cost me eight fifty. Count yourself lucky. (laughs) Yeah, they should all count themselves lucky now. Yeah, those aren't necessarily torture movies. They have a scene in them it's a big difference Fuck. yeah you know what was really torturous for me when i was a kid was the meat hook scene in texas chainsaw like that because she didn't die right away you know and she's like hung on this damn meat hook in her back oh it's just horrifying yeah. you know it was torture for me watching et i hate that fucking movie fuck that shit <laughs> i've never seen it dude that is just bizarre <laughs> how it has is somebody never of, seen et okay going back to that you haven't seen this movie <laughs> it's but, uh it's actually i'll see it at some point before the end of the year because it is on my blind spot list that carly gave me yeah that's a weird one dude like i even you know most like five year old kids these days I don't have know, seen it just it. looks stupid i wasn't into stuff like that i think it's actually one of the most overrated popular movies of all time it's crazy <laughs> yeah. all right last up this comes from Brad DeBlanc from L.A., and he writes, 
Pete's letter laminates the difficulties horror fans face today as they are sometimes subjective to torture movies rather than slasher movies. Now, I don't want to come down on Krug as I understand where he's coming from. Personally, I like... Is it I Krug, like- dude? Are they, is it Krug? Because Krug just sounds weird. Because the guy made a reference to his name like, oh, your name is, you know, it, it, clearly it's a Freddy Krueger reference. But Thank you. I was thinking the same. I was saying. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, it's supposed to be Krug as in Krueger. <laughs> he keeps saying Krug and it's yeah. like getting on my nerves. Personally, I like torture movies, slasher movies, <laughs> monster movies, vampire movies, zombie movies, you name it. However, my wife cannot sit through a so-called torture movie. She enjoys pretty much every other type of horror film, but cannot handle someone tied up and tormented. Case in point, she almost walked out of House of a Thousand Corpses, but stayed for my sake. The point of my letter, while I've learned a technique which just as might help out Krug as well as any other like-minded fan. I read about the movie in Fango ahead of time. Additionally, I checked the reviews in my local newspaper. By that time, if you can't figure out whether it's a slasher movie or a torture movie, then you aren't paying enough attention. I've been quite successful at going to see torture movies with my torture movie friends and saving the vampire, slasher, zombie, and monster movies to see with my wife. Just a thought. This guy sounds like the coolest person in the world. He has torture movie friends. I love that. I just don't get how, like... Okay, if you watched a movie and you didn't torture care film for friends. it, it wasn't for you. Like, why? Why do you feel like you deserve your money back or something, dude? Like, just you did. It wasn't for you. You didn't like it. You took a chance on it and that's, it sucked. That's that's entitled white people that are writing Ugh, these letters. Entitled for white sure. people are the worst. That well, Jeremy. that's what it is. They're like, oh, that movie fucking sucked. I want my like, really, dude? You made the effort. Or you made the conscious decision to go to the theater. There's no that's give a me risk backs. you take, man. Sometimes it sucks. It is, man. You yeah. you know you went there, you paid your you money. Watch, it is like Bye Bye Man and Slash and, and you know what it is, Slender Man. And- no, it's Hold like on. going to the grocery store and buying fruit. It's always a fucking gamble, right? You get All some right. bad shit, you get some good shit. Who the fuck is returning the bad fruit? Entitled fucking rich people. Like, if you go to a restaurant and you don't be one of those people who gets a, a, a sandwich or something and you're like, I, I would like my money back. And they're like, why? What's wrong with it? Is there a fly on it or something? And you're like, no, I just didn't like it. It's <laughs> yeah, like, right. Uh, okay. But, you know, that's the risk you take when you well, get something you haven't had before. Where are the menu? You might not say, like it. <laughs> if you don't like your food, you can you can uh, qualify for, um, you know, a refund. Yeah. Right. Right. Never. Never. It yeah, doesn't it happen. Just... Shut up. Crazy. All right. And these are the, the this is the last thing with this week's issue. The 15th annual Chainsaw Award winners. All right. Um, biggest in terms of budget or box office. So this would be what year? 2005. 2005. Okay. So the, these will most likely be films that we will see for the 2005 show. I actually yep. reviewed a 2005 film today. And yeah, it's really fun. All right. So best wide release film goes to The Devil's Rejects. Uh, the Devil's Rejects was embraced by fans as Rob Zombie's Road Shocker drove into the top spot, shambling into second where George A. Romero's Land of the Dead Zombies. Hmm. All right, so best limited release slash direct-to-video film. Who says remakes have to suck? <laughs> you guys are going to die. Toby Hooper's hammered out a victory for his toolbox murders redux. That came out in 05. No, the silver war sucks. <clears throat> the silver war spooker dead birds flew in not far behind. Dead birds is good. Yeah. Dead birds actually doesn't count for 2005 for us. I think it was a 2006 release. That was yeah, a, um, gonna be a lot of those. Yeah, no, I think that was uh, film festival shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that would that would count for us then. Well, it, I mean, the the date that it says on IMDb is 2006, I believe. So. Okay. Best actor after taking best supporting actor two years ago for House of a Thousand Corpses, Sid Haig moves up to the leading man honors for reprising Captain Spaulding and Devil's Rejects. Hot on his heels with zombies killing John Legamazamo from Land of the Dead. Sid Haig was not the main actor in The Devil's Rejects. I'm sorry. That's funny. He was supporting actor in that movie. Who was the main? Otis? Bill Mosley, yeah. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, I, I mean, they, I mean, the three of them kind of are the three leads, aren't they, really? Yeah. yeah. I think the screen time... Sid Haig definitely gets the last because he's not with them at the yeah for the hotel first like, for thirty minutes yeah for like the first yeah. thirty minutes or something yeah. All right, best actress. The high tension is over. Cecile de France claims this crown for her bloody good performance. Angela Bettis screams her way to second place for Toolbox Murders. <laughs> huh? People really like Toolbox Murders. Huh? You're right, Moods. It's 2004. Oh, 2004 uh, for okay. Dead Birds. So That's that right. that makes sense. Best Supporting Actor, there was some Justice for Devil's Rejects, Trouble Lawman, William Forsythe, who collared this prize. The Ultimate Criminal Jigsaw, a.k.a. Saul 2's Tobin Bell, was the runner-up. How the hell he are you is saying... really good as Jigsaw. How the hell are you saying Tobin Bell's a supporting actor? Uh, he's guess. definitely not the lead I, in that I think film. it's because he's not the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he literally is laying on the ground the entire movie while these two characters Saw would... Saw 2? Oh, in Saw 2. Well, Saw 2, he's sitting in a room talking to somebody while another story's going on. So yeah, he's definitely not the lead in Saw 2. Yeah, I guess that, or any I guess that. that would be so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't right. think he's the lead. Hm. You don't... Wait, you don't think Sid yeah, Hayes is a lead? I understand. But you think Owen Bell okay. is the lead? No. I'm yeah. just being retarded. <laughs> Speaking of it, best supporting actress rejects Leslie Easterbrook ditches fine taking over for corpses. Karen Black now they both have chainsaws for portraying Mother Firefly. Placing a very close second was Jennifer Carpenter's possession possessed turn in The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I'm curious to revisit that one. I actually I've never really cared for it. Yeah, you know what? I I said the same thing actually. I'd watched it years ago when it around the time it came out and revisited it for the summer series and quite enjoyed it. It's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Best screenplay, a dead heat between zombie and zombies. And it would rob zombies chronicled the rejects narrowly besting Romero's land of the dead work. Just besting it. Makes that sense. seems, that seems weird. Yeah. Best score. We started to notice a trend here. Tyler Bates music for maniacs added another trophy to rejects mantle. Angelo, but bad the dentes, dark water melodies soaked up enough enthusiasm to come in second. Hmm. Best makeup, creature effects, the ghoul really took over as Greg Nicarito and Howard. Greg's the dead creations notched more votes than all the other nominees combined. You're you're messing up like popular horror names. Now. <laughs> that was awesome, <laughs> Nicarito. <laughs> Does that come in a can? Worst film. It was all dark clouds for the fog. As the <laughs> definitely yo. as the <laughs> remake took this dishonor that was the silver lining for Uwe Balls, who's alone in the dark, only landed in the place position. Hmm. 
I don't think I'm even watching that. I'm not. I'm not. All right, and last up, um, Fangoria's Hall of Fame. It's about time we say the KNB EFX boys finally joined their many directorial employees in this in this hall among those filmmakers is Eli Roth voted in this year after just two features. Congratulations to all the winners. All right. That's it. So a lot of devil's rejects. And yeah, pretty much all devil's rejects on that. That doesn't surprise me one bit. And uh, that's it for dead mail. All righty. Yeah. Dead mail. <laughs> And now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, playa. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. All right, so moving into the featured reviews here on episode 193, and this is a Patreon pick coming from... Oh, fuck. I don't even know. Dude, we are so bad at this. I always remember (laughs) right when I'm introducing the films, and I'm like... I actually don't think it was even on the page, to be honest. But it was so long ago. It was a long time ago. It was definitely ago. not a regular. I don't think. I don't think it was like one of the regular guys. Yeah. But anyways, whoever picked this has a sense of humor, because they kind of yep. got the joke. So we are doing Carrie now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so shout goes out to the Patreon who picked uh, the Carrie franchise. Um, all right, so we're gonna start here with the original 1976, directed by Brian De Palma, of course. Based. Oh, on... I think it was Johnny. Johnny. Okay. Uh, based on the Stephen King novel or novel, and it is of course called Carrie. Yep. This is the famous novel that Stephen King threw in the garbage. Yep. And his wife dug it out. And yep. look how many look how many ripoffs it spawned. Like, what was he thinking? <laughs> right right well think about it we might not have got stephen king if this story didn't do so well it is kind of true it did kind of set the the stage for himself you know right because this was this was like the first major publication like success that he had yeah that's right because he wrote a bunch of stuff that i think he released after carrie became popular and stuff but yeah this was the the breakout material for stephen king for sure yeah uh synopsis carrie white A shy, friendless teenage girl who is sheltered from her domineering religious mother unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated, apparently I can't talk either, by her classmates at her senior prom. The ultimate male gaze film. I don't think it was necessary to really give the synopsis because I'm pretty sure everybody knows the synopsis of Carrie and has probably seen it also. So in that case, uh, there'll probably be spoilers, but I'll put up the... The spoiler intro before this because I'm sure that people have seen this. The fuck hasn't seen Carrie. I know it's not very often you come across something. I haven't seen Friday the 13th. I haven't seen Carrie. I have seen Friday the 13th. Franchise. Yeah. (laughs) Is is part seven the one with the fake uh, Jason killer? (laughs) Just wondering. 
by the way. Which you've probably not seen either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I actually thought the other day that he hadn't even seen all the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street ones. That's crazy. Yeah, I thought so too. But shocked me with that. So have you seen them all, Jeremy? All the Elm Streets? Yeah, a long time ago though. Yeah, you're probably due for some rewatches on those babies. Probably. You're gonna love part two. It's really gay. It was on my top ten list, dickhead. <laughs> oh, that right, that's right. It actually did make your top ten. That's funny. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um Carrie, nineteen seventy six, directed by the legendary Brian De Palma. Thoughts on the movie? The ultimate male gaze movie is Carrie. Uh, was you think so? so I, dude, I don't buy the male gaze as a concept okay, no, I want, as I want much you, as it's used. I, I want to. I want Jeremy to explain the male. Well, gaze at least and the Carrie. opening sequence. Uh, at least the opening sequence. I think is probably the most uh, well known. I mean, maybe not well known, but most popular example of the male gaze in in horror history, in my opinion. That and probably Psycho. Shower scene, psycho. I think those two scenes probably are the other like two scenes. Like the shower scene, are we talking about here? Yeah, the shower scene, the beginning of Carrie, and the shower scene in Psycho are probably the two, in my opinion, the two most iconic uh, depictions of the male gaze concept. Which is, if you don't know that, uh, the the perception of the camera is in the few is in the eyes of a male. Uh, a male mindset so it's just kind of strange though i mean i get the whole mindset with the with that scene but it takes place in a woman's locker room where yeah but theoretically running around and the camera goes slow and when carrie's washing herself it's all slow motion and it's close up and she's washing herself with the soap and it's in slow-mo and it's in a very sexual way and and everything okay i get it i I get it the scene is designed to illustrate the and the you're in a way you're kind of right because it is designed to illustrate the women the woman's body but it's also to indicate puberty which is what we're about to see with Carrie and uh to show all the other girls in in their puberty forms they have already went through it you know and then sure. Carrie who is about to uh it's sort of, of to set the tone for her yeah uh, but that's that's woman. The, that's 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 on the outside. I'm just, of course, there's more to it than what I'm saying. But that's just the 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 one theory, in my opinion, about what I always I feel like a lot of the male sexually. gaze. Well, that's that's what the, my problem is. That's why I wanted Jeremy to explain the male gaze because I feel Summer like I feel like if you use it that's as a male gaze sure. type of scene and stuff. But I mean, to me, that 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 scene is not sexualized at all. Even though there is a lot of nudity in that locker room and stuff, and with Carrie and stuff, like I mean, it's not meant to be sexualized at all. Unless you I get off on period blood. Herself, I think when she's washing herself, it's very sexualized. I think it's intimate. And see, I think I, there's a difference between I don't think sexualization it's a, and intimate. See, I mean, given Carrie's history and stuff, she's very sheltered. Like, I mean, it's not like she's washing her vagina as in like, oh, you know, it feels fucking great. And she, I don't know. I just I never perceived it like that at all. I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's just a moment in her life and which, you know, is always brought, which actually kind of leads into my first critique I've, I've always had about this movie because I've always been confused by this. I really don't understand the How whole, she has boobs. Well, I mean, of course, I mean, I think, I think girls start yeah. to get a little bit of booze before they get their periods. I'm not an expert on female anatomies and periods and when they develop their breasts and shit. But anyways, my first thing I've always thought about this movie 
is the fact that Carrie's like 17, 18 years old in this movie and she's just getting her period. Right. Um, I never understood because I actually looked into this a few years ago because I was always confused by this. I always wanted to know, you know, what are the general ages when girls get their periods and stuff? And, you know, it can happen as early as eight or nine, but most girls have it by the time they're 13, 14. And anything after is kind of a late bloomer. But 17, 18 is like under 1% of people. I'm like, what are the chances? You know what's crazy about that? Yeah. Is I have a cousin who that happened to. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm not, of course, I'm not saying it doesn't because I actually found the facts and it does actually happen. It's just so rare. And right. I always, I always but, wondered but like, Carrie is rare. Yeah. So is telekinesis. Well, of course. And that's where you can kind of explain it away. But at the same time, you can't explain it away because it really, the, 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 the contrast between her powers and being telekinetic and stuff in her puberty, I don't see the correlation behind beside, you know, unless it's just it, that she's special. That's what it just, the means, only she, way she's special. The only way I can kind of explain it away is that she was so sheltered in her life that she didn't have a chance to actually grow mentally and physically, right? Mm. Her mom sheltered her so much that her body wasn't allowed to do this. And, you know, going back to the whole thing with women and periods and stuff, if you know anything about, you know, a bunch of women working together, if they work together and they're around each other enough, their cycles become in correlation with each other, which is dreadful for any male that enters that situation. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, but being sheltered and being away from this, from, you know, having no friends and not being around, you know, she just never had a chance to kind of blossom with, you know, what she would have with friends and stuff. So, I mean, there's ways to kind of explain it. I've been trying to plug up my period for about eight years now. So, (laughs) I I think that who thought it took that long to find some tampons. Right. Kind of ironic ironic a little uh, bit. I think that also, you know, the whole telekinesis, obviously telekinesis isn't real, right? But in the, it's fan, it's Which is fiction. interesting you mentioned yes, that because the, the study of telekinesis is actually a real thing. Like there right, is literally scientists that study this shit. I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's any known proven cases of actual telekinetic people and, and shit like that. Who fucking knows? Obviously it's a rare thing and I don't know who's paying for these studies because it seems ridiculous to me. I don't honestly believe in telekinesis one. Me neither. But, um, but so but i think in this film uh i don't think that she got her period and then got telekinetic powers i think that she always had no well, no I, she I definitely she, she always had them, she yeah. always had okay. them. she was born with them yeah. um but i think there's might be some validity to uh them growing stronger after their she became a, a woman puberty. I mean, well, you get strong in general, well, right? It, it does become though. stronger after puberty. That's in actually, general. I think that Carrie has the powers and she knows that she has some weird ability. She has no idea what she has, but obviously mm-hmm. having a very stressful uh, moment in your life where you're being bullied to the point of like causing yourself to be, you know, overreact and, you know, get angry and stuff. Those emotions running that high and stuff, I think brought out, those that right. that power in her and that it's that's when she definitely realized. attached to emotional response it is definitely an emotional response i mean i mean it's it's very tragic in her mind because you know she's already dealing with her overpowering mother and stuff and the last thing in the world you need emotionally is your peers to fucking ridicule you and literally embarrass you uh, and, and and it just makes sense. I mean, I actually kind of, I really like the narrative a lot. It actually makes a lot of sense that you would have this anger, and and her anger is that power that comes out of her kind of. Thing, and right? it's also repressed heavily, right? Oh, it, of with course. her mother, it's repressed. Uh, she's probably repressed sexually. She's oh, repressed. Yeah, I think her mother's she's completely she says, repressed. I should have I should have let him put him put it in me. Right. Know, well, the mother is every... definitely repressed yeah. too. Well, the mother's yeah. uh, the mother the whole carry the whole 
conception of Carrie is, is a very is an odd thing because the mother says, yeah, um, I shouldn't have let him put it in me. But she says let. And they do hint at the fact that she was technically raped. Right. So when she says let. Well, she was raped. It's a weird at one point. You know what I mean? So, yeah, she, but she says let. And I, I guess she feels kind of guilty in that aspect, I guess. You know, I should have, you know, fought it off a little bit harder, you know, and I shit like that. It might have been premarital, honestly. Well, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was, Yeah. But the time he, where she talks about him coming home and she smelled like whiskey, I don't know if that was after Carrie was born or before Carrie was born or that was the conception there. That was the conception. The, the, the idea is that he was he was drunk and basically raped Carrie's mother. Well, see. I, I think that not so because I think that she's definitely had sex more than one time uh, because I think when she oh, says let him put one. it in. Well, based I think a lot of evidence, though, because she says I shouldn't have let him put it in. That well, that, that's why that, that's why I've always wondered, because I think that she's referring to the time that she would like. I don't know, man. I always took it as like because she says something along the lines of like after that time, we didn't do do it again. And then one night he came home smelling like whiskey and he you know pushed himself on top of me or whatever and then she says that i, I liked it and stuff you know what i mean uh-huh. so See, i, think I that always that interpreted means... that was the time that she was conceived on on the you know quote unquote uh rate she she might have been conceived there but i think that yeah. she definitely had sex with him before that too when well you know... that's why i interpreted that you know that's why the rape happened because i'm i'm assuming that she had sex and she knew it was a sin because premarital sex when you're religious like that is not a good thing. I think that's what leads to the conception and the, in the, the rape scene uh, that conceives carries because she, her mother had obviously let this guy know that, Hey man, like we're not cool doing this shit, man. It's, it's very sinful and stuff. And, and it, it kind of leads into why Carrie, like she even talks about how she should have killed her at birth and stuff like that because she was, she was sin. She was a fucking sin because she was, mm-hmm. she was conceived out of wedlock. She was conceived I, by an evil man that raped her and she didn't want this and stuff. And then she should have conceived her. And then, which leads in kind of the end thing where, you know, she literally talks about that. And then she has her thing with Carrie and stuff. Like I should have got rid of you and like you were evil and that's why she blames, you know, uh, the father and stuff. And, you know, I, the I powers that, on uh, Carrie's powers being part of that evil conception. Right. I think that also that we're dealing with somebody who's extra religious. So I don't think that even I think even if they were in wedlock, she would still see it as lustful and sinning, too, because in my mind, I assume that her husband and her are married at one point. And Maybe if it together. wasn't a rape, though. Maybe if it wasn't a rape, she might have considered it to be a little bit different. But I think the whole the whole idea here. No, I think because she just... liked it, her lustful thoughts that she was trying to repress, she's saying that she liked it. Okay. I think that's why she thinks it's a sin. Um, it should be for only conception, not for the flesh. Okay, but I'm, I'm also talking about the resentment that she has for Carrie too, because the way she was conceived, and she believes that Carrie's powers are re- the direct result of that evilness, that how she was conceived and stuff. Right? That's why. Right. She, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, yeah. she was into that. She was it, engulfing herself in the sin, yeah, which means sure. that the the sin would uh, create Carrie too, and she would therefore be. Uh, born of sin and this is the Um, reason why she the reason why she treats her the way she does too like she you know she keeps her away from everybody and stuff because she truly believes that carrie is evil even before the powers even really come out and then think think about um 
Terry's mom's point of view right here, right? If mm-hmm. you believe that stuff and then you see your daughter eliciting some sort of powers, I might think that that shit is evil too. Right, right. <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean? Martin but, I mean, White isn't 100% uh, wrong in that thinking, I guess. <laughs> you know, that's the religious aspect of it too, though, man. You know, like when you the believe one. The religious aspect is so important in this movie. And I is. think if you strip it away, this movie is kind of basic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this well, repressed re- religious thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's basic. Honestly, basic. I'm I, saying it, it, I, I mean, it is pretty basic. I, I see it first. I see it firsthand all the time. You know, like I'm, I'm married to, you know, somebody that grew up in a very religious family. My father-in-law is a pastor and things like that. And, you know, so I see a lot of this stuff and they obviously don't act like Carrie's mom. They're not this fucking insane, but they're very religious, but, but it's, it's crazy. Like how people like it's religious fanatics, man, that do shit like this. Like they just take it that one step further. Like, you know, she's evil. And then like it totally makes sense in the narrative and things, but you know, kind of going into the, you know, the power thing and stuff. I, that that's actually one of the flaws of this movie. I wish that they had have explained a little bit, you know, I mean, it would have been hard to do it in this narrative, but to give you a general idea without being so ambiguous about, you know, where Carrie's powers actually stem from, because it's hinted that, you know, she, just because the, the way she was though. born and it was past another one. The, that's a sequel. That's that, the, that has thing. nothing to do with so, this in, in this core story. But they, see, really, they all, they all blend together. You yeah. Know? So this one, they don't <laughs> actually go into it, but you can just kind of, you know, just by dialogue and you can kind of yeah. maybe kind of piece things together and be like, oh, okay, well maybe it was passed down from her father. That was cause I, maybe I, the way she was born and things like that but it never tells you she just has these fucking powers you know like it's- I, I think i know why though um I, and i don't know if they go into it in the book i haven't read i, I don't I know have if i read carrie, carrie actually i read carrie years and years ago and i, I honestly don't remember an explanation me, for her powers and, and i'm not saying there needs to be a power i would have yeah, just been like, nice. at the end of the day does it matter why she no, has no. power it, it doesn't matter necessarily but no, i get where moves is coming from yeah. Yeah. but what the way that i always took it was you have this incredibly special girl who's under special circumstances she yeah. lives with her, this overly religious mother she is bullied horrendously uh, she is shy. Yeah. She she wants to fit in. She has nothing to do but spend time with herself and praying in a closet. Uh, and she has and no father whenever figure you either. Think of telekinesis and in the traditional sense of it, it's a muscle and you can flex it and learn to use it. So I think that all the time she spends with herself, on top of being a very special situation, you know, not getting her period till really late in life, and mm-hmm. it just being sort of a, that's the a, oppression, man. Right. The oppression and all that combined makes it makes sense to me that it's mm-hmm. it's like a uh, it's like a perfect storm of events for this young girl if telekinesis is real and it's a muscle and you can flex it and and use it. So what you're uh, saying here? So what you're saying is that Carrie is the ultimate bodybuilder. You flex that muscle and you can fucking right. just fuck shit up right that's cool well it makes sense too though that she spends there's no TV there's nothing you know she's just. Uh, in a closet essentially or in her room yeah. uh, with nothing but herself. And that's why she so desperately uh, wants to actually have a fit in. And I think that's also with the, uh, the, the beginning film is supposed to illustrate all these girls having fun and laughing and, and loving their high school life and, and walking freely naked in the locker room and stuff like that. I think it's also supposed to set that scene up where you think the, these girls, it's it's it almost looks like fantasy right it's like a fantasy moment of these 
just youthfulness and, and great times. Uh, and Carrie wants that. Like she, she wants to be part of that desperately. Well, it's, it's, it's just human nature, man. You, you see things that, you know, other people are having and, you know, in their lives and stuff, they have friends, you know, they're having a good time and stuff. Of course, you're going to see that and you want that shit, man, for sure. Right. Because she knows that she's just when not you're allowed, so vulnerable, but you're not allowed I mean, to have it though. Like anything, like it's just human nature, like things that you're not allowed to have, you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And her mom it's doesn't allow her movie. to do this. Yeah, because there are parents who won't let, you know, and that's why a lot of girls rebel, young girls or or young boys rebel from their parents too. Mm -hmm. overbearing parents. It it is really true to life movie. It's human nature and stuff. The bullying, the wanting to fit in the overbearing parents, like all of this exists and, and is very relatable. And I think that's why a lot of people love Carrie, no matter, uh, what type of thing you have. Uh, whether it's the overbearing parents or the not fitting in uh, or, you know, the, the being weird, like there there's vulnerabilities that everybody kind of has growing up, especially when you're finding out who you are. That's so relatable with Carrie. Oh, of course. I mean, we've all been to high school. We've seen all this type of shit firsthand. So of course you see the story. It's relatable, except for the telekinetic powers and shit. I never saw that. I don't know what you guys, but No, I, I honestly, I never saw it. I never seen anybody with some telekinetic powers, I'm just but <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm always being sarcastic, but, uh, yeah. you know, but uh, I mean, I meant for everything else, you know, like the overpowering parents, like I grew up in a house where it was rough. It was really, really mm-hmm. fucking rough. Like I had, I don't even want to get into it, but I mean, I was, I had a rough childhood and, but you know, and I, I wasn't I'm sure bull- they weren't a big fan of that hip hop. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, um, but you know, hippity hop to the hippity hippity hop. <laughs> you know what I am saying? But you can, really, but everybody that's been to high school, has seen somebody get bullied. You may have been bullied yourself. I was personally never bullied like that, but I've Me seen neither. people. So you, we, we've seen all these elements. It's very relatable mm-hmm. and stuff. So when you watch a movie like Carrie, you're like, yeah, man, that fucking makes sense because, yeah. you know, I can just imagine these people that were being bullied, the anger that they felt and, and then the thoughts that went through their mind. I mean, I'm sure. And I mean, look at today's reality, man. We have so many school shootings because the kids yeah, are being bullied and stuff shootings. and this is what they do they they obviously can't exercise school shooting in the end yeah well th- yeah. that's that's the thing they can't exercise you know um their telekinetic powers because it, they don't fucking exist so they use guns right yeah. so i mean it's the same contrast in reality and it, of course we can all relate to it so yeah you're right that's why people that's love an Carrie. interesting that's an interesting point about the school shooting thing yeah I it's mean, interesting to think about when you really think about it Let's not let's mm-hmm. not reach too much of a crowd there, or else they're going to ban Carrie. Yeah, right. So hopefully this stays on the low t- on the low and then key they'll be here. Like, Please unban right. Carrie. All of a sudden, this twenty two <laughs> shots episode goes fucking viral, and it's like twenty two shots got Carrie banned because they related it to school shootings. It's all because Fuck. Dave isn't there. Right. Dave was there, it wouldn't be banned. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you you said you had a question, Jeremy. No. Uh, I thought you said a while back and didn't get to ever ask it. Uh, so yeah, moods. I mean, what what else about? I mean, we kind of discussed the the. You, you know, is one thing about this franchise that I've I personally found <laughs> insanely comical because I mean, oh, let's face it, like this movie to the two thousand two thousand two is just structured differently. Um, mm-hmm. Two thousand thirteen is is generally true to the original film. It's kind yeah, of a no, it's it's kind of a very pointless remake in in theory because it's just a fucking remake. But one thing that they did no, e- that's not true. It has some 
it has some things at the time that I have a lot of problems with. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, it's it's very much, you know, kind of yeah. verbatim mm-hmm. to the original film for the most part, you know. But anyways, even in the Rage Carry 2, I mean, there's one comical thing that they do in all these films is the principal manages to fuck her first and last name up all the time in these movies. I, I can't stop <laughs> not, laughing not at it. Not in the remake. Not in the 2013. He yes, doesn't does do he it. Not? Yes, they oh. do. Yes, he does. He does. At first, he calls her fucking, I think he says Cassie. And then she corrects him and says, no, it's Carrie. But then he doesn't yeah. keep doing it. He doesn't keep doing it like the other right. principals. In this film, I swear the dumbest person in this entire film is the fucking principal because he literally says it like fucking five times. It's so stupid. <laughs> he does in the 13, though. He definitely does it because it made me laugh. I was like, you got to right. be kidding me. That's funny because like, it, but, but again, it leads to the point of where you feel like nobody cares if you're even alive. Well, there's a lot Not to be said. Not even enough to there, remember your name. Exactly. That's the whole point of why he keeps fucking up her name and stuff is because who's Carrie? Right. It's it's just right. adding to it. Like she's literally there every day. But even the principal doesn't know who she is. You know? Now, I have a question. Do you think Tommy's a good person? Yeah, I think Tommy is a good person. He's legitimate and. And honestly, they didn't really change the Tommy but character do you think throughout he all the movies. If it wasn't for Sue forcing him to do it, Mm-mm. yeah, I think because in, no. in his heart he cares once he's doing it, right? Like you see that he's genuinely trying to show Carrie a good time. Not for not not he could have took her on the date and just that been it. He's see, genuinely trying to show her. You see, Tommy's not time. only caring about the situation in Carrie, but he's caring about uh, Sue's feelings too, right? Because Sue realizes yeah. that she fucked up and she did a dumb shit and she didn't want to do that anymore so sue's idea was to you know make it better and mm-hmm. you know he he's going along with the plan because he feels like what she's doing is the right thing and he legitimately yeah. does want to you know he didn't know about the plan you know it, it like his oh, reaction yeah, is it, that yeah and that's one thing about the tommy character throughout this franchise like come <laughs> come in the fucking o2 and, and 13 remakes like what happens to tommy how do you die from getting hit in the head with a bucket i don't get it they did it in both those and i'm like what the fuck like in the original film he gets knocked out and then he eventually fucking perishes some in some yeah, other in way fire. in the fire in but the like fire. <laughs> he fucking dies from a bucket and it's funny that they changed that in o2 that's fine whatever he dies but then they did it in the 13 too i'm like nobody is dying from a fucking bucket in the head like that's what i do like the changes from I like that how they made him wear a white suit in the later films. I think in this in the original he wears a blue suit. I think the contrast with the red and the white suit just—I just thought it was a cool. It's a cool image. Well, you got to remember though too. I mean, those powder yeah. blue kind of suits and shit in the seventies. Without <laughs> that's some fucking dumb and dumber shit to a T, man. Like, yeah. That was classic <laughs> material, man. Classic, classic shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. You know, I mean, Carrie, Carrie overall, okay, one major problem, and I think, I think I've mentioned this before about Carrie, I mean, I don't really have a lot of problems with the film, I think it's a really well-made film, and I think it's, you know, it's just not your favorite, it's just not a story that I personally love, you know, it's one of my, honestly, there's so many Stephen King stories I like better, but, um, the, the one thing about the film that kind of drives me a little bit nuts is, um, I completely, I completely just lost my train of thought. Is it the editing? Oh shit. Now I know where I was going with that. So the one thing about this movie that really kind of, it's always kind of throwing me for a loop is the fact that the one person that is truly trying to help Carrie ends up fucking dying in this movie. 
Yeah. And I think it's kind of mean spirited that they let this. I, I can't remember if it happens in the book. Because, but no, nope, it doesn't happen. It, the only one that doesn't happen is the 2013 film. Because that movie, there are a bunch of fucking pussies. And we'll get into that Wait, later. Which which person? The the coach. The teacher. The teacher. Oh, yeah. I so mean, but it, Sue, is Sue not trying to genuinely help her? Yeah, well, Sue's different, though. I'm talking about the teacher. Like, she was like, you she know. She kills the teacher She went purpose. to bat for her, you know, in the school. And she's the one that, you mm-hmm. know, caused all this, you know, did the whole. Yeah, but you, know, you have to look at it from Carrie's perspective, especially in the 76 version. She doesn't. She just sees the jokes on her. She doesn't know who. We, we as an audience know who was involved. But she just believes that her mother was right. And the joke's on her. And everybody's laughing at her. And. She doesn't know who was involved, who wasn't involved. For Tommy, could have been involved. That's why in the 2013 version, I hate that Carrie reaches down to Tommy to like, like, to see if he's okay because she doesn't know in this one if he was involved or not. She just thinks the world is after her in that moment. Well, I think she's actually under the impression that he could be possibly because of who he hung out with and things like that. But exactly, I just she feel I just going in. I just feel like there's a moment in the film, you know, at the prom before the the you know the shit goes down and the teacher's telling her and she sits down and talks to her and has like this genuine conversation with her. But I get it though. I think that um, that Carrie's kind of supposed to be in a trance and like once this happens, the power takes over and she's not Carrie anymore. Mm-hmm. She's she's more or less you know this you know this telekinetic powerless you know brainless carry like it's she's a totally different person and but i get that and shit but it, it, i just always found it kind of mean-spirited that the teacher dies of all people because she was genuine and she was the one that punished these people and like for what they did to carry and shit she went to bat for her hardcore you know with the principal and fucking all these people and shit and had these genuine conversations stuff i always felt like you know, they probably could have saved. I always yeah. felt bad for him. Just like, that's so crazy that she fucking dies, you know, but you know, it is what it is. But I mean, if you look at it from the aspect that she literally is in um, a telekinetic trance, it's taken over her mind because and she, she can't control it. I, the way I got it, that she doesn't remember what is happening when she's doing it. Or maybe that's the remake that she doesn't, or 2002. That it doesn't, she doesn't go into it this much. It is definitely yeah. in the remake one where she wakes up when she goes to the bathtub and then she's like, mm-hmm. mom, what, what happened? Like, I don't like, yeah. I, she's literally in a fucking yeah. trance. Like they actually totally yeah, show you I that. I think she, in this one, she, she kind of loses control, but she still knows what's happening. No, no. She uh-huh. knows what's happening for sure. For sure. That's why I always thought it was a little bit more mean spirited. I mean, it makes sense. And you know, in O2 or whatever, but, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I always felt like that was just kind of a, an odd step to do and kind of just interesting, you know, to have somebody die like that in a film, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I think it's, you know, just speaks to the tragedy of it all. Kind of just like it, it just, uh, Jamie Sammons actually just recently watched this film. Um, she said they're doing a Halloween is King this year. They do a theme every October and, uh, all Stephen King movies, all, 31 days and she posted something that i wanted to read here just because i i thought it really kind of encapsulated the emotions i feel when watching carrie but to a lesser extreme but she said uh i've seen this film a lot i love it but this time i really focused on how happy carrie was to be at the prom and how sweet tommy was being to her i got really sad thinking about how this night would have changed her life for the better if chris hadn't interfered carrie desperately wanted to be liked by everyone to fit in and she was everything was perfect then by the time it came to the dancing scene tears were streaming 
uh, I was heartbroken knowing the out- I was heartbroken knowing the outcome. I've never had that reaction before, but this was my favorite viewing of the movie. And I think that that's something that I never really focus on, but it's so true. Like this moment, had this not happened with the blood, this could have completely changed Carrie's life. Well, it would have changed it. They're alluding to the fact that this is going to change your life. Right. Because you right. can even see it the way Carrie's talking to her mom and stuff. She's like, when, when the mom comes up to her and says, oh, you know, I can see your dirty pillows or whatever she says to her. But she reacts to it <laughs> like, mom, they're called breasts. You know, like she's right. becoming she's a person. She's, she's, she's facing her mother and she's becoming this person. And, you know, if that pig's blood hadn't a fucking splatter on the head and all that shit went down, she could have been in the pot. Like, I think the whole world would have changed for sure. You get that emotion. I, I completely right. understand. I've thought of it. She would have yeah. got away from her mother. She would have had a successful, uh, you know, happy life. And she would have grown, grown confidence and, and been a little bit more okay with herself. I mean, it, it really speaks to how traumatic events can really screw you up forever. You know, you know oh, yeah, I, that's, I've thought of this, you know, I've done, I think I've done this like this before, but you know, when you think of like horror movie villains and shit, like one character that's never really brought up in these, you know, the worst villains of all time, you know, um, it's gotta be Nancy. It's gotta be Nancy Allen, man. Like she's one of the worst dude. Like that. that Chris. Yeah. That's Chris. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy. Like Nancy Allen's a fucking bitch in this movie, man. Like she's, I love Nancy Allen, but Oh my God, dude, she plays the shit to a T man. But like as a villain, Dude, she ruined like not only Carrie's life and I mean everybody's chance, life in this everybody family. like how many people uh-huh. fucking die like it's there's so much fucking carnage from this shit that she pulled it's nuts but she's yes. just a bitch man just a but fucking isn't that bitch. life one person's mistake affects you know yeah man yeah, and, and, and honestly like you've heard stuff like th- this before hell I've seen stuff like this before where where people bully uh, girls bad you know what i mean and mm-hmm. <laughs> dumping a, a bear, bucket of pig's blood on somebody is not that far-fetched you know what i mean it's yeah it's there's there's been some weird i've w- watched this one true crime thing fairly recently where these girls literally were so pissed at the one friend for for stealing a, a, a boyfriend or something they took her out into the woods and killed her it like <laughs> 15 years old yeah yeah it's It's insane uh but i think that you know carrie is such a sympathetic character right like one one of the all-time greats in horror sissy spacex performance is is great as carrie oh she's perfect she looks the Um, part too man she just she looks the part she because she's not ugly but she looks off like she's she's not like the 2013 remake which is this shit casting it's terrible casting and yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that um so yeah i mean she's but but again and we will get to that but i think and i have something to say about that too why yeah okay but i have a couple things on it too basic it isn't actually casting casted perfect for carrie in terms of a adaptation because carrie was much more overweight and ugly in the book mm-hmm. described described as ugly um but sissy spacek looks pretty but off right like and and it helps well, that she, i think the i think the adjective would be unique she has a unique look to her right right i don't mean that in a bad thing at all like she just definitely has a unique look i've never thought sissy spacek was that terrible looking at all it's how you make her i mean look at angela bettis in the remake in the tv remake 
Yeah. Angela Bettis is actually not that bad looking, but man, they make her look like she fucking died and got hit by a rig. Like she looks terrible in that movie, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's makeup, man. Well, got my no coworker makeup on. just texted me and said that she's stuck in the elevator and, and <laughs> oh, freaking dude, out. I, I got stuck in an elevator one time too. The fucking power went out and I was like, oh my, all you think is I'm going to die in here. I'm I got stuck in one. Not even claustrophobic, but the power went out, dude. Like the emergency lights came on and I was like, fuck. Oh my God. God. She's talking to 911. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> she's um, only been there 10 minutes. Um, I, don't, I don't know what else. Does anybody have any anything else? Uh, I honestly could talk a lot more about this film just oh, because th- it, say what you it need is. To. I mean, there's lots of things that are like from the times in this film too, like you know, like Nancy Allen's character, Chris, man, she takes a lot of facial punishment in this movie. She gets beat around a lot. Shit, you just don't see that in later adaptations, oh, yeah, right? That, that, that slap. Cap, like that, the slapping around and just shit like yep. that, right? It's product of the 70s. Like, it was just so much more acceptable to smack your bitch up, you know? It's like, I can't even believe there was a time where it's like, you smack your bitch up? Yeah, I smack my bitch up, whatever. Like, people are just like, yeah, man, I do it all the time. Wife gets out of line. But she fucking overcooked my like, pee. teachers, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I heard stories from my oh, dude, totally. know, grandparents of them getting, like, rollers smacked on their hands and stuff like that oh big time like, that would never fly today like, like even when i was a kid a teacher threw like a desk at me it didn't hit me but you know and, and like that would never happen now. well I, I, <laughs> no. and, that, and that's the thing though man i've heard of lot i've heard of lots of stories of like pe teachers you know just going to town on their fucking students and shit i'm just like i guess it comes with the territory right so oh, my pe teacher was like that Oh, I, had, but, I I actually had his name was Mr. Karpenko. He actually played in the CFL and became later a teacher and stuff because that's what you got to do when you after you play in the CFL, you're not rich, <laughs> right? So, but this guy was like full contact, fucking everything. He was just vicious. He was brutal. He's a great teacher, but yeah, if you got out of line and shit, man, he fucking grab you and he throw you out of class physically, man. Get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. You know, I mean, this is in the '90s, man. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, dude! Like, he never did that to me because you didn't get out of line in Karpenko's class because the guy was like. No, he wasn't that tall. He was six one, but he was built like a fucking brick shit house, man. Just built. Scary, man. Anyways, yeah, the seventies is uh, definitely has a lot of seventies flair. Even the editing choices of like the uh, split screens and stuff. That well, that's just De Palma. That carries over from Sisters. Yeah, you know, that was a huge. Yeah. De Palma that did that huge, quite a bit. Uh, I think he does in the Fury too. I think he does in the Fury. I think he does in a few films actually. Yeah, a lot of his movies. Yeah. But the the they're all gonna lap you that thing, yeah. <laughs> When it when her head's spinning around, it is just like they're all gonna lap at you. And it's over and over again. I love like, that. Oh, dude! It and and Margaret White, man. Uh, what the hell's her name? Uh, who Lord, plays uh, Piper Laurie? P- Piper Laurie, man. Yeah, she's great. She's yeah. really good. Um, even when she's like telling her like. Eve was weak. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like she, she starts off like Eve was weak. Eve was weak. It sounds so crazy. And you, you and know, she's like, I know mama. Like, you know, I, like, Sissy Spacek is so good. Um, the, when she's like ma, the, the way she had the interactions with her mother is interesting because you get the sense that she loves her mother, right? Like most people do, but she doesn't, and and you get the sense that she well is she really loves her mother still. because she loves her mother because her mother is she's kind of forced to love her mother because that's all she has literally right. she doesn't have a father she has no fucking friends she has nothing but her mom she resents her mom to shit though you can tell 
Well, yeah. I think she and, hates her mom. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. I think I that think she resents so. her a lot. I mean, who wants to be locked in a fucking closet and have to pray to some weird ass glowing eyes Jesus shit, man? That's fucked up, man. Yeah. Well, you don't, but I mean, Carrie is definitely religious. You know what I mean? Well, she's I also she, she's always. I mean, she grows. She's a product of that environment too, where the religion is is forced on you, right? Like, I I don't think. I mean, I think if you let her go out into society, make her own decisions, she might not be that way, or she might continue to be that way. Who fucking right. really knows? I think that it's forced on her for sure. You know, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of religious nuts don't actually let you make that decision. It's like you're in this house, you're believing in Jesus. Trust me, right, right. Um, so, so. But I, I, no, I think I think she is, you know, religious. I think she likes her mom, um, but has a has a. I think she wishes her mom was different, but she doesn't. I don't think she hates her mom. I think she just wishes no, she wasn't like I that. I didn't say that she resents her mom because her mom won't allow her to be someone that she that she sees everybody being. She wants to be those kids at school, but she knows she can't be. So there's the resentment. I think, I think she also doesn't believe she can be. It's not until she f- realizes that she can be someone else that she starts having wow. I mean, a stronger resentment. I mean, her mom literally mentally abuses the shit out of her. Of course, she doesn't have any confidence I, in herself, man. She, I know, but she, I don't, she's think, belittled. She knows, I don't yeah. think she knows that, though. I, I, I don't know, man. I think, I mean, she's still a person. I think that, you know, you see other people at school and stuff and having these freedoms and shit. And you see how they act and they're happy and stuff. I mean... I don't know, man. I think your mentality is going to tell you that there's something a little bit off here, a little bit wrong and shit. But, you know, and in the end, when she comes back home and she basically runs to her mother um, in a place of um, she needs comfort and she realizes that her mother was right, or at least that's how she interprets it. Because, you know, I think she even says you were right, mama. I think she's kind of forced to believe that, though. That's the way I see it, though, because she's been bred into that mentality. Right. That's the tunnel that she lives in. So. Right. And that's I mean, that's what she knows. And and like we know as an audience, it didn't happen like that. We know, of course, course. there was one douchebag who ruined this whole thing. But to her, she sees the world as this evil place now where her mom was right the whole time. So mm-hmm. in her own yeah. head, she goes running back to her mom and then her mom betrays her in the end. And it's even more tragic because it's like the last person she thought she could count on also. But I don't blame doesn't... the mom for doing what she did because she was so religious and so fanatic about her beliefs in the fact that she was born as evil and she's like well there's the fucking proof i need to stab you in the back literally right so i mean i don't blame carrie for doing what she did and of course we see the mother uh very very cool filmmaking by de palma we see the the jesus statue the whole time yeah, yeah. um and then the mother carrie of course subconsciously puts that out because that's what yeah. she knows mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. really cool artsy stuff one thing that i watched the first the, there was only one thing that i noticed this time watching it that i never have before i've seen this film a handful of times uh and that is that um <laughs> cat williams <laughs> remember that <laughs> cat williams oh yeah <laughs> uh, william cat uh oh. says you know why she's like why are you doing this and he's like because uh you like maybe because you like my poem and then he says but i didn't write it i never noticed he said he didn't write it though yeah. before well i think that i think it's kind of obvious when they're reading the poem in the classroom when he's kind of laughing about it like you can tell that there's something up with that too 
It's like he's mm-hmm. laughing for the sake that, like, hey, dude, you're believing that I wrote this. I'm the captain of the football team. There's no fucking way I wrote this amazing poem. <laughs> right? Like, that's mm-hmm. how I always interpreted it. But I got to say, man, William Cat probably wins. Cat Williams. Yeah, Cat Williams. William Cat <laughs> definitely wins for hair of the fucking decade for sure. Oh, huge. Yeah. That huge. blonde mop is absolutely. Yeah. I wish he had had that in house, man. That would have been amazing, too. Or in house, too. Yeah. I think it was in house, too. But John um, Travolta up in there. PJ Souls is normal. Yeah. No, he was in the house. Yeah, it was the first house. But um, he's fucking annoying as always, dude. I can't fucking stand John Travolta in this movie, man. His accent—it's almost like he's playing dumb on purpose. Like I told her not to say that to me. I don't know what it is about his acting in this movie, but it's it's just so off. I think the oddest character in this movie, though, is fucking Norma, played by PJ Souls, because it's not even the fact that she's like just strange and odd, you know, kind of like Carrie or whatever. But it's the fact that she wears a fucking hat at the prom. Oh, she wears, oh, the, she hat wears the hat everywhere. I know, but I know she wears the hat. Carly mentioned that there's but a she scene wears where she's the hat like getting at her the hair prom. done, and she has the like hat sitting like next to her or something. Yeah, that's, like, well, hey. the hat that's what I'm saying. Like she wears the hat all the time, but she wears it at the prom, like the one place you would never expect anybody to be wearing a hat, except for maybe like a top hat or something fancy. But it's weird. It's just such a strange thing. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, I'm good on it. Jeremy, you got anything Great. else? Mm. Want to talk more about the gaze? No. The, the male gaze? That sounded like I said gaze. Yeah, I thought you were talking about gaze. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's nothing gay about like, this movie. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, what's gay of this movie? <laughs> I know that did come off sounding like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Uh, not really, no. What do you guys think about the carnage at the end? Like it's the classic. Act, it's like simple. the actual scene. Yeah, it's simple. I like the fact that the, it's not like it's not so over. Like, I mean, OK, get to the remakes and stuff and some of the shit at the end just goes a little bit haywire and crazy and shit. But yeah, man, <laughs> dude, like in the 13, man, <laughs> just like some of the effects that are actually, no, I, I'd be like, oh, the effects are oof. Yeah, the O2. Oh, man, the effects in that are yeah, little, da- li- little dated, man, a little dated for sure. And especially looking in high def. Oh, man, you know, don't look that good. But um, when she's walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, that, that's pretty much what I have on the film. So get into mm-hmm. ratings. We'll start with JP since I know he's the big lover. Right. Maybe, so. I mean, I've already rated this film before. This is already a Hall of Famer. But I will say this. I'm very happy with this review. At first, I thought I was going to not really have much to say. But I thought we did a really good job breaking Carrie down. So uh, I wasn't looking forward to talking about this one. I was looking forward to talking about more of the other ones, but this one came away really happy. I think people will like it. Uh, it's a 10. Jeremy. It's a nine for me. Nine. I'm going to stick with my original rating. I've always stuck with a nine. I just, you know, just, it's just, it's a great movie. It's just, yeah. you know, it's, not I think my favorite it's a either. classic. It, it yeah. is. I mean, I'll still say a it's, nine's it's definitely not a wrong rating. I mean, that's a, it's i think that mo i the only people if people come in with like sevens and stuff that's why i'm like come on this is a classic here but nine ten i think that's very fair for for carrie even if this wasn't in the hall of fame it just made it yep so, so it made it twice 20. so yeah it just made the hall of fame even with nine so yeah all right so that is carrie from 1976 all your life you've known that you were different it must be 
nice not having to be like everybody else. Sometimes I really wish I could just be one of the shiny, happy people, you know? All right, so moving along into... 1999 with the official sequel to the original Carrie titled The Rage Carrie 2. Did, did uh is this a first time watch for any of you guys? No. Me. No, I saw one at roughly about the time it came out, um 99-2000. Just a theatrical movie? I, yeah. I yeah, it was. was it okay. I, I remember I, I remember renting it around the time it got released on media or whatever and then I watched it few years ago i think when the screen factory blu-ray double feature came out and of course like this is probably my, probably my third time yeah my third the time. most 99 movie ever um, made i don't know about that but <laughs> uh this was the first time watch for me i've avoided this movie throughout my entire life like it used to run on tv and stuff i just thought it was a, i honestly always thought it was a remake of carrie like it was mm. just like the same story again but with a, a a different girl but there's actually like tons of continuity in this one mm-hmm. and i did not expect that so go ahead give a synopsis i guess yeah i'll do a synopsis for this one okay a horrible massacre strikes up after an outcast teenager girl is taunted by a group of high school jocks all of them unaware of her cutthroat telekinetic powers okay that sounds exactly like the original carrie <laughs> 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 like to it. I mean, I guess you know the core of this movie does. I just think that it has like a lot of prominence even today. Going back to let's say the lacrosse controversy, when, when, where was it in Duke, where the Duke lacrosse team was raping all those girls? You know, it's kind of oh yeah, yeah, kind of similar to what these guys were doing on Netflix called like red one red or something red over red or something. But it was about these football players who were banging all these chicks, getting them drunk and stuff like that. So yeah, I I totally think you're right. This this one just like that late nineties kind of pretty fuck or, you know, beautiful people type cast with a lot of fucking unlikable characters, man. Holy fuck. But you ain't wrong about that, buddy. Man, there is some just you know. Okay, dude first with the mustache, oh, super unlikable. Dude, like okay, <laughs> yeah. fucking um, that guy's unlikable. Zachary the Ty Bryan, you know the guy from Home Improvement, man, the guy that's apparently the rapist in this movie. Yeah, yeah, weird role for him. He's so unlikable in this, man. It's just, it's just insane, dude. He's just such like everything he says. He's just like he literally just admits he's like, eh, she's a fuck, you know. Like you just even after she dies, he's just being like yeah, a these super are the fucking dudes that, like the, the guys of... that complain about Eli Roth should really be complaining. Right. About I just love when right. she, when she fucking jumps off the roof and her head goes through the windshield and he's like right there with the camera and he's like. Oh, whose car is this? I fucking died laughing. <laughs> I thought that was one of the fucking funniest lines, bro. Like he didn't care that the person was dead. All he cared about was whose car got fucked up. It Which is, was, in my opinion, pretty dumb to put in the movie because I just it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, what's unbelievable? That somebody would say that. Oh that. yeah, but that kind of yeah. that that kind of leads into the you know the core narrative 99. of this movie. So basically, <laughs> our main character Rachel Lang, uh, she's kind of like the Carrie. Uh, character too man um you know she's kind of an outcast you know maybe not as much of an outcast but she actually is an outcast and things like that and her best friend played by mira savina um something happens to her uh zachary ty Bryan apparently kind of raped her um kind of jokes about no, it and shit like that he didn't rape her the, well Sagittarius, i think she, i think i think she had he fucked her and then dumped her dumped because her, he didn't right. really care. He just wanted to yeah. get a number in the book. So it wasn't really a rape. So they, they have a... Uh, See, I, I don't think that she... Did she know about that she was just a name in a book? Or was it the fact that 
because there there is there is a main reason why she jumps off and i thought maybe it was because it was kind of forced on her maybe it won't be just rape but it was kind of forced on her nope uh what it was is she uh you know he did his and dude this is totally real by the way like i I mean like i i'm not going to go into my history but you know the the see how many girls you can bang thing in high school that's like really happens a lot well i i know I i was there in high school so. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, does a smooth no talk. Comment. Oh, I really like you type thing, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, b- bangs her. And then she really likes him. She's supposed to meet him for lunch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when he basically tells her, like, look, you were just a, 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 a lay to me. Yeah. And she's, th- and then Rachel later says that she told her, you know, I thought he was really liked me and stuff like that. And that's why she commits suicide. It's considered rape, statutory rape, because she's 16 and he's 18. That's the whole thing, but it's not actually. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just the way it's kind of implied and stuff. But yeah, for sure. For sure. But I mean, this guy is like a complete fucking douchebag. Anyways, you know, she she ends up fucking doing a header off the school. Uh, Again, played by Mina Savina, who, of course, became famous in American Pie, I think, the same fucking year. I think yep, this movie 99. came out. I think this movie came out before. Man, I want to say in this too. Yeah, yeah. Finch is in this. Yeah, Shipwreck is in this movie too. It's kind of funny. Um, and because it uh, feels like American Pie, and that kind of sets off a whole fucking a whole thing, man. It, this movie's kind of it's different than original Carrie. It's got that whole oh, kind yeah. of subplot going on with that and shit like that. And but it, it has actually so- works as a sequel. Like it, you would think, well, how can you do this again? But adding this whole d- dynamic of the the Father. scorebook in there. It actually yeah. and it has substance to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Well, the father that she's like the that. step stepdaughter of stepsister Carrie, which is sequel like this. Yeah, I, yeah they they they, yeah. they play the same narrative. You know, they kind of so basically after this tragedy happens with her best friend and stuff. So what happens here is another genuine character, um, Jesse Ryan, of course, played by Jason London, which I find is the most hilarious casting to, in this movie ever. Because if you're familiar with Jason London, he played He's a legendary. He, he played actor. he played Randall motherfucking Pink Floyd in Days yeah. of Confused. And he was in How Cold, and he was in... Back in 1993, I feel like, Jeremy, he's playing the same person in this movie because he was a high school star in that movie, he's a high school star or football star in this movie, too, but the fucking funny thing is... And How Cold, isn't he, like, some star, too, I think? I haven't seen How Cold in a long time, but... It's crazy, he didn't really age a whole lot because this movie is literally nine years later, and he's 20 fucking seven years old playing a high school kid in this movie. Dude, this was the era I mean, this is is post-Scream... No teenagers look like teenagers in this no. fucking movie. No, it's just, it's funny to me because I always like to do that too because, oh, I mean, all that shit started with 902 and all. I mean, there was some characters in the beginning of the season that were like 25, 26 years old playing 16-year-olds kind of thing, right? So, right. but yeah, Jason London, you know, he, of course, he kind of confides to Rachel and stuff and becomes interested in her and shit, but she's obviously very hesitant because he's from the cool crowd. It's, you know, that kind of Carrie thing happening there and stuff, but yeah, but, but it's very Rachel's genuine. a lot different because yeah. she's not Carrie. She's not... No. a loser uh you know shy she talks introverted person no she's like, she's she's kind of just like edgy and like kind of her well you know marches to the beat of her own drum she's, type thing. she's part of that with, you know that you know that kind of gothy crowd that people always yeah, everyone's like kind of separated into crowds you know got the football thing. jocks you got the cool people over here you got the the goths and stuff so everyone was just kind of 
on the outskirts of everybody. But yeah, she, she definitely wasn't like Carrie, but she was kind of treated like that a little bit too. Which is a good move because it's like, why like differentiate the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you're making a sequel. Don't make it exactly the same, make it kind of the same, but different. And that's what I, I, I like that, that she's, she's, uh, you know, she's witty. She has comebacks and stuff like that. She's not like yeah. this loser. Who's like scared of her own shadow. Exactly, exactly. So the the story with Rachel, like her backstory is, you know, she her mom is gone completely insane. She's in a nut house and stuff, and she's been kind of forced to live in foster parents' house. And her foster parents are just big pieces of shit. They're in it for the money and stuff. So she's kind of got that home life, which I'm very glad, like in the narrative here, that they never really went too much into that. They just kind of show they kind of showed you what her lifestyle is like and then they just kind of left yeah. it alone kind of thing i'm yeah, glad I'm they didn't really go into because it because typically you would get them being like abusive like the father being abusive and stuff yeah. like that yeah it's just it was unnecessary i agree with that it was yeah they uh, just they kind of showcase and then just leave it alone which is a really yeah it's just a smart fucking thing man it really is so I, one thing that i will say is like there's no way that little fucking beagle is alive <laughs> the what the beagle, the fucking beagle, dude. Oh. He lived for like, <laughs> it got yeah. fucking, It looked like the hitchhiker in Chainsaw yeah. One. I was gonna say that's a good like doggy death scene. That was brutal. <laughs> it was. I'm glad that yeah. Walter lived, man. I liked Walter. I'm glad was, that Walter lived hate, too. But you I'm know like, me. there's no way Walter's living after I that. I hate fucking dog deaths in movies, especially when yeah, they get hit by cars was like that. Extra brutal though, because like, but you know what? It's it, a close up. <laughs> it brought them together. It was it was the it was the sequence of events that brought them together. You know, it was fucking. Uh-huh. Uh, Jesse and that's that was the start of the relationship and shit. So yeah, yeah. this cool, was actually but... I liked it more than I thought I would. It wasn't. I liked it. I, liked I like it a lot. Honestly, it's actually not bad. <laughs> I like how they connected. You know, with uh, yeah. with Sue Snell's character, man. Because yeah, that was yeah. perfect. They actually it makes sense that character would become a guidance counselor for troubled youth. And I just. It's funny. It's it. It's so perfect, right? It really is so perfect because, and I like the fact that they even went into the fact that she was she went a little bit crazy after the events of 76 and stuff. And she found herself in the nut house and she found that relationship. Asylum, with, really original. Yeah. Well, or she, Arkham. But Arkham. She, but, yeah. <laughs> really Arkham, yeah. But no, she, well, she do you had think that, that was probably a nod to like, maybe the f- writer was like a fan of Batman or something like know. now it's so common, maybe. but back then you might not have known what like the everyday person wouldn't have known what Arkham was, but it was smart to play off that because we got to see Sue go a little bit crazy in, in the first film and stuff. And, uh, you know, to have, her say that you know she was in the nut house and stuff and, and kind of create mm-hmm. that bond with uh with rachel and stuff i thought that was a really smart move in the narrative yeah because the end of the first one it's she's plagued by like the the carrie you know jump scare so it makes sense she like it actually makes sense that her character would yeah be it's, a little it's, it's a nightmare it's up. a nightmare that she had obviously when you see some tragic shit like how many people died in the original film yeah you're gonna have some cr- pretty horrific nightmares and shit but but i think about that uh that cd cg death i mean horrible doesn't get better than that oh dude yeah some of the effects in here definitely um it's better than o2 though not great oh man yeah you surprised me right like the effects no two man they're really you bad. Get three more years to get it right. Yeah, and they're they're, they're even worse. I, I, agree. I like uh, I like the, I like the deaths in movies where people drown under the pool covers. Like, I think that's, that's an under. It's so unrealistic it's though too. Well, it's unrealistic that. too because that scene where the guy gets nailed by the the pool cover, like they yeah. really don't move that fast 
enough to like knock you unconscious like that. Yeah. And plus they're not actually that tight to the edge. Like if you fell in the pool, like you could probably swim to the edge and just kind of push it up and pull yourself out. Like they're not like airtight to it. Like you're going to fucking be like underneath this shit drowning and shit. Like I know people with pools, it doesn't work like that, but Anyways. I like that they go back to the school, that scene where they're standing yeah. there in the rubble. That's cool. I mm-hmm. you, I wouldn't expect that to be in the movie, you know, because that's like a lot of I'm sure they found Continuity. a bunch of it is they, a little it's a little bit corny, though, too, because I mean, I do like the fact that they do that. They go and show you, hey, this is the carnage from 76 and stuff. But at the same time, all you can think about is why in the fuck would this not be ripped down? And it, it would make sense in society, too, because if you had, you know, 100 people die in a fire and shit like that, the city is removing that shit with all costs. Like, they're not going to keep that as a as a fucking memory. Huge, as a yeah. memory to all these. It just doesn't make sense that it would still be there, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't the, know, man. Maybe we're talking 23 years later. Stayed up. You know, this is 20 fucking three years later. It's like, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's just like a huge graveyard. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, but it is cool though. I get it. I get where you're coming from and shit. So yeah, it looks cool. Uh, and then I think the the uh, I think the acting is a little spotty with some of the jocks that they're over overselling. It's way better than the next one. <laughs> I think they're overselling their douchebaggery a little too much, um, to where it almost feels like a caricature. Or whatever you call that. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, for sure. I mean, they're definitely overplaying the fucking... I mean, they're almost like this douchebag fucking Eli Roth type high or, uh, <laughs> characters, you know, kind of thing. But the still high school type thing. But yeah, for sure. I, I think that... But it almost feels like it's a little unrealistic with the way... How much they're selling it. Because I, 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 it's just to the point where it's like over the top mean at some points. You know what I mean? Like, mm. the cool thing about the original is like... The Chris character feels very genuine. Like I could totally see somebody acting out like her, but these guys are like fucking horrible humans. <laughs> like that, that are like overselling it. I think. Well, I think they tried to amp it up a little bit. You know, we'll take mm-hmm. this this character. You know, she was a bitch, but you know, let's fucking amp this up a little bit. I don't know. I it really is that like, it's that time. I really like the re- actress who plays Rachel. I think Me she's too. cool. Yeah. But you like all those goth chicks. You like the girl from the faculty too. Dude, I so. do too, man. Mm-hmm. I think I think Rachel like I don't know if she's supposed to be portrayed as like, you know, this ugly fucking, you know, out kind of outcast and shit, but like I don't think she's ugly at all. I think she's actually quite yeah. attractive, man. No, <laughs> like, yeah, me too. So Um I don't what the fuck's up with the tattoo though, man? That's some weird shit. I mean it looks cool, but I'm yeah. like, that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. Did you get that vibe too? You're like, okay, it looks cool. Like visually it's dope, but like, it makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. <laughs> but that, that yeah. was about the time, like 90, like 90, 99. That's when tattooing was becoming super popular and everyone was kind of getting that shit. So yeah. it's kind of expected to see tattoos on people. No, no, no. I mean like how it's stretched over whole face and skin and stuff. Oh, that. Oh yeah. Okay. The, wa- the black, like fine looking. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, it's cool looking, but it makes no damn sense at all. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. No. Um, I yeah. thought the the reve- the you know what they do to her was pretty effective. Uh, yeah, I think the CG jump scare at the end is shitty compared to the first movie, though. I think it's crap. I think I think the whole murder fiasco is kind of shitty, honestly. Like the whole party cg mess that that is i think all of it like even like 
everything pretty much everything in that scene is oh, a lot of it is bad cg in that in that fucking dream sequence oh my god yeah it's, it's so bad yeah Ugh. i think for me the the success of this one is i just like the story i thought it was cool yeah I agree, man. I, you know, at least they, you know, they try to do something. I mean, well, they, they, t- they not only t- 94, I mean, 25 years later, the fact that they were thought that a sequel was a good idea at that point is kind of crazy. I do think and it's, they were I able to see make why it they work. think it's a good idea, but to actually make it somewhat work is like yeah. super surprising to me. I do think yeah. it's a little bit interesting, just the choice of, you know, tied into 76, not just with the Sue character and stuff. I mean, that's, that makes a lot of sense, but I mean, I'm talking about like the core narrative with, with uh, Rachel and stuff and what the connection is to her and Carrie is, is a little bit interesting when you think about, you know, time, like the dates and stuff. Oh right? yeah. Cause you're like, well, cause it, this, this is setting, would have been... well, th- this is set in real time. So this is literally 23 years later. She's about 18, 17 years old. So, so he would have had to bang her, mother Mike. mother but it would have been a few years after the events of 76 for her to be that age so in 1999 right. so she would have been 18 so say she was conceived in 1981 say assuming she's 18 years old in this movie so this was technically in real time five years after the fact and and that's the connection that they share is that apparently um rachel and carrie have the same father and they they actually explain away in this movie that the powers actually came from the father it's genetic it was genetic genetic passed down and i thought that was kind of cool for this movie yes yes i'm cool with that too because they need a way to explain why she has powers and it's you know if she's going to share the same father that's the connection that's the obvious connection right and i do like that they went that distance and actually put that in there i thought that was pretty cool so yeah I mean, it's not brilliant writing or anything. It just, it gives you, you know, it, it just kind of gives some clarification on what we're dealing with here. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool, man. I, you know, I like watching these older movies because there's so many people in them that you just, you recognize like the chick that played, <laughs> um, she plays in Clueless, the TV show, like that blonde haired chick. She's a fucking cunt in this movie too, man. Um, <laughs> the fucker name is man. But me and Servina, we got shit brick in the movie. There's tons of recognizable faces just from that era. Again, I always call it like the beautiful face era and shit like that. It's just like watching an episode of Dawson's Creek for fuck's sakes. But in this case, I don't actually have a problem. I guess if the, the artwork had been just straight floating hands, I probably would have shit on this, but I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I like, I actually really like this movie. I like the music in I the like movie too. too. I like all the Marilyn Manson posters that, you know, just, mm-hmm. I like the conversation well, totally that they 99. have. I like the conversation that, uh, Rachel and, um, and, uh, Jesse have about garbage. You know, they go up for coffee and stuff like you got, you like garbage. And if you don't like music and shit, and you never heard of garbage. Yeah. You'd be thinking they, you like garbage. No, they're talking about Shir- Shirley Manson, you know, leads yeah. man- of, uh, garbage and stuff, but garbage was a dope band in the nineties, but yeah, I like shit like that. Cool. It dates itself hardcore. When you watch movies like this and you see the posters and you see the references and you know, shit like that. Mm. I mean, it's, it's no different than seeing, you know, even hearing lingo and, and attires and stuff in movies. And so you can just tell just by looking at the aesthetic of film, what era it's from for sure. But you know, music and things, but I like that. It's very nostalgic to me. It was 19 when this movie came out and everything just made a lot of fucking sense to me. So, but I like it. I think for a sequel to a classic movie, this shit could have been better than I expected. It It is, is a lot better than it's ever probably should have been. And I agree. You know, it's it's pretty decent, and I, man, I do like the fact that like she fucks some serious shit up at this house, man. Like she just destroys some shit, man. I I, I like the the third act is pretty cool, even though there's some kind of ridiculous it, moments in it. It's very 
bad looking at times. Though. Oh no, it is. But I just like like how much carnage she causes. It's great, man. It's great. Mm-hmm. So. Ratings. All right, Jeremy, you go. Uh six and a half. I'm actually at the exact same at six and a half out of ten. I'm shocked that you even came in this high. I thought you're gonna be way lower on it, but oh, uh, yeah, it's good. I, I it's, like it's, it a six lot. and a half. I, I think it's worthy of a six and a half, man. I think uh, yeah. the casting at time it, it makes me laugh. It, it really does, man. The fact that Jason London's in this playing a high school kid again. He's playing Randall Pink Floyd, man. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I love it. Um, I think they actually even tell you in this movie how many people technically perished in the original film. It's I think like they even 244 or something. No, they say 73 died in this. Yeah, one. it was 70 something. It's 73. Well, I thought they said it in another one. Then there was like 200 and something. Maybe they, it was the next one. They do. I think it's no two. I think it's 254 people. I'm like, wow, they, yeah. they had a lot more grads. They had a lot more grads in that one. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'm actually going to come in at a seven. Oh, wow. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So that is Carrie. No, that is the rage. Carrie (laughs) two from 1999. You had like literally a a, a three out of four chance to get it right. (laughs) I know, right? It's just like, you know, I, I, I think it comes back to the fact that like, it's it's titled wrong for myself. Like it should be called Carry the Rage or Carry to Carrie the Rage. Carry to the Rage. Carry to the Rage, but it's titled The Rage Carry to. I don't know. Is it is it not Carry No, it's no, The Rage. It's Carrie The Rage Colon Carry to, but I always hated when they do that. Why didn't you just call it Carry to Colon Why not The Rage? Call it fucking Rachel 1. <laughs> 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 and then and then we could have had that on the top 10 carry ripoffs right yeah, rachel <laughs> right okay all right so that's uh, the rage carry 2 from 1999 something has happened at you in high school something horrible something evil and one man must find out what it was to the going theory is that the three of you conspired to get carrie white to the prom so you can humiliate her and then something went wrong and a lot of people were killed. All right. So moving along into 2002, three short years after the sequel to the original Ryan De Palma Carey 1976 classic film, we get a remake. Apparently people didn't want another sequel. They just said, hey, fuck it, man. You know, Isn't the Rage TV remake. remake. Yeah. The later. Rage <laughs> Carey 2 wasn't apparently all the rage. Oh, that was a terrible No, I joke. bombed. Uh, just like that joke. But um, oh. yeah, so it it obviously didn't do well at the box office. And they thought that um, the best way to f- salvage this franchise was to not only do a TV remake or to do a remake, they had to make it for TV and make mm-hmm. it really fucking long, which is odd in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to give the synopsis because it's literally the same as Carrie. Oh, the only difference is... Well, I meant the premise is the, the only difference same. in the, the plot for this one, yeah. really, like the major difference is it encapsulates some of the stuff that was in the book uh, mm-hmm. with the investigation yeah. and sort yeah. of this flash. Yeah. Back so that that is the big difference. Coming. This is more true to the book. And we've had this Besides conversation. Ending, we, we've had this conversation many, many times. It's like these adaptations of these films. Are they, you know, are they better? This is a Sam conversation, by the way, again, dissing Sam, but you know, 
apparently if things are more true to the book, they're always better. That's not the no. fucking case, man, at all. This sometimes sometimes the books are not trash. the greatest versions of the story. Sometimes the movie actually outweighs the book a little bit. And I fucking hated this goddamn thing. I think I it that this movie is it's it's honestly fucking garbage man like i'm not gonna lie man i first of all my biggest complaint with this movie is just of course going back to what i just said staying true to the book and having some police investigative uh angle to it and stuff which all immediately just you know it fucking makes the movie so much more longer this film is Mm -hmm. very much the exact same as the original Carrie, but it's an extra 30 40 minutes longer because they have this police investigation port the movie starts out with um with Sue, the survivor. So right away we and know. And if, now she's an African-American. Yeah, so she's black in this film. And, um, you know, if you've never seen Carrie, and this is the first thing, so you know right away that this character has already survived this kind of thing. I mean, it is yeah. what it is. But, so it opens up with the police interrogating her. And it throughout the whole film, it, you know, cuts back to um, interrogating or interviewing some of the students that witnessed what happened at this night. It's just, it's the same film as 76 done a lot shittier, but extended through all this pointless investigative <laughs> shit. It doesn't even fucking matter in this movie. It's so here's a dollar for the jar. It's very fucking jarring because you're getting into this movie and then it cuts back to the police investigation. Yep. We get in the movie, cuts back to the police investigation. I was going to say, get in, it's very cuts jarring. back to the police investigation every fucking and- 10 minutes. It doesn't. And I'm like, <laughs> this is why this movie's two hours and 12 minutes. The construction is so bad in this movie. It's just, Oh, it's so aggravating to watch, man. It well, really is aggravating. Well, another problem that I had with it is like I couldn't tell the characters fucking apart. I mean, the cast is really good, mm. but everybody looks the fucking same. I couldn't tell who was who. And I was just getting I, – I just well, couldn't get into this movie whatsoever. I, mean, I just thought it was There's shitty. certain characters, I guess. I mean, Chris was played by I think that Australian chick, that Emily chick um, who's obviously yeah, – Emily DeRaven. Emily um, DeRaven. I actually really like her from Lost. She's Australian. And she's yeah. also in the Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, right. She's Australian, from. but you can't tell. She does a really no, good no, job. No, no, no. She does a – she, she makes an American accent really well. And, and I actually kind of like her course, performance in the movie. Catherine Isabel. Catherine Isabel, who I love. Yep. Catherine Isabel is uh, in here and actually a lot. She's in the movie a lot more than I was anticipating. Yeah, she she actually has some good parts in this one. Uh, I'm with you guys for mostly what you guys said. I, I didn't probably like dislike it as much as you guys do. Um, I do agree that it's hella too long. Like I think if this movie was 90 minutes, it would actually not be nearly as bad because it, those police segments cut them all out there yeah you don't need any of them honestly i would i was tempted but i was really unmotivated after 200 and or i mean 200 minutes 132 minutes of um, watching this tv remake to not do it but i wanted to time out how much time was and i it's it's easily over 30 minutes right of time in this movie and it's literally what makes up the difference between the the length of the original film and this and it's so unneeded it's just really unfucking needed man well you guys know why they kept the ending the way that it was right you guys know what this was supposed to be right what i don't so this know was supposed, this was a the ending a, is atrocious like a pilot for they wanted the this TV to be a series, series. oh okay 
So oh, they wanted to make sense. people buy because they wanted to expand on the story oh, and make okay. it like a TV store, a TV series. So they thought that they would keep her alive and not kill her. So they could make sense, make sense. But then so, in reality, what we get is a shitty ass <laughs> ending without that uh, TV series. So we yeah, only right. know it as a shitty movie or a movie with a shitty ending. God, that is such so a bad thing. The, oh. the only thing that I'll say that the police stuff did help with uh, is how it expanded upon how people saw Carrie and the difference of people, the different way they saw her. Like the one girl talks about, you know, how there's the geeks and the jocks and the, yeah, the things. Yeah, and the, he's like, where was Carrie white on that scale? And he's like, she's like, Oh, like at the very bottom, like nobody knew Carrie white. Yeah, you know, she was yeah. garbage pretty much. So, uh, I do like some of that, but mm-hmm. it, it, the sacrifice of the amount of time that it takes to get those little moments isn't worth the trade off for me. No, no, uh, I agree. Another thing that I was interested in when I, when we, this came up and I was like, I kept saying to you guys, Oh, I really want to re rewatch that. Cause I did watch it back when we did the O2 show, which was in like 2014 or 2015. So, at least five years ago, uh, it was Angela Bettis's performance because I just watched May. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, it's not good. And the reason why is because Angela Bettis is playing Sissy Spacek. She's not making the character her own. She's just doing the exact same thing that Sissy Spacek did mm-hmm. in Carrie. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. literally copying Sissy Spacek's mm-hmm. performance, which I don't think is the case in 2013, which we'll get to. Um, but Angela Bettis oh, is literally playing not. Sissy Spacek. See, I, I never really thought of it like that, but I can see where you're coming from for sure. I, I don't think she's like a horrible choice, you know, definitely look wise and stuff. She's a great choice when you think of May. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, my Perfect. thoughts on May. Pro- May is a 10 out of 10. Totally I love that movie. Thought yeah. that she would have killed this role because. She's so good so at being di- awkward and and shy yeah. and and loser. So, so you're basically saying that you know, I mean, okay. So overall, do you think the performance is decent, even though she's playing in your mind, sissy Spacek? Or it I just- mean, it's it's yeah, it's good. It's it's but it's just it's it could have been so much better had she got. And maybe that was the direction. Maybe the director <clears throat> wanted her to play the exact same character the same performance basically give the same performance yeah i just but i I can't see a director saying hey use sissy spacek performance as your um your performance you know you need to do that like i just can't even know man think of gus van zandt shot psycho the exact same way (laughs) i mean it is it is true i guess i don't know I don't. Um, I don't think it's wait, bad. I mean, her performance definitely is not bad. If she's playing Sissy Spacek okay. and she and she went, you know, to this. But yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, she definitely the, has the right look, though. Man, they made her look awful in this. Yeah, oh. they, they. She she looks the part for sure. She's good with that. Um, but one of the things that I like too that they added in because I'm I, that's kind of what I'm focusing on is the differences because yeah, for sure. You know, that's what's interesting to me when you do a remake is the. Uh, there's a scene where uh, the coach is talking to her about uh, coming to the reunion. I th- is that this one or the uh, other one? No, nah, it's the other one. Oh, okay. Well, that seems good in that one. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, I never one. mind then. <laughs> Maybe. This Isn't that when she's happens. like sitting in the locker room crying and she's like, the 10-year reunion is... Oh, no. They just take it. They switch this where it happens then. Because she talks to her about how you know that one's going to be fat and that one's going to be bald and you know the the 
girls will be divorced and stuff. And I thought that was a good bonding moment to, to let Carrie know that this is temporary. Uh, this high school. I feel life. like, I feel like, you know, I mean, this movie is very verbatim too, man. There's so many, so much dialogue, just like the 13 remake too. That's identical, like literally like line for line kind of thing and stuff. Yeah. But I think one thing that they try to do, you know, I, I don't know if it was because, Hey, we need to throw some special effects in here, but you know, it's kind of the beginning of the film when they show you like, it's almost like that meteor scene, but she's bringing the fire down and stuff. Oh, and I, I don't yeah, know if it was supposed not. to be like a huge metaphor for, <laughs> you know, God thundering down on this evil child and stuff. But was, I was going to ask if that was in the book because, it I is thought it book. was retarded so it's in the book but it's but you know you could you know the more logical thing would be like oh you know god's firing down her but it was actually her bringing the fire and stuff and i'm just like oh my god but it just looks terrible like the effects are just awful in it well it's not as bad as when she's walking down the street bro at the end yeah it's some of the worst cg oh my god it's bad actually there's a lot of parts in that final scene that are pretty atrocious almost every yeah. effect is just atrocious man it's bad because it's a tv movie so they had a right. fucking edited for tv yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i honestly think that you know whew, sucks the uh full it's a podcast, okay, so the director bro. the director said <laughs> Um, he sought to update the film's 1970 setting to contemporary one, contemporary one. Aware that the uh, uh, that high school violence in particular has changed since then, because Fuller felt the Columbine high school massacre was still on people's recent memories. He was carefully he was careful in addressing the film's te- te- teenage vintili- ah vigilante theme. Dude, we suck tonight with pronouncing things. So there well, is I suck every so, so there is a couple of subtle um, differences in, in this TV remake and stuff. Of course, Tommy dies completely different. He's the first of two to die by the bucket. I, I yeah. still don't even understand what the fuck was going on with the bucket death and stuff. And of course, we alluded to the fact that uh, Miss Desjardins, holy fuck, none of us can talk tonight. Miss Desjardins, she lives in this Um you know, I think I think it's kind of the director probably thinking the same thing. Like, man, shouldn't have died in the first film, kind of thing. So, well, she that's lives. what. He, see, he's a he's a little bit of a pansy because um, he also said that uh, the character of Carrie, uh, who was victimized her entire life, sh- shouldn't die because it'd be really cruel. So, I think he's all for kind of giving <laughs> much more of a happy ending. What a bitch. Well, I mean. No, I, I think Carrie dying in the original I think that's film why is. It's more I don't feel bad. I honestly don't feel bad when she. I mean, it's just. I feel like it's just kind of. She's destined. It was just kind of her destiny. It's just like that life when it you. Does when, feel very destiny like. It does. It, not? it does, and I just feel like you know the teacher. I don't think that was her destiny. I mean, she was legitimately good and stuff in this one. I can see why you make the, the teacher live, but Carrie. I mean, the fact that they just they go out of your way and like, oh Sue fucking you know. You know, this, this is her recitation recitation in life is like, she fucking saves Carrie, not only saves her from death, brings her back. She fucking basically fakes her death and drops her off in Florida. And, and, you know, my only thought when I was watching this movie was like, I hope that Carrie gets eaten by a fucking alligator. It. Honestly, that that ending is bullshit. I kind of all they wanted to make a TV so series. Stupid, dude! Like the fact that when, like you're watching this and you're going, 
no, we're going to fake your death. And we're going to, I'm going to drop you off the floor. I'm like, what the, what the fuck is going on here? Really? This is fucking crazy, dude. Like, it's just, oh, it's so awful. But now knowing what they wanted to do, I guess it makes sense, but it still doesn't make it good. Yeah. But, um, I mean, from a film advantage but oh man it's just it's just really it, to me when you watch it without even knowing that it's just such a fucking cop out like seriously you're not going to kill her off like works so much better it's bad right really really yeah, bad um, I'm, and then i don't the, really have a lot the whole third act in this shit is really hard to watch though i mean the 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 prom scene is very it's even extended quite a bit and stuff but when the yeah, shit it's goes like an hour it's it, literally like an hour it does man it, 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 and but they, they try to turn into this special effects extravaganza and shit but the cg is so piss poor in it it's fucking laughable like the scene with the car and stuff i'm just like what oh the yeah f- that's that's some of the worst cg oh. since Lang- since langoliers dude it's so bad i i did laugh at the fact remember when the kids you know like carrie or uh what is it uh fucking what does the kid call carrie in all the movies crazy crazy carrie crazy crazy carrie and this one like not only does she just knock him off the bike but he like flies through the air and fucking it's just absolutely hilarious looks stupid but yeah but the whole third act is pretty laughable to watch in this because the effects are so i think the effects were even shitty in 2002 for fuck's sakes man but you know watching that on a high Uh, def i was reading some reviews uh from 2002 and they yeah. were blasting the effects okay so that makes a lot of sense and then to make things even like cause they go so crazy in the third act there's so much carnage and so over the top and it's this big special effects extravaganza type shit and i love the fact that they even announced like 234 people died in this and i was like what the fuck <laughs> I'm like, that's like four <laughs> three times as many from the original like that's crazy but yeah the, it's just it, it not only i mean it just cap <clears throat> it, it just caps it off you know Sorry. with with you know, carry living or bringing, getting brought back from the dead and, and then, uh, you know, being, um, basically escorted out of the city by Sue and shit, faking her death and stuff. It's just, Oh my God, this movie's painful. It is such a, <laughs> it's a painful watch because it runs. I don't two think hours it's going to be that painful, but it's still painful. No, no, no. It's, it's not, it's not all <clears throat> a painful, but, um, <laughs> but honestly, painful. dude, this movie doesn't have anything to offer, but just telling the story differently and, and an exhausting 132 minute way. I mean, you're not watching this right. shit for the, any special effects. It like, does add fleshed out dialogues, but is yeah. the trade off of the fucking no. length worth it? No, and th- it's there's, not. There's That's, just, this essentially is it's a verbatim remake, but told differently. You know, there's not they don't bring anything new. I mean, they do allude to the 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 fact that you know the powers were completely passed down by the father. I mean, there's things like that and stuff, and it's like, boo! Like, do they fuck. what they allude to that in this? They actually say it. Yeah. Uh, Are you sure that's not that Carrie? Was, too. They say that in Carrie too, but I don't think they say that in this one. Uh, no, I they do. No, they do. They actually do. They totally say that uh, the powers are um, given to her by her father and stuff. Yeah. So they actually kind of says get, that. Which I, character? I can't remember, man. I think I. Oh, it's the mom. The mom says it. Yeah. I must have missed it. Patricia Richardson definitely bored. said. Yeah, Patricia Richardson definitely <laughs> definitely says it in the film that, you know, that in one of her rants or whatever that, you know, these things were brought down or the sin was given to you by your father and blah, blah, blah and shit like that. And which actually kind of leads me into what, <clears throat> what did you think of Patricia Clarkson's portrayal of Margaret White? See, the Honestly, thing is, Patricia Clarkson she's is the one I can't remember out of the three. Oh, OK, Patricia, Patricia Clarkson she's is okay. actually she's a really great actress. I just don't think that her performance was that great as margaret white it's almost it's almost unsettling at times because she's playing the role almost oh i don't even i don't even know what the correct adjective is she's playing it so calm that it's almost scary at first but then as 
the character progresses through the film, it just it doesn't really get any it doesn't elevate the character, you know what I'm saying? See, my favorite people were Emily DeRaven and She's very she's playing um, it very passive in, in a sense. Okay. For me, those were the the shining moments of this film that were different. Um I I think Sue or Chris has done decent and um Catherine Isabel's character feels like a good sidekick to Sue in this mm-hmm. one. Um, um you know Yeah, besides that, I mean Tommy Ross in this film, played by Tobias Maller, is he's I thought he was horrible in this film. His he's yeah. actually terrible. His acting is terrible. Yep. Like it, he just he feels I think like he's everybody's straight acting TV. is terrible in this one. Uh, I don't think so. I think Raina Sofer, Sofer does a great job. I think she does a good job as Miss Desjardins. I, I've always kind of liked I her. I think man. so too. Um, but yeah, I think Tommy Ross sucks. Yeah, as well. he, he's he's the fucking <clears throat> worst one out of the three Tommy Rosses for sure, man. I yeah. Think. I just feel like Tommy Ross needs a like blonde puffball on his head, though. I I know, right? It's it's kind of funny to see him with dark hair and short. But then and again, like, like I wouldn't think that like. Like Cat Williams, <laughs> William Cat was like the stud <laughs> of the time, though. Like that would not fly today. Like that guy would not be the 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 good looking one of the crew. What do you mean, like Tommy Ross, like in the seventies? Yeah, like that's oh fuck not that man. That, that that's what football. Play. I mean, you look at Days Confused. That movie's set about the same time. I think it's actually set in seventy six, to be honest. And uh, oddly enough, and I mean, there's some dudes in that shit, man. That these are the cool cats, man. It Back was about then, that, but I'm saying like now that that's not what's attractive. Well, now. not in 1999, <laughs> but if you had Tommy Ross's 76 hair in 2020, you would be the bomb diggity. People would <laughs> dig that nope, shit, man. Nope, oh, nope. they fucking they would eat it up, man. In 99, no, it was about the Caesar haircuts. You know that shit that was combed forward with the little spikes in the front. Yeah, it's the peacock. Whatever the fuck it is, man. <laughs> Jesus, every every motherfucker had those haircuts, man. For like five, six years, I still ridiculous. have that haircut. <laughs> I know, every, I know. You still see people with it, man. But then again, you see people with mullets, legitimately grown mullets. It's fucked up. I would love to have a mullet. I I'm, can't grow one. I'm working on a skullet right now. I haven't shaved my head in a couple months and my hair's getting really long. <laughs> so I, I have no hair in the middle, but I have this what hair the around the side. It's a skullet. It's the Hogan. Dude. It's the Hogan. It's the skull. Please get a skullet, dude. Hogan Please. is the originator of so Hogan is the originator of the of the skullet he had in his entire career. Bald yeah. on top and fucking party in the back. Oh yeah. So I'm working I'm working on it, man. My hair's Throw growing. It is with the mustache. Are you gonna have the handlebar mustache? Oh, I, I should cut it in. I have a big bushy beard right now, but I should cut that in too, oh, man. Might as well. Hey, your wife will be pissed. Oh, she's pissed at me right now. She's like, don't even take your fucking hat off anytime we go out anywhere. <laughs> she hates it right now. Drives You're her nuts. Embarrassing me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay, How the fuck can I be known as the stylist if you got a skullet going, you fucking piece of shit? She's mean to me. But um uh yeah, man. I don't know what else to say about it, man. It's just, it's just really, really long. It's really fucking long. Yeah. All right. Moods. Yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. I think this movie is, it's, it's underwhelming. It really is underwhelming for everything that we just said. I'm coming in at a four and a half out of 10, man. Mm-hmm. Not a good remake at all. Actually, this is the reason why you don't remake classic films right here. Yeah, I actually was looking forward to this one because I did like it when we did O2. Um, worst thing to do with this one is watch the first one before it, really, uh, because that's where it really showcases its flaws when you see the greatness of the first one. 
<clears throat> which is, you know, I think <clears throat> We've done this, I think man. a lot of people would say you're not really supposed to watch four of the same movies in a row. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you did I, yourself, I get that. Man. But even being objective, there was no way around this, man. It didn't matter if you started on a Monday and watch, no, no, watch one each night. It's podcast. like you're still watching. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's no escaping this, man. Right. But uh, well, my plan was actually to watch the the this one first originally. I was just going to watch it by itself like first and get it out of the way because I knew it was the longest, but I ended up not doing that. Watched them in order. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, I used to like this one. It definitely fell heavily for me. It, it was pretty because I, I was like, nah, Jeremy, I'll be fine. Because he's like, dude, you're going to watch three Carrie movies starting at midnight, <laughs> you know, right, in one right. day. And I was like, I'll be fine. And no, by like, by the time they get to the pro- start getting to the prom, I'm like, oh my God, there's still so much time left. There's still an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, dude, this is long. And, uh, I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna be a long one. And I think I, it, this ended at like four 30 in the morning. And I was like, yeah, that, that was a rough one. And, uh, I, I think it's honestly, I'm actually going to come. I was tired on this. And I'm actually going to come down to where Moods is because I was going to give it a five because I thought it was average. But it, it's honestly below average. It's a little yeah, bit I'm, below average. So yeah. four and a half. Me too. I'm at a I four was and a at half six too. in my old rating, the one from when I watched it in 02. Dude, I feel like I feel like people are going to start looking at these ratings tonight and being like, did you guys discuss this before? Because we're generally so far off on a lot Don't of movies. Don't look on Letterboxd. But like literally, <laughs> our carry ratings are very similar. Our the rage uh, ratings are very similar. And I think this is going to be the one where it changes. We're, we're exactly the same on all. Okay. All right. So that is going to conclude Carrie 2002. Pick you up after school. The other kids, they think I'm weird. Carrie, favorite poem? Did you bring one? I don't want to be. I want to be normal. Wipe that smile off your face. I have to try and be a whole person before it's too late. All right, so moving into the final Carrie remake from 2013. Yes, directed by a female director, Kimberly Kimberly Pierce. Made the boys don't cry. Yeah, she did make boys don't cry. Good move. That is a good movie, and I don't really recognize anything else but uh, interesting coming from a woman's perspective. Uh, yeah, this is one the male gaze still there, Jeremy. What JP? If you don't want me to talk about shit like that, then why why dude, do I talk? Dude, he's Wait, not. He's not did, making. Did you moods? Let me ask you. Did you get that I don't want him to talk about stuff like that, or did you get that that I? Yeah, I, what, to- I, I totally understood what you're. Yeah, you don't want him to talk now, <laughs> of course. Um, of course, I didn't mean it that way. So this one right here is starring Chloe Grace Moretz uh, as Carrie. Um, her mom, controversial casting decision. Her mom, uh, Margaret White is played by Julianne Moore, a very, very famous face. Um, who else is among the supporting cast in this film? That's very recognizable. I'm not sure. I think that's about it. But anyways, Julianne Moore and Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, pretty big fucking names here, man. Pretty big names. Um, not going to give us, not going to give us. Chloe Grace Moretz wasn't really a big name at the time. Yeah, she was in 2013. She was in Kick-Ass already. Dude, she was actually a pretty oh, yeah. big star at this point. I didn't point, realize. Man. I didn't. And I, Dark I was thinking of horror guys. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no. She was a big... That's why I thought it was very interesting that she was playing Carrie because she's... You know, it's interesting casting too because, you know, she actually is about the exact age. I meant just in age-wise. She was 16 when she was in this movie, which she's actually playing under the age that she's playing in the film because graduating... You're not 16 when you're graduating. 17, 18 kind of thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but... um, it's definitely close this out. It definitely is a, an interesting casting choice because I feel like the director, Kimberly Pierce, or just didn't really understand the role of Carrie because Chloe is way too pretty to be playing this role. It just yeah, doesn't yeah. make she like she talks so much. She feels so normal. Well, that's dialogue, though. I'm talking about the yeah, cast. I, I mean, right to put the face on the screen, man. I think that that Chloe Grace Moretz is a little bit too pretty for this role. She it's just is a it, very pretty girl. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not believable right from the start. And Jeremy, I do well, agree with you. She does see, talk a lot in this, but I think her portrayal though of Carrie is just not believe. Like she's almost too happy in this movie. And like, yeah, she's know. not, she's not as, uh, she's just not as oppressed as Carrie should be, man. Carrie comes from a pretty rough fucking life. Like she, I, I think that this one, to me is more about um it's not like carrie's a what like the ugly like the the beautiful swan waiting to get out type thing like um she's not as weird right she's just not as popular um i do think that the whole beautiful thing like you can be bullied when you're beautiful you really can't i'm not saying you can't necessarily have to be it's interesting you look at it like that too, because I, I look at, you know, this Carrie as being very, very similar to the original Carrie, you know, like she's ridiculed and, you know, everything is there, you know, like she's definitely an outcast, you know, it's just, she happens to be good looking, but she's on the outskirts of that popular crowd. But I think the character is supposed to be very similar to the original character, very oppressed and out on right, the outskirts but, and things like that. But I just, she doesn't play the role, the role that she what, plays what is completely different. What I was trying different. to say, I just couldn't find the words is, she's not as oppressed or at least at this stage because she's actually combating her mom from the beginning in this movie of course where yeah the other carrie kind of didn't like she's actually questioning her mom like mama it doesn't say that in the bible like right at the beginning when she comes home yeah, you that's know? a good point that's so a good point. she's actually more combative from the gate while in the original carrie sissy spacex carrie is much more complicit until uh, uh, until she tastes that happiness, while this Carrie looks like she's already trying to get out of that. Well, you already um, changed my rating. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I just think that. But that is a good also- point, though. That is a good point. I agree with you 100. She is definitely a different Carrie on that aspect, you know. But I'm not. I'm saying, like in the reality of the school life and shit, she's definitely the same. Right. She's right, on that right. same level. I think they did a decent job of trying to make her look less pretty with her hair. It's like frizzy and fucking well, fucked up sometimes. Well, what she like wears, she's wearing those like religious blouses. Too. Right. <laughs> I think that, you know, there is moments in the film where she doesn't look as homely as the other characters. I mean, the Angela Bettis, Car- Carrie, and of course, Sissy Space, Sp- Sissy Space. Like, holy fuck, I can't talk either. Um, there is moments where she just, even when they're trying to make her look ugly, she doesn't look ugly. Like her hair is all styled kind of decently and shit. It's, it's very, very strange. Yeah. I don't it, know. It is. It's off putting because you just don't see, I mean, I get it though. Like pretty girls do get bullied every once in a while, but it's not as, it's not common 
that attractive I, girls get bullied and ridiculed it, like that right. unless something happened. But in Carrie's but, story, again, nothing happened to her. Religious girls, uh, are you know, could be really beautiful. Um, and you know, they're weird though, so that's why they're bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I, I, you, when I first saw this, I was like, no way, they can't cast Chloe Grace Moretz as, as Carrie, but. I've come to accept it and kind of like it because I actually think she gives a good performance. I just think that the cat, like she's, she is very pretty. It's, it's hard not to know. Well, we all that. know you have the hots for her. You always have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's true. Whoa. <laughs> you and Schroyer. You and the no, Schroyer. No, 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 no. I've never had the hots for Chloe Grace. Jeremy, Rats. can you please not speak of Schroyer's names on here? Well, the Schroyer's like a mega boner. So, um, this is sixteen-year-old Chloe Grace Moretz. I have, I have no, no. <laughs> Jeanette McCurdy was the same. Yeah, thing. but 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 JP in two thousand and thirteen, how you were twenty? No, you were twenty-two. Uh, yeah, seven years ago. Jeremy would have been yeah. twenty. Yeah, I was thinking Jeremy's right. birthday, but okay. So I mean, you're not that far in age, sixteen to twenty-two. I mean, yeah. I guess it's still statutory rape. I mean, Zachary she she's Ty. really she's really good looking now. I'll say that she's. I'm gonna say she's pretty in Carrie. Um, I can't. She really, has a very I beautiful face. Point. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like her performance. I think she's. I think she captures a different essence. Uh, she's definitely the same character. But unlike Angela Bettis, who I feel like is playing Sissy Spacek, I don't feel like Chloe Grace Moretz is necessarily doing that. I think she's trying to make it her own within it, reason. It's all interpretation, man. Because I I see Chloe in this role. And I, I feel like she's trying to do not Sissy Spacek, but she's trying to play that role her own way. But I feel like when I watch her performance, she's not getting the material properly. Like she, it's funny. I just, maybe, maybe it's, a, it's one of those cases where you're seeing her as being one of the beautiful people. But well, I thought about this after, and I was like, no, I was watching her performance and I just wasn't buying it. That mm-hmm. was the thing. I just really was not buying the way she was projecting her dialogue and she just she seemed almost too happy like in, in original carry man sissy spacek is miserable the entire fucking movie like you can see the devastation in her soul but when, you know but that's not 100 percent true either because when she starts having fun she she starts coming out of her shell a little bit and she seems like well, she's believing I, I didn't say the whole movie i meant you know leading up to that type of shit you know what i'm saying but yeah, but I mean, I feel like this this one too. They kind of like puss out at the end. Like none of the nobody really dies. Like having them fucking get out and escape. It's like what happened to the? I think it's just a the uh the picture of the time where they were afraid to kill a bunch of kids. I can't remember. I don't remember. They were all well, like running away, and they all got out the door. I mean, there was a bunch that ran away in the original too, though. Honestly, even the effects in the end of it are really not the greatest either. No, but I will say they're better than O2. Oh, definitely oh, they, better than O2. This but... one, it feels very X. It almost feels like superhero. Like it's too much to where it feels like it feels like Harry's got way too much. Power. Like when they blow up the car at the, yeah. was it the gas? Yeah, at the gas yeah. pump. And when yeah. she like literally flies out of it. the skull. Yeah. She like, yeah, flies out of the skull. I think it's too much. I actually kind of like uh, the scene where I think it was when Tommy comes to the house and stuff. He's like, he's like, oh, did your roof cave in? Is that in this one? Yeah. 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 yeah he's like, did it's the roof like, cave yeah, in? He's like, yeah, I came <laughs> yeah, in or, or caved in. And he's like, really? Can I see it? No, you can't see it. 
<laughs> but that was, you know, literally her think, lifting up all the furniture and kind of crashing it down and shit. I that was okay. I think the chemistry between those two are, are pretty good in this one too. Um, and I think it has a little bit more of a chance to flesh it out. And also, um, you know, the, the I think the mom gives a really good performance too. Fucking Julianne um, Moore. What do you expect? Right. <laughs> She's but yeah, Julianne she, Moore's she great, does man. a really good job yeah. as as uh, Carrie's mom. Uh, for, I actually really like this movie. Uh, it's way better than O two two to me. Oh yeah, I just think that it's oh, not, yeah. not anywhere near as good as the original. I just think oh, I think it's like decent. It's like a decent. Okay, so remake. I mean, there's this movie is very very similar to the original. Like, there, there's mm-hmm. subtle differences again. I mean, this one stays true to the idea of you know. Um, you know, the mom dying and Carrie dying and shit like that. But, um, in the end of the film, um, what do you think of the portrayal of, um, of Margaret? I mean, Julianne Moore, Julianne Morris. It's crazy because like, this is something we hadn't seen in the previous two films where Margaret is like very physically, she's fucked. She likes to fucking, you know, bash her head on walls and, and she fucking like cuts herself up. And like, she's got these type of mental issues going. It's like, she takes it one step further. Like she just can't handle what the evil is inside her daughter. And she takes out on herself and it's just really bizarre. It's really bizarre. I think it's also like the repression of, of her because like in the original she rep- she definitely was like sexually repressed and stuff like that like you get that big scene where she says she l- was like liking having sex you know what i mean yeah yeah um so i think it's kind of that where she uses that to to sort of punish herself for sin the self mutilation is a product of yeah. her sexual oppression yeah i mean actually that's a good explanation for it for sure but i just i was like holy christ that's it's pretty crazy like bashing her fucking yeah. head and cutting her legs up and shit but yeah that's that's a good explanation and I, like I, I think the swimming scene, it, it, the, 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 it was kind of a cool, different way to do it, right? You know, uh, to do it in the not the swimming, but the volley water ball, water volleyball. volleyball. I actually kind of like when know, she smokes the like, chick in the head with the ball. It's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that is funny. <laughs> but like, but then the they hell? all like they all laugh, and they she seems kind of normal compared to all the other ones where they're like, "Fuck you, Carrie." They like kind of norm- make I think normal in that one. The, the thing that doesn't work in this one is the plug it up scene. Like the, the scene before that where she – I actually think she, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz does a great job of like looking like she's genuinely scared that she's bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it actually re- – that was probably her best acting in the movie. But mm-hmm. the where all the girls are saying plug it up, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anybody in today's time would say that. You know what I mean? Like in the seventies, maybe it just doesn't feel like modern day dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think Um, of some of the casting? Like the girl that plays Sue, I think she had the right look for it. I don't think she was overly great in the role. Um, Gabriella wild. Hot. She, she's hot. She looks like a bitch. She's 16 too. I don't know. She was, she was all right. Not great. Why you don't think she's hot? Definitely looked the part though. She has that bitch kind of face. She's older than me. Has the bitch face. I think that the, the guy that played Tommy Ross in this one, uh, Ansel Elgort or whatever, he was okay. He's better than the 2002 one. Oh my God. That guy's so bad. So fucking bad. (laughs) Um, I thought Tommy Ross was decent. What did you guys Um, think of Judy Deere playing Miss uh, Desjardins? She was Uh, good. I thought she was actually pretty good. I like her though, man. Yeah. No, 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 no. I really liked her. I thought she, the scene where her and Carrie bond in, in the, 
where she's like, you know, you're you're pretty, you know, maybe some makeup stuff like that. The look on Chloe Grace's Moretz's face, I thought she really nailed that because she looks like she gets this sense of wonder all of a sudden Mm -hmm. in her eyes. That that I don't know how they did. I don't know if they actually put some like special effects on that, but she genuinely looks like a like a goddamn Disney princess or something who realizes (laughs) that she's gonna be that she can fit in or something. Um, I thought that scene was really good. The the for me the worst out of everything in here is Zoe Belkin as Tina. She's way too evil. Like she, it, it's like yeah. in the original, it's this subtle high school bad like egg. In this one, it's like she's genuinely like an evil person, and it doesn't feel natural. Oh. It feels like, especially when they're in the car at the end, she's like. Hit, run her over like it's just like come on man mm-hmm. it's like we man the chick that portrays kiss or chris in this man she's a fucking oh bitch she, oh she's just such a fucking both, cunt, man they're both like they're both assholes though yeah wait wait is that that's who i'm talking about yeah sorry i said the wrong name not tina oh who plays oh yeah yeah so chris yeah chris yeah. is chris is the bit like the heavy heavy yeah bitch she's too I just, evil i just always I th- found I just funny think that she's too it's too much well, they're the girl, like murderers the girl that plays sue <laughs> right. she just she just has that kind of bitch look to her man it's it's so bizarre but they're like we're know, gonna she, run away even though she's not the bitch but yeah yeah the girl that plays chris oh man i think she's okay in this because she's just such a bitch but i just think not. the character was written bad i just think it was too much like mm-hmm. yeah unnecessarily evil um for for the high school setting i think this is probably my favorite principal too man principal morton <laughs> dude he's great <laughs> it's just like he's he's great man because he, he 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 seems like the smarter one he fucks her name up once kind of thing and then that's right. it he doesn't keep doing it and shit but it, that seems kind of cracked me up because i'm like i like the principal in o2 the best to be honest because he was like he he wasn't gonna take any of the shit he's just like oh you could sue us if you want blah 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 like he was standing up for Oh yeah, coach. actually he was pretty badass, man. In that, I to be honest, yeah. but I, th- that scene in this movie just kind of it kind of kills me a little bit. I'm like, when uh, Carrie blows up the water jug, and I'm like, who the fuck has a glass water jug anymore? In 2012, it didn't even like 13. Like I've never like those things are so uncomfortable. Like everything's plastic with those. Like, really, like it just didn't make some sense. Something I wanted to mention that I didn't mention on the rage was I actually liked that right away Sue knew that she had telekinesis once she saw display. I would have hated that long drawn out like thing where she's like, does she, you know, it, it was pretty cool. But anyway, this one, well, it made, it um, made sense though. Why she would know that though. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you would think she, they might like play it up where it took for her forever to figure it out or something. I'm mm-hmm. glad they skipped that bullshit for sure. Um, yeah, I think that this one's CG, uh, like the whole, it's like too much, you know what I mean? Where she's like moving too much. It feels like X-Men or something. It just feels like super. Well, it's a period of time, you know? What do you yeah. think about the fact that like the Carrie character in this film, you know, they, they show her literally, you know, doing some research on telekinesis and she basically figures out what her powers are and stuff. And she understands, she understands. They do that in the original though too, right? Yeah. But I think they kind of showcases, it just seems like she really kind of understands what she has. And like, so leading into that, knowing what she could possibly do with her powers and stuff, because we get to see glimpses of her using her powers in certain ways and stuff leading up to, you know, obviously the prom scene in this one. Um, Is it, 
I mean, do you have any sympathy for her? Because it seems like she knows what she's doing in this. She's not completely. I always have sympathy for Carrie. Hypnotized. I mean, I mean, of course. I mean, people are bullied. I mean, yeah, go get your revenge, man. Who cares? But I mean, in this <laughs> I'm role. Not I'm not saying that now. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I am. You can, I am. You can feel bad for but, someone and still disagree with their actions of course i mean it, it comes back down to you know the two wrongs don't make it right kind of thing but in this one she's very aware of what she can accomplish with this and stuff and she's obviously aware in this film because she saves the teacher you know there's a point where she lifts her up and you know electrocutes the whole fucking crowd yeah. and shit like that and she saves the teacher purposely so she's aware of what she's doing she's killing people mm-hmm. right she's literally massacring I, I think everybody kind of loses it's it's punch for me in that sense because me I think too, the man. Cool thing I was about like, the original. Yeah, I'm like, is this is that's why really I said. Care. That's why I said they're pussies. Yeah, I, I feel like it loses a lot, and I was like, man, they kind of portray Carrie a little bit fucked up in this, but you know, and- I don't know if it if I necessarily think that they're pussies or they just wanted to do something different, <clears throat> which again, I would actually prefer them to, even if I don't like what they did, I prefer them to attempt to do something different than the exact same thing. But she just seems, she seems very evil at this point. I mean, not evil, but she's really, you know, just these actions are the direct result of, you know, she knows like she could stop this, you know, like in the other versions, she, she's kind of hypnotized. She's kind of like drawn into this, you know, this power is kind of taking her over, but she, in this one, nope. She knew she knew exactly what she's doing. She saved the teacher, man, purposely. Mm-hmm. Kills everyone else. Like there's there's motive there, and you know she kind of turns into a badass. But I mean, I guess that's probably why they went the the angle of the original and you know where she dies and stuff. And did did you guys watch the alternate ending? No. I only well, I watched it online, right? So me too. Uh, I tried to, and like when I clicked the play on the the, the Blu-ray. It's like, do you want to play the theatrical version or the theatrical version with the alternate ending? And I was like, well, obviously, I'll watch the original version first. And then anytime I went after it was over, I went back to the main menu and hit play and it just starts the movie. It doesn't give me the option to change the thing. And I checked in the special features. So I think you have to like completely shut off the player and then like turn it back on to where it first boots up to get it to do that again. But I didn't feel like it. So what the by fuck? that point, it was like 6.30 a.m. I just watched six hours of Carrie and I'm like, fuck this. Wow. <laughs> but crazy. so I don't know what happens in the alternate ending, but. Yep. Yeah. Is that it? That should be it. Did we do back. Stephen King? Do we do Stephen King's Carrie finally? <laughs> we did do Stephen King's Carrie finally. Do so people can Carrie. stop bitching about it. Do Carrie. I'm gonna tag I'm gonna find out if that chick's still in the group and when we post the episode, I'm gonna tag her in it. <laughs> Be like, we did Stephen King's Carrie. <laughs> oh, you know what else I fucking thought was ridiculous in this film? How they totally overaccentuated the fucking the bucket of blood pour. Like they they, they fucking, did it four times. They, they did like a triple take on it, but yeah. it's not even it's not even that. They do that in the original. No, but this one, it the blood kept coming out and out and out. It seemed way too fucking much blood, man. I'm like, dude, I get it's a bucket, but like it just kept going and going and going. I'm like, this is it just seems so ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. It's also a lot darker blood. Yeah. Yeah, it was right. it was just it was just funny to me. I started laughing at it and I'm like, that's way too much blood for that bucket. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Another point off. You know. No. Who's but. first? Me? Yeah. Uh, yes. No. Who went no, first? Back to me. It's GPM. Yeah. No, yeah. who went? Uh yeah, yeah, it's me. I went first the first time, so right. it would be back to me again yeah, after right. on the fourth film. Um 
honestly, like I feel like I'm probably going to be the highest on this. I think it's really solid. Uh, I actually think that the testament to it is that I watched Carrie the Rage, you know, the O2 remake, and then this one fourth at 6 a.m., and I still enjoyed it, even though I just watched the same movie three times pretty much, or four times technically, because the th- second one's still very similar. Um, and I, I, I was actually into it, and I, I was like into the performances and stuff like that, and I thought it was a good update. There's some modern stuff in there. They mentioned... You know, they're like what the Tebow, Tim Tebow thing. Tim Tebow takes his his uh, you know fans to prom all the time, and thought that that was kind of cool. You know, my favorite though, part though in the modern shit is like the scene where Carrie's like looking up shit about telekinesis and stuff, and this random dude walks over and he's like, "Turn that up full screen, you know." You know, you can yeah, you can turn that full screen. I was like, "Was that fuck? not her love interest?" No, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It's just some dude in, in the fucking library. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I like it. I dig it. I liked it when it first came out. I, and I remember saying, I reviewed it on here, actually. And I remember saying, it's nowhere near as good as the first one, but I don't think it's bad either. I think it's pretty good. Um, it, it's working with a good story, uh, but it doesn't do anything to work against itself like the O2 one did uh, by making it six fucking hours long and a police procedural. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to give it a seven. Man. Jeremy, Jeremy. Uh, I'm at a five and a half. <laughs> I'm at a five and a half also. I can't believe how close our ratings are. That's pretty funny. Around Letterboxd, you can go double check. Oh, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just all right. completely. They were it, all really close. It, it's just funny to me how close. Can I ask you a question? Is it bullshit that Dave reviewed his own movie on Letterboxd? Which movie no. was that? <clears throat> Slimy Little Bastards. Why would it be bullshit? What, did he, he gi- what did he give his own movie? Five, he, he, didn't, better have. He, he didn't rate it, but he just posted it on Letterboxd that he watched it. <laughs> oh, well then, I mean, if he didn't rate it. He, he actually always talks about how he never really likes to review Dustin Mills films that he's in and stuff. So, I mean, he will talk about the movies, but he never, like, you know, gives, like, an actual rating and shit. So. All right, he, kept, how- he, uh... He took a, I mean, that's just a diary, right? Yeah. He just wrote that he watched it, keeping track of what he watches. Viewer's Choice Volume 11 next week. Is it 11? It is. That is right. And that is going to be the Barn, Demonic Toys, and WNUF Halloween Special. It's enough. With a bonus review of... Graveyard, graveyard shift, shift. and right. dave dave will be back for that show so stay tuned for halloween special was did you say 11 is 11 11 god damn it man what the fuck how is it halloween special 11 it's not halloween special 11 it's fewer choice oh that's combined with christmas episodes yeah 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 and there was two that we did before we started doing them holiday style that's right that's right i think we're running out of halloween ones there's tons of christmas ones still to do but halloween ones i mean there's there's still some out there but uh in terms of like the ones the mainstream ones we're we're pretty much did all of them (laughs) yeah i think so man (laughs) right yeah getting there i like it though because for example i haven't seen 
two of the three for this year. So that's pretty fun. Man, I can't believe the hate that Dave Z has for the barn. Fucking people in their fucking hate for the barn, man. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of people who hate the barn. I just don't get it. But there's a lot of people who love it too. Right. I know. It's a, that's that's the thing. It's one of those movies where it's like, apparently you either love it or you hate it. That's very odd to me. I think it's really entertaining. I think Jeremy's going to hate it, but JP is probably a wild card on that one. Mm. Guess G- we'll find out. Have you ever seen Demonic Toys before, Jeremy? No. Oh, okay. I like demonic toys. I haven't seen any of these. Okay. Dude, well. I am so hungry, I can eat a dick. Oh, right. nice. <laughs> that sounds appetizing. <laughs> I just Man, we've been on a roll, guys. Another fucking episode in the can. Yeah. That is yeah, yeah that that is gonna conclude episode one hundred and ninety-three. Holy fuck, dude. So crazy. Every time and I then we're we're coming up on the seventh year anniversary. Yeah, that'll be next month. Uh at the end of this month, we'll be doing Paranormal Activity. So that's interesting. We're going to take a week off, though. Yeah, interesting is definitely the word for it. Moots hating before he watches them. I'm, just, I'm not looking forward to watching that fucking, that unofficial fucking sequel bullshit. Man, we're too crazy. It's not even part Why? of the do you, do you think it's going to suck? It's just another it's fucking Japanese. film to watch. There's, there's already six Paranormal films. Now we got to add a seventh. I'm just like, God damn it. I, I think I'm most interested in that one just because it's... I'm not saying that movie's going to suck. I'm assuming it might actually be pretty good. I'm just saying we got to watch six other paranormal activity movies and... Yeah, but you like you like found footage. Yeah, right? but I didn't like paranormal. You didn't like the it. first one. No. I, did, I didn't... I don't know. I didn't... I, I don't know. I, I, I've only seen the first two and I like them both. Oh, shit. I thought you'd see more. Jeremy, you've seen more than that, haven't you? No, just the first one. Holy fuck, crazy! This is my first time watches for pretty yeah. much all these films. For us. holy fuck, crazy! And that is going to have Lacey, Lacey Lou on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's familiar with him or not. I'm not sure. I know Dave's not going to be on that. He refused to do that shit. I don't blame him. <laughs> well, he told me last night he admitted that it was Halloween. a it was a, ti- a, t- a timing issue. Yeah, that's right. It, it's a lot of films. It's a lot of films. So. Yeah. All right, guys. That's why I'm glad we're taking a week off to. I'll start prepping a week early. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty happy about that too. I'm. Pro- I'm going to be done in 31 days before that too. So it's going to be nice. So you can just kind of sit back, relax, watch the films, soak mm-hmm. in all the amazing budget that they had. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. It's the creation of Blumhouse right there. So yeah, true that. True that. Mm-hmm. It's their first all film. All right, man. Jeremy, take us out of here. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 193 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man, Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods616. Always, you can follow JP on his channel, youtube.com slash doubleshotjake. Follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash nesruler22. Please leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665, but that number is probably inactive. Leave us an fo- email at the 22 Shots. saying that. It's not inactive. To leave us an email to 22 shots moods and horror at gmail.com. This is 22 shots moods and horror at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. Join the Facebook page, facebook.com search bar 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. And please support the Patreon so I can finally plug up my vagina, patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast. And that should do oh. it, everybody. And if you are on the Patreon and you want to join the Facebook chat, let me know. 
Yeah, we have, a group, we have a group chat for for the Patreon members. Mostly, you guys talk to each other, but sometimes we chime in. I would say we have uh, some very uh, Eli Ross favorite word people in there, but I'm not going to say it because we're PC now. But uh, I uh, I never talk in that chat, so don't even ask me anything because I will not respond. <laughs> All I'm right, just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I just honestly and, uh, don't talk in that chat. But. Fuck Jerry, haven't said it in a while, so I just want to let everybody know. <laughs> he's and, going through uh, a rough time right now. Come he's still on, saying fuck dude, Jerry, man. This I talk to him. He's a good guy. He's, he's, he just sucks sometimes. He was dealt some wrong yeah. cards with that ginger hair. That's what we're going to say. So, All right. All right, guys. Deuces. Peace. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit.